way to do this would be to sort of reset our boards. And I haven't talked to Kyle Yeomans yet. I've talked to Dane and been rudely interrupted by Dave. So we'll start with <laughs> Kyle. Kyle, what, where do you think the Cowboys' brain is right now? Well, you have to look at the defense. you got to look over the secondary players that are available. And, and of course, I, I think the board kind of lies out pretty nice for you going into day two. You've got some really solid corners still there and Christian Fulton and then uh, even Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama that are still available. Are they going to fall to 51? It, you don't know. But somebody asked me today uh, about Antoine Winfield Jr. And they said, hey, what's the, the chance that a player like him, uh, uh, like Antoine Winfield falls? Falls to 51 and I said it's more likely than CD Lamb falling to 17 hmm. and that happened so uh, you could see something like that happening again uh, the Cowboys got extremely lucky in round number one they addressed the offense you can kind of put that behind you now unless you really wanted to add an interior offensive lineman but I still think that's a day three pick you got to go defense with both of these selections yeah I think the depth of this draft and you look at it, it's surprising to me though that you have those defensive ends still on the board with Epinesa Gross Matos you know, I think that you, you talk about defensive interior with Blacklock, Matabike, even Davidson from Auburn. I, you know, those are guys, three quality guys right there on my board, uh, with Bond, the linebacker there, Gaither Davis from, uh, from App State is a guy, you talk about linebackers, but look at the corners and look at the safeties. Diggs, Fulton, I have Danzler from Mississippi State. I know a lot of people are dinging him because of his speed. I promise you guys, I could have got him faster if we'd went to Starkville. But, you know, he's a quality, uh, quality corner. You watch him cover all these SEC receivers, but the safeties, the safeties, you know, Xavier McKinney, Delpit, Chen from Southern Illinois. There's a lot of quality. And it, I think that Stephen Jones, you know, everybody's asking us on our shows, Hey, you're going to go up. You're going to try and find a way to go up in this draft. I think if he sits right there, he's going to have one of these defensive players fall right in his lap, and it might be the guy that he absolutely wants. You're going to have a quality guy at 51. It's almost a certain, just looking at top 20 players in this round, even if you stay put at 51, you don't give up any draft capital. I agree completely, Brian. I think 51's a sweet spot for some of those safeties to fall. It might not be Delpit or McKinney, but you mentioned Chin. There's also Kyle Duggar in that conversation. And then Antoine Winfield Jr., there's plenty of options. Dane, how does your board set up going into day two, and how does that sort of jive with what the Cowboys may be hoping to see? Yeah, we're going to see a lot of running backs off the board here pretty quickly, I think, with J.K. Dobbins still around, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and then, I mean, talking about these DBs, we didn't have a single safety in the first round, and not surprised by that. I didn't have a single first-round grade on any of these safeties, but this is the sweet spot for a safety now. Uh, starting in the second round, we could see five, maybe even six off the board in the next 40 picks. Uh, and then these corners that uh, that Brian mentioned with Fulton and with Diggs, and, you know, Diggs especially, is that a player that in if the first 16 picks played out a certain way, could they have considered Diggs at 17, and would he be available at 51? Is that a possibility? So a really interesting uh, dynamic with these corners here in the second round, how early they come off the board. But that's that's when you see a Jordan Brooks off the board in the first round, yeah. you see in Noah Igbenogany, guys that you didn't expect, that's going to push other good players to the second round. And this draft is full of really good players. I think the fact that yesterday we saw four or five trades 
Only one trade included day two picks, and that tells you what the general managers in this league think of the day two talent this year. They did not want to sacrifice day two picks because they know they're going to come away with starters uh, tonight with their picks. Dave Hellman, how are you feel, feeling kind of going into day two here with what the plans might be and with what the player pool looks like? This is a perfect setup for a coward like me, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to see you haven't changed, Dave. Yeah, well, no. Self-awareness is key. My if gosh. I'm, Good old if Dave. I'm, if I'm sitting here like Brian Broaddus and I want to give up everything. Please do. Guy, no. Why would I do that? Look, no, I'm just saying be like me. <laughs> look like, guys, Look. let's take a look at really what's facing the Cowboys here. Uh, you've got 18 picks to go until you pick again. You've taken care of your receiver. And let's just consider some of these names that we sort of touched on that are probably going to go soon here, whether it's DeAndre Swift, whether it's Ezra Cleveland, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. You got some receivers, T. Higgins, maybe Michael Pittman. Is it starting to sound like some really, some really good defenders are going to get pushed down the board? Yeah, That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, and you think about guys we know the Cowboys have had their eye on, whether it's Xavier McKinney, whether it's Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton, the list goes on and on. Somebody they really like has a great shot to be there. And I'm just going to sit and let it come to me. I don't have to do anything crazy. Let's, let's play a little game here for everybody. Well, wait, can I ask a question? How does your board? You I got to, dare you. Uh, I, oh, no. yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious about who you've got left on your board. So my only guy with better than a second-round grade, I liked Zach Bond as a 1-2. Uh, I'd like okay. to thank Dane Brugler for paving the way for all of us to be cowards and not have to commit to a round grade, be able to split the difference there. So Zach yeah. Bond at Wisconsin's my final 1-2. And then I got a whole bunch of twos that I think that the Cowboys should be really happy if they end up picking them at 51. And that's the game I want to play. I'm going to name a player, and you tell me if you'd be happy to have him on your football team at 51. Grant Delpit. Elated. Yes. yes. Xavier McKinney. Yes. Elated. 100%. Trevon Diggs. Very yes. much Absolutely. So. Yep. Christian Fulton. Yep. Yes. Sure, yeah. Antoine Winfield. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Questionable. Ross Blacklock. Ooh. Wow. Wait, yes. wait. We'll go what? back and we'll, we'll okay. go after Brian in a second. Ross Blacklock. <laughs> right, right. I'd yes. be happy with Blacklock. Yes. Uh, at 51, okay. Etour yes, Grossmatos. Mm. At 51, at okay. 51, sure, yes. at 51, I'll go for it. AJ Epinesa. Yes. At, yep. Yes. No. Absolutely. Not I'm even out. at 51? I don't like Oh, Epinesa. I'm glad to see somebody else has joined the party here. I don't like Epinesa. I'm just saying I ran through eight or nine names that with yep. how many picks away is it, Dave? Like, until those names start disappearing really, really quickly, you don't got to panic about anything. It's 18 picks, and you just read off nine, and we didn't name a single offensive player. Nope. So I I'm, didn't. Yeah. I'm feeling mighty fine right now. Yeah. Now, Brian, who are you hating on there? I was hating on Winfield, but I'm not Ooh. hating on Winfield. Ooh. I'm hating on Winfield only because I'd, I'd have other safeties. I have three safeties I'd rather have than him. I'd rather have McKinney. I'd rather have Delpit. And I'd yes. rather have Chin. Those are the I three. Throw, I throw Dugger in there, too. I was and about to say, where's Dugger? And we Dugger. haven't Dugger. mentioned Ashton Davis or Terrell Burgess. I throw Davis guys. in there, too. Yeah, Winfield's Burgess not a top is five a third safety for me. Well, I'm Burgess all, I'm all about a, Burgess. Kyle, yeah. you guys let me tell you a little something. Burgess is a third-round dream. Yes, yeah. he is okay. a third-round dream. Whether or not he's going to be there, that's a different question. Dane actually did the full legwork of making a mock draft, which I know how long that takes. So, Dane, I, you have my thoughts and prayers. It it's took me three night. and a half hours to do a first-round mock, and then you had to do a 2-3, so I'm sure it took eight hours. Uh, I just ran a simulator, and I ended up with Gross Matos and Terrell Burgess, and I threw a party. And, Dane, I saw in your mock draft what you had the Cowboys do, 
and the party might be even bigger than the one that I had if it plays out like that. Who'd you give him, and how realistic do you think it is? I gave him Trevon Diggs, and Diggs isn't going to be for everybody. Now, does he make it to 51? I don't know about that. Uh, but I think Terrell Burgess in the third round would be a home run uh, at safety. Boy, I like uh, you, Dane. First-year starter, I think this team, what they're looking for culture-wise, fit-wise, scheme-wise, Terrell Burgess has a lot for what they're looking for. And in the third round, I think that's where he's going to go, somewhere in the in the top 80 picks. And we got the Cincinnati Bengals who are on the clock right now. It's rolling down. Obviously, they've already taken Joe Burrow in this draft, but the Bengals are on the clock. You won't miss a pick here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And now, Kyle, which you were hating on Epinesa, weren't you? Is that what you were doing? Yeah, I'm not as high on him as normal. Now, I do have him at 26 on my board. That's a little bit high, I oh. think, but... I just I don't it's like, like hey, him. They didn't as want a him at fifty one. I don't like him as a fit for the Cowboys. You specifically for the Cowboys, guys. Specifically for the Cowboys. Twenty six on your board, but Rookie. don't like him at fifty one. Nope, don't like him. Welcome to the draft show. Yeah, uh, hey, that's okay. Keep me honest. <laughs> he had a horrid combine, guys. Oh, horrid combine scares oh. me a lot. Oh, you no. Know, there's two hey. different guys on this broadcast with me right now that I've done a podcast with. We uh, called it What's Trust it the Tape, Kyle. Mm-hmm. We uh, we like to trust, which I did, and I gave Epinesa a first round grade. Then after and I his combine, be... I made him a second round grade. So yeah, there's a I didn't trust the tape either, but I'll take him at fifty one. <laughs> his tape was good, and that's why I have him high there. Can I, can I switch the conversation real quick to what are the Bengals going to do here to kick off the night at, at 33? Uh, they got to help Joe Burrow, right? So we're looking at tackle. We're looking at receiver. Any of the players still available really stand out to you as worthy of the 33rd pick and in, in the direction the Bengals might go? I think this is where they take Mims. I think this. I, I think this is where I think the Bengals. I, it's kind of some the scout world is talking about Mims. And I have a feeling that Cincinnati will, will make him their pick. I would Brian, about uh, T. Higgins still out there too. T. Higgins is, but I, I'm just saying. Okay, if they're going to go wide receiver, I like Pittman I just, better than both. I just heard. I just yeah, Pittman. I do too. I'm with you. I'm just saying. For with the Bengals, it seems to be that Mims was a name that the scouts kept talking about. Well, and the other thing with the Bengals, their wide receiver coach, former Baylor wide receiver oh, coach, oh, they a know a little point. bit about Denzel Mims there, so that would be one to keep an eye on. How about some, Josh Jones? That, that's who I mocked. Uh, you know, you get your tackle. They took Jonah Williams in the first round last year. Get more tackle help. Help Joe Burrow. And I think that's what this pick needs to be about, keep whether your, it's offensive yeah. tackle or receiver. Oh, keep your number one pick upright. The Bing, I, I know, I know Jonah Williams is coming back from an injury. They should have him, but I mean, the Cowboys are proof. Like having great, having a lot of great offensive linemen is never a bad thing. Now, Dave, are you more on board with offensive line for them than receiver because of where the quarterback went to school? Are you well, more about I'm, protecting that guy <laughs> than a different quarterback, maybe? Joe Burrow could have gone to Ole Miss, and I feel, still think it's smart to protect an investment. I mean, you drafted the guy number one overall. He's not going to be able to throw the ball at anybody if he's on his back. I mean, I know A.J. Green's had injuries, but he's still hanging around. And uh, Tyler Boyd has developed into a pretty damn good receiver. So I get that you can always use more weapons, but protect your number one pick. I, that's what I would do. Well, and is, is Josh Jones the number one offensive tackle left? Uh, I mean, I think out of all the tackles, maybe over – Prince Tega or uh, Ezra Lucas Niang, yeah. Ezra Cleveland. Maybe I still have Jones higher than all three of those. Yeah, guys. he's number one on my board that's left. You know, as far as I, I, I kind of feel like that that might be a good route to go. So having said that, where there's a debate about who the top tackle is, there's a debate about who the top receiver is, and you could use mm-hmm. all those things. If you're the Bengals, there's three minutes on the clock now, and the pick's not in. Do you take phone calls? 
Yeah, I would have guessed... They've been taking phone calls, what, the last 20 hours? Yeah, I would have guessed we would get a five-minute soliloquy from Brian about how trading up to the top of the second is, like, the fun, the most fun thing you can do. Oh, I just kind of thought, Dave, you know what's going to happen? It is a fun thing to do, but I, I was thinking that, that these teams all saw all the value of these those second-round guys, and they were going to treat this like that fourth round we get. You know, that third day where all of a sudden it's like, no, you're not trading in. I'm taking this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. You know, that's what I thought was going to happen here. Bengals are taking a little bit longer than I thought they would, to be honest with you. And you're a trade-up guy, Brian? I've become a trade-down guy. Well, I know the Giants <laughs> I know the Giants wanted to get out of this because the Giants don't have a third-round pick, and they're having to wait. I, I was hearing they were trying to collect some things. So when we get down to the Giants pick, let's see if that thing uh, gets moved along. Yeah. Well, the way that Zach Taylor's family is kind of surrounding him in his makeshift war room kind of makes me think that they're not trading out of this. So it, <laughs> it would be after Indianapolis to where they would make that trade, but... I mean, even it, they said earlier, I know Ian Rappaport kind of came out and said that the uh, the Bears were looking to move up very quickly in this round. So I think you're going to see some movement a little bit more so than we saw yesterday early in the round. Yeah, they like that. They like Chin, the safety. Yeah. That's who they like. I do like the idea of just seeing what their war rooms look like or the coach's house looks like. And if the family is there, assume that they're going to make the pick and that they're <laughs> gonna, if they're going to trade it, they wouldn't have the family there. So they do say that the pick is in, and they've got a camera showing T. Higgins, the Clemson wide receiver, Ooh. at his house. But they have not announced that the pick is T. Higgins. I guess they're just going to a guy that they thought maybe might go in the first round and showing us his house, and then we'll see who the actual pick is going to be. But the Bengals pick is in. We won't be getting Goodell today, will we? We'll get announcements from somebody else. I thought he. I thought he carries through the second round. He yeah, announced I mean, that he opened. He opened the draft. So yeah, on a regular on a regular draft he does the second round, but maybe they changed it up this time. I was gonna say I'm just relieved. One benefit of doing this thing remotely is nobody has to sit in the damn green room. So good, good for them. It also, I was amazed at how smoothly it went yesterday. It really Obvi- did. Obviously, I didn't have audio because we're broadcasting, but it didn't seem like there were any hiccups or glitches. And I know I had them broadcasting, so the media struggled with it more than the NFL did, which is pretty cool. So the pick, pick yep. is in. Yeah, pick is in. And it looks like we'll get the announcement here shortly as they're running the sweet little graphic that says the pick is in now. And here's Roger Goodell. With the 33rd pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select T. Higgins, there you go. wide receiver, Clemson. There you go. Good Short news, wait boys. for T. Higgins, and we will talk about that pick, how he fits with Cincinnati. We'll get to all of that when we return. Uh, we will be right back. You're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. So this is where we'll pick things up here on the DallasCowboys.com side. And uh, uh, T. Higgins, Brian, you mentioned earlier that Denzel that? Mims would have been uh, a little bit of a uh, – it would have been a different uh, – uh, fit overall with the, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, but, or excuse me, with the Cincinnati Bengals. But Brian, with the Bengals not taking Mims and go, instead of going with T. Higgins here, what do you think about that one? No, I like the pick. I mean, Higgins was one of my, I, I did 51 for uh, 105.3 and he was my 17th player left. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my 17th guy. So I, I was happy. I thought his name was going to get called last night. I think people are bashing this kid for a lot of wrong reasons here. 
I mean, I see a guy that will go get the football. I'll see a guy that will run at all levels. I'll see a guy that will separate and make some plays down the field. I'll tell you what, though. Joe Burrow has to be happy to have a guy like this guy and an A.J. Green. I mean, to at least throw the ball to. We saw what he did at LSU throwing with really quality wide receivers. This kid could go get it. I like this pick a lot. I think it's interesting that they draft him, and I think he's he's not on the same level as A.J. Green, but stylistically, there are some similarities there. Tall, lean athlete. Uh, I think what you like about Higgins is the reflexes, the catch point skills, his ability to turn those erratic passes into completions. So with uh, T. Higgins, I, I mean, some of the some of the uh, worries are warranted. Uh, the speed is not great. Uh, play strength is a question mark for me. But when you focus on what he does really well, that's where he can be a weapon for you. And I really like the way that when you watch Burrow on tape. If Burrow gets man coverage on a fly route, Burrow's mm-hmm. really happy to make yeah, that mm-hmm. throw. And I think if you take A.J. Green and you take T. Higgins, you've got a quarterback that's willing to throw a 50-50 ball. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. You know, that absolutely sounds like a f- lot of fun. But it, the fact that Higgins goes before Denzel Mims kind of, I think it plays in favor for the Cowboys. Like David said when the pick was made, that's good news because now you've got another receiver that's going to go before 51. I know Higgins probably would have been in that category regardless, but the more offensive players that we see early on, the better. I was going to say, I mean, I said it earlier, I would have drafted an offensive tackle, but as long as the names coming up on the board are offensive players, I don't really care. Let's just push these defenders down the board and we'll all be happy. We've got other wide receivers out there too. Michael Pittman Jr. that's there. The offensive tackles, like we talked about a little bit, a little bit earlier with Ezra Cleveland, Josh Jones, they're all in that conversation. The more and more, like you said, the more and more we see these offensive guys, the, the more exciting it gets in terms of 51 being just a, a top notch starting potential day one Cowboys pick. Indianapolis is my kind of team. Because they didn't need all the time in the world. They were like, hey, um, we're up. Yeah, we got our guy. We'll pick him. Ben, you got a team. feel for this one? I thought Michael Pittman would be the perfect fit. They're looking for that power forward at receiver, uh, and that's Michael Pittman. He's got size. Uh, he's a better athlete than giving credit for, and he he fits culture-wise what they want. Captain, special teams guy. Uh, Michael Pittman, I think, would be a perfect fit for what they're looking for on offense. I think that's a perfect, perfect explanation. And, and just the fit that he has overall, just the, the power that he has. Well, it looks like that Michael Pittman is the pick. Oh. So oh, good job there. Go. there Got one right in my mock draft. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Michael Pittman, the, the USC wide receiver. I'll tell you how old I am. I scouted his dad. His dad's a heck of a football player, too. Won a Super Bowl with Tampa. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, this guy right here, I mean, you watch him play, and he goes and gets the football. Big physical guy that makes things happen. I, I'm I'm a big fan of this of this pick. I actually had him better than than Mims. The 2020 NFL Draft continues on DallasCowboys.com and 105.3 The Fan. All right, welcome back, Jeff Cavanaugh. Brian brought us from 105.3 The Fan along with Kyle Yeomans, Dave Hellman, and Dane Brugler with DallasCowboys.com as we have Michael Pittman. USC wide receiver off the board to the Indianapolis Colts. And we were just talking about Dane, how kind of you put in the call for this one and and thought it was the right fit. Perfect fit. And uh, this is who I mocked to the Colts in in my, uh, my mock draft last night. I just, when you look at the Colts offense, T Y Higgins, or excuse me, T Y Hilton still can burn you down the field, but they need that power forward on the outside, a guy who can go up and get the football 
and both schematically and then off the field. He's a team captain, uh, a guy who will play special teams. He's just a natural fit with that culture and what they're looking for on offense with Phillip Rivers. I love Pittman. He was my fifth receiver in this draft class. Uh, he was actually the first receiver I watched. And when I was done, I started asking people, I was like, why haven't I heard about this guy more? Six four and moves like he does, back shoulder, go up and get it, track it. He's just, to me, he's just a really polished, really solid player that's not going to disappoint. You tabbed him as a, a pet cat of the first draft show episode of the season, so I think you were right on top of it from the beginning. But 101 receptions from 33 targets, and the, the biggest stat to me that sticks out with him is the fact that he forced 14 missed tackles. You're, he's tough to bring down, and I love the, the power forward basketball reference that Dane was making because he is just that. He's so tough and he's so slippery at the same time. I think he's a, a great fit for that Colts offense. And Dave Hellman, I know, is very happy as we've gone receiver, receiver to open the round. If we can get about eight more of those, that'd be nice, huh? Keep them coming, man, which ironically, uh, I think the Cowboys really liked Pittman and Higgins, obviously. I mean, they're, it's pick 33 Dang or 34. It. A lot of people are going to like them. But no, I mean, I think you and I were both joking on Twitter today is spent most of the spring wondering, you know, how the Cowboys could get a receiver to fall to them. And all of a sudden, I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, the, the answer was wait why. in the first round. Yeah. So Detroit is on the clock now at 35. We've got T. Higgins off the board at 33 to Cincinnati. At 34, we've got Michael Pittman Jr. from USC, the receiver, going to Indianapolis. Caliber Collision is proud to sponsor the Dallas Cowboys and to recognize the frontline workers keeping us safe. Caliber Collision, restoring the rhythm of your life. Visit CaliberCollision.com to see how Caliber is restoring medical workers and first responders. As we're looking at Bob Quinn, the Lions Executive VP and General Manager, Dane needs, guesses, Detroit Lions on the clock. I'd love to see one of the running backs here. Uh, I think if it was up to the Lions, they would adapt what the Tennessee Titans did last year. Just run the ball down your throat and set up easy uh, plays for your quarterback. So only one running back off the board still. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's available, J.K. Dobbins, uh, DeAndre Swift. Would they go with one of these running backs to add to the backfield and really help open up the offense? Yeah, what about an edge here, though, too? I mean, that's sure. something that we think about with the Lions, you know, and, and, and at a guy that with this coach, with Matt, with Patricia, his ability to play with multiple fronts, he needs a guy that could kind of do those kinds of things. Maybe, maybe we'll see one of these guys go. Here's Roger. The second round. <laughs> with the 35th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select DeAndre Swift, running back Georgia. That is why Dane Brugler is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be as DeAndre Swift is off the board. Uh, a good number of people's top running back going to the Detroit Lions there. A guy that has the uncanny ability to make you miss. And like I said, I, I think the Lions really want to use that running back, use the run game to help out their quarterback, to help out everybody else in the offense. And they can do that with DeAndre Swift, too. I mean, I think he's one of the top 30 players in this draft, but here he is available early second round. Tremendous value for Detroit. We're creeping towards the Cowboy pick where now it's the New York Giants on the clock. The hated New York Giants are on the clock now, and obviously they have already taken Andrew Thomas there in the first round. So as we're trying to get a handle on the direction they might go and the things that they could use to improve that roster, Brian, you got a handle on that? 
Yeah, I, I tell you what, they, uh, this was a pick that they, they were talking about trading, but you know, with the pick now being in, I, I kind of feel like that, uh, that they, they're going to go a couple of different ways here. That the Giants are with the offensive tackle. They dressed that last night. I mentioned now the edge. What are they going to do with that? The wide receivers, a possibility here. Even a, they were talking about center and safety as well as a couple of different positions. So, uh, you know, I keep mentioning those guys, the Gross Matos, the Epinesas. We'll see where Dave Gettleman goes, but uh, keep an eye on the edge, wide receivers, safeties, and maybe even a center here. Is it fair to guess that, you know, much like we're talking about the Cowboys, a lot of these, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, we feel really good about what's available. There's no need to try to do something crazy and get into the top of this round. I think so. I mean, I thought I saw, I think it was a Schefter tweet where he said somebody in the NFL said something about this is the deepest second or third round he's ever seen, and there could be as many pro bowlers in the second round as there is in the first. And maybe we feel that to some extent every year. I think when you do the work, you have a lot of guys that you end up really liking. But it does feel better this year. I think my my board looks pretty stacked up in the second and third rounds. Does that hold true for everybody else? Yeah, no, I, I feel really good. I mean, when I was typing all the guys that were still available on my board, I was feeling like, man, this is not – there's not reaching here. There's like quality throughout this. I think the Lions so far have had a pretty good draft, by the way, the with, with Okuda and then Swift. I mean, I think they've hit a couple of nice picks here, but yeah, the, the depth of the draft overall, especially in that second round is, is, is pretty remarkable. Especially with some of these defensive guys. And I, I'm a little worried that the Giants are going to probably take one of those safeties that the Cowboys are looking at, whether it be McKinney or Delpit here. Cause I mean, they need some help in that secondary. That was obvious last night. And I think if Okuda maybe would have fallen a, a one more pick to fall out of the Lions lap, maybe they would have taken him uh, instead of an offensive tackle. But I mean, I think overall you, you look here as, these next couple of picks, you've got the Giants that could use a safety, the Panthers that could use a safety, and then the Dolphins who could use some defensive line help. So I think there's a, a a potential for a run here defensively. But like you guys are saying, I think a lot of those guys could end up being pro bowlers and just aren't in the first round because of the depth that's there. I don't know why you just wished a bunch of defensive picks, though, out there, Kyle. It's, it's kind of messed I, up, really. I just really. see it happening is all it is. I'm just throwing that out there, guys. Kyle, you're being kind of a bummer tonight. You really are. I'm sorry. Maybe that I'm just there. in a bad mood. I don't know. I'm in <laughs> well, a great about mood, what? by they the got way. CD That's Lamb. the thing. I'm in a great mood. It's draft day. Stop There's nothing killing my that. vibe then. Come on. We're going to get <laughs> a safety. There's been four straight offensive picks. We're fine. We're I wonder if there's. I wonder if there's anything that the Cowboys could do tonight that would offset what they did yesterday. Because I can't oh, remember the last sure. time. I don't even want to think about that. I can't remember the last time that uh, the silence during the draft was celebratory as opposed to shock. Because I know was, we've been there a couple of times in shock without a lot of words to say after a Cowboy pick, but not in the same way we were after the CD Lamb pick. Y'all's audio yesterday was one of my favorite things to go back and watch. Just the, the pure giggles from Kavanaugh and then... Brian exclaiming to the world that they did it. I, I thought that was perfect. What was your guys' reaction? Was it similar? Uh, we cracked open Miller Lights is what happened. Oh, that's yeah. pretty dope. So yeah. you guys probably did it actually better than we did. That's yeah. awesome. I don't think we were as animated as y'all, though. Well, well we, we just we wanted to believe that somebody would draft for just their board. The best player. The best player. We I, we just all week long we on the radio we've been talking about okay get ready it's about need in the first round they always take need everybody takes need and we were pre- trying to prepare all our listeners that that was going to be the case and they well, did something that I didn't think they were going to do. And let me let me throw this that. 
your way, Bry Guy, because I don't get to do radio with you as often as I used to. Um, do you think that that signifies a phil- philosophical change with this new coaching staff, or do you think C.D. Lamb was just that obvious that even if Jason Garrett had been the head coach, they would have done it anyway? Yeah, maybe the fact that the coaches weren't in the room, or maybe they didn't have a, ch- a chance to to bend somebody's ear. You know, I think Jerry and Steven and. You know, what I learned was there was, this was one of the best discussions they had about a player. You know, I mean, they they really talked themselves through this one. And maybe it wasn't a bunch of guys. Maybe there wasn't a bunch of influencing going on. But they had the tag on their board in the sixth of the stack, you know, in that sixth overall spot. And that's, you know, when it's like that, man, it's easy to see, you know, and so good for them. But I think a lot of it had a lot of not not many voices in the room on that one. I wonder how much of that is one of the positives of not having continuity because continuity meant that you had a lot of voices that were trusted by the front office, that were trusted by Jerry Jones, and if they were interested in players, they were interested in players, and he would listen to it. And I wonder if when you get a brand-new head coach, if he doesn't just come in and go, I just got here. Yeah. Who's the top player? Who's the best guy on the board? I'll figure it out. Bill Parcells did that when he first came to us. He sat back in that first draft in 03 and watched everybody work. And that's, you know, he just said, okay. And then in 04, he tore you up. Then he tore, yeah, exactly. And then in 05, (laughs) I tore him back and then I was out of a job. But, uh, but that, you know, that's where I think that, you know, coaches are smart if they come in and say, okay, let's see how these guys are going to operate. And the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys does have some opinion. He does, whether you want to take it or not about personnel. So now it is the New York Giants on the clock and here is Roger Goodell. Specialist Smith. And thank you to all our service members, both here and around the world. We cannot thank you enough for what you do and what you continue to do in these uncertain times. Thank you. With the 36th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Xavier McKinney, defensive back, Alabama. Giants love taking those Bama safeties at the top of the second round. Landon Collins. Landon Collins. 2015. You know, never really thought that McKinney was a good player, so (laughs) not really worried about that one. So that's that's probably the first Cowboys target off the board here in the second round as Xavier McKinney will be headed to the New York Giants, and you get to deal with him a couple of times a year. Um, who is the biggest Xavier McKinney fan? Who wants to go scouting report on McKinney? Fire it at him, Dane. Uh, you know, he is my top safety. Um, I do have some questions about him holding up in coverage, but this is a player who had 10 turnover-worthy plays uh, the last two years, talking about forced fumbles and interceptions. I think he's a better run defender than in pass coverage, but uh, this is an all-around safety who is very smart. The coach is good about for him in Alabama. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about him as he projects to the next level. I don't know that he's ever going to be a Pro Bowl level player, but he's going to be a solid starter for a long time. Anybody wanted to go up for him? Oh, absolutely mm. not. Not no. with not with what's available. Although I will say, I wouldn't be surprised if he was their top guy heading into today. And that doesn't mean they expected him to fall. But we heard whispers that they might have taken him 17 in the right set of circumstances or maybe in a trade back to the 20s. So if they liked him that much, it it's a reasonable guess that, that he would have been one of their top guys tonight. Um, I don't think it was ever realistic to think he lasted that long, but it still hurts to see him go after just four picks. 
Yeah, I spent a lot of time yesterday, Dave, thinking, man, this is going to come down to A.J. Terrell for the Cowboys. or But then you had the Ruggs pick, and then you had the Kinlaw pick, and it was like, well, wait, wait, wait a second here. It, There's it a- went from being, it went from, like, planning for a worst-case scenario to, like, do it, dare I dream very quickly. Yeah. Some, yeah, somewhere around pick 12. It's time for the New England Patriots at number 37. Here is the commish. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots select... Kyle Duggar, defensive back, Lenore Ryan. Okay, Dane, tell me about Kyle Duggar, because I will tell you, out of the top 100 players in this draft, he's the only one. And I tried. I tried tweeting the school. I tried. (laughs) But I couldn't get the all 22, so I had to try to grade him from the blimp cam, and I'm not comfortable with that. So tell me about Kyle Duggar. You have to look past the decal and the helmet, because Division Two here. So the competition's not exactly what you want, but... Uh, he was a big-time player at the D2 level. So I know some teams looked at him as even a linebacker. So we'll have to see how the Patriots use him. Really rangy player. He can cover. He can run. He was a big-time punt returner uh, at the D2 level as well. So a little older than you want for a player. Uh, he just turned 24 years old. But the talent level, I don't have a question. This is just a late bloomer who ended up at the D2 level. But uh, he is a big-time playmaker and certainly worthy of a top-40 pick. All right, so there you go. That's New England. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock at number 38, and we will have that pick for you here in just a little bit. You are listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Back here on the Internet side of things, back-to-back safeties going in order between the Giants and the Patriots. Xavier McKinney, Kyle Duggar now off the board, and continuing that conversation on Kyle Duggar and looking past the logo on the side of the helmet, a late bloomer. I mean, he started at 5'6", all the way through the early parts of his high school career, and then his senior year, he all of a sudden spurred it up to six foot one, and then that's where he ended up going. But just an extreme athlete and the guy who's going to impact the Patriots. This is such a Patriots type of pick, though, okay. to be honest. It just fits that mold. Yeah, I, you know, the question I have for you guys is that, okay, of, of the, of Duggar and Winfield, who are you going to take? Who are, the, are those, are those short, those short, and, and, and you have to think about, oh, is this, are we in a situation where Minnesota or Lenore Ryan, or is this, is Duggar the better player? Duggar's the better player. I think Duggar's the better player, honestly. All day. Give no, actually, Give no, I don't. Winfield. No, I don't. It's still Winfield. I, I keep getting scared by the hype, but I, I don't understand. You should I don't. be. Why? Why should I be scared by that? Dave's the youngest nine. old school scout I've ever seen in my life. I love you, Dave. He is five, the youngest old you. school dude. I, I'm I, sorry. I like Antoine Winfield, but 5'9 should scare you. Am I crazy or did Tyron Matthew not just get named all decade? I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, man, yeah. you're talking so you're about telling a me, rare so you're telling player, me Antoine David. Winfield come on. Is, come on. So you're telling me he's the honey badger? You're telling I'm, me he has not. to be the honey badger? Yeah, to he has to, to be worth a shot? Young people have been hated on. Badger. His dad was short. He played 14 years in the league and was a solid starting no, safety. Wait a minute. His dad is a hell of a player. He was a hell of a player. At a different position. That's fair. Okay. Antoine Winfield looks reliable in coverage, has good ball skills, and looks like he wants to hit the crap out of you. Like he he does, He's a ball hawk. Don't get me wrong it. here. Antoine Winfield is a very good player. I just, when you compare him to some of these other safeties, I would rather have a Duggar, a Delpit, a McKinney, uh, a Jeremy Chin. 
I would take Antoine Winfield somewhere here in the second round, just not over some of some of these other safeties. We can agree or disagree. Like the Cowboys do a lot of things right, they do a lot of things wrong. They're not right about everything, but I am I am wholeheartedly on board with the idea that I want players that have done it at the highest level. I want the guy that's been to the horseshoe or the swamp. I don't want Lenore Ryan. No offense to Kyle Duggar, but I like that piece of not mind of knowing that my draft picks have played football at the highest level. That's just me. We yeah. lost my guy. At 38, we lost my guy for 51. Gross Matos is off the board. Is so he going to the Carolina Panthers? Wow, they're beefing up that defensive line. They took Derek Brown in the first, and then Matt Rule grabs Yuta Gross Matos in the second. Okay, that's a pretty we, solid tandem. We call that a fake pin throw. But it's not a fake pin throw. I, call Gross Matos a, I picked in my fake mock this morning. David. I picked Gross call, Matos. That's not a fake call pin that throw. A, get him, David. We, we call that like a, oh, darn. Oh, no. Oh, Damn. Darn it. He's, he's not there. <laughs> what are we going to do? You guys are faking. I wanted him. That was my I just, guy. I never I never saw it. I don't know. Somebody he tell did. me that I'm wrong. Dane, tell me that I'm wrong. What, what didn't you like about him? I just yeah, I Dave. didn't I didn't see like a lot of explosiveness for a guy that people were talking about as a first round pick and I hate to compare him I don't I don't want to compare him to Taco I just did it by saying his name but like it always seemed like if he couldn't get past you with his first idea then he didn't know what else to do. He that, looked that really was, good on tape against Indiana that didn't get me too riled up. Wow. Wow. I think wow. He, he's, there's no question. He still needs to learn how to patch everything together. But with that length, that flexibility, I, coach him up, and I think you have something there. Uh, you know, he, he. I think he's an easy player to like. Uh, and I thought he was worthy of a first-round pick. And you can reduce him inside. You can play him outside. I, I think he has big-time potential, not just what he is right now, but what he's going to look like two years from now. I kind of agree with David on this. Oh, hey, my guy. I was I was waiting for him. I'm I'm watching him in the Memphis game against the Cotton Bowl, and I'm like, he has a good rush. And then for like three or four plays in a row, he did absolutely nothing. And I'm like, going, come on, man, you're playing Memphis today. And I and uh, again, I'm slamming Memphis right now. But you know, you're Penn State. Find a way to get to the quarterback. Find a way to affect the pocket. I just did not. And and Dane, you could be well right about. Coach him up, do this with him, work on the technique. I just did not see enough of those plays to make me feel like that, well, I'm getting a real difference maker. I thought I'm getting a guy that's got talent, but it's going to be so far down the line for me. Well, I tell you what. Well, then you guys are happy, and I'm happy that you're happy. I like to see other people happy. Gross Matos is gone. He was my top in the second round. The 2020 NFL Draft continues on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Welcome back. Jeff Cavanaugh and Brian Broaddus of 105.3 The Fan, along with Kyle Yeomans, Dave Hellman, and Dane Brugler of DallasCowboys.com. We'll be here with you for every pick here on day two of the NFL Draft. At 38, you had Yitur Grossmatos, defensive end, Penn State, go to the Carolina Panthers. I didn't like it. Dane Brugler didn't like it if he's pulling for the Cowboys, but boy, I tell you, we got three analysts on here that couldn't stand him, and we're really excited that he's gone. And I'm shocked and surprised at your guys's um, evaluation abilities. I'm gonna have to reevaluate those myself. But he's gone, and at 39, we now have the Miami Dolphins on the clock as we're creeping our way towards 51. And, and go ahead. No, the, the the gross modest thing is to me. I, I just I was expecting more. And I didn't get more. Everybody's talking about, oh, you got to watch this gross Matos. You got to watch him. And like I was talking about, I, I did. And I watched him and I watched him. I watched him. I was thinking, give me more. 
Give me more. I'm thinking, oh, is the left end? Where, or does he get any right end tra- traits? Fluid, rangy, able to get slippery rangy. inside and out in order to get himself free. You guys didn't see didn't, a whole lot of range there. He, whoo, you didn't see range from Gross no, Mottos working down no, the line. He was oh. straight forward, forward line thinking. No, he said no, but yeah, well, forward is how you get down the line. You run forward. I'm not asking <laughs> the guy to do the karaoke drill to chase the running back. Go get him. Might help him a little bit. Well, you, when he got that length going and used it, he's it. able to make exactly. himself tough to block. When Memphis and how Indiana, often? How reduce often? Reduce him inside. He, he can. He oh, can now, rush from different angles. Now Dane's moving that. him inside to tackle. On on third downs, absolutely. Get more speed on the field. Let, let him. You, now we really just are like, no, talking. Just let him get knocked saying. around in there I'm a little bit. You, this, you, oh, you watch crew. the Memphis tape. I did watch the Memphis tapes. That's then what you I saw him. You saw him from a three technique bully the Memphis guard right into the backfield. Memphis. No, it's, it's, I watched Chase oh. on for nine games against bad competition. He had two sacks, and you guys were drooling for the dude because he runs fast. Oh, you liked Chase on too. Don't rewrite history. Let's I had not. Chase on right in front of Gross Mottos. Like, oh, I, I think they were close to me. No way. That's that's where one's I'm, explosive and one's running in sand. One produced and one didn't. That's a great point. Sand. I mean, thirty-five tackles for loss the last two years in the Big Ten. Not not bad. You know what? What I've learned in this conversation is, for better or for worse, I'm glad he went because I don't. Want, I, I'm glad we're having this debate about Carolina Panther Yater Gross Matos and not Dallas Cowboy. It's the Miami Dolphins on the clock now. I'm going to go ahead and let all that go. Get back in a good mood because we're all broadcasting with friends on 105.3 and on DallasCowboys.com. So Miami, uh, this will be the what their fourth pick of this draft. They're sitting there with Tua Tungavailoa. They are sitting there with Austin Jackson, and then my page cut off, and I don't see their third pick. Noah Boy, Noah Igbenogany. Oh, Igbenogany. And now the Dolphins' pick is in at number 39 in the second round. Here's Raj. With the 39th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Robert Hunt, tackle, Louisiana Lafayette. There is a Dane Brugler special, as yeah. this was your top-rated guard, I believe, even though he's from uh, Ulala. And he played right tackle uh, at, at Louisiana Lafayette, uh, a guy that really only played uh, a little bit of guard earlier in his career, moved to tackle the last two years where he was all-conference player. This is a mean dude. He will bury mm-hmm. you and not apologize for it. He is a fun player who missed – Part uh, most of the draft process missed the Senior Bowl because of an injury, missed the combine, so weren't sure how that was going to affect his draft status. Didn't affect it very much because I thought he was worthy of a second round pick, and that's where he went. We have the Houston Texans. They're going to be on the clock at number forty overall. Their first pick of the draft, I believe. Yes. And if their handling of their front office lately is any indication, they will pick a sixth rounder here. And then break NFL rules to sign him to a new deal before he plays for like a hundred million dollars. That's what Bill O'Brien's going to do. How does Bill O'Brien end up as the GM? Is he is he good at relationships? Like, did he got the owner of the team to trust him somehow? Well, it's a, the owner passed away. So well, there's still an owner. Yeah, Somebody owns a team. Yeah, I know, but he's he he's run out a couple of general managers. As a matter of fact, Brian Gain was a guy that they. They had worked together and he got rid of him. Rick Smith a long time ago, he, you know, his wife got sick. So, you know, Bill has steadily, he wins enough games. He gets him to the playoffs. He finds a way to win the division. So, you know, he gets a lot of control that way. 
But yeah, his his way of handling and roster building and the team and stuff, that's a good roster, but I'm just telling you right now though, his general manager skills are not very good. <laughs> well, he's on he's on go ahead. I said, what gave it away? The DeAndre Hopkins trade, or well, why do you make? I mean, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're you're in a situation right now. You're it's about building your roster and, and you know doing. There's some. It's a talent. They got some talent there, but he he's going to find a way to wreck that talent. Is what he's going to do. <laughs> well, it's a lot like when Chip Kelly got personnel in Philadelphia. It's like, oh, I'll just trade the good players. This is fun. I'm the personality in the room. It's just a, it's a really weird strategy. And then to pretend that the David Johnson, that as a player, that he's a plus at his salary, that was a minus. You should have gotten more. Here's Roger. 20 NFL draft. The Houston Texans select Ross Blacklock. Defensive tackle. TCU. All right, talk to me now. Anybody throwing a pen at that one? I think that's a guy that you probably are interested in at 51. No, I'm throwing a pen, a fake pen. Oh, it's a fake pen throw? That's a fake pen throw for me. But Yeah, uh, I liked him a lot. Somebody, I I, did we do we really think he was going to make it to 51, though? No. I, I think, realistically, uh, too good of a player to, I think, fall out of the top 50 picks. Yeah, but I think I agree with you, but I think that when we get to 51 – there's going to be players available that I'll have the same thing apply to where I'll be like, yeah, I didn't think that he was going to make it. And I don't know who that guy's name is yet, but I think as we get there, that is going to happen. It's just a matter of who that name is, but he was definitely one of them where you anticipated him going uh, well before you picked. So TCU's Ross Blacklock, who when I watched him, they were lining up as a one technique. And yeah. I think it, as an NFL player, he projects more as a three technique, put him head up over the guard and let him use some of that athletic ability to try to rush the passer. 6'3", 290 pounds. I liked him. Uh, he would have been a nice pick at 51, but yeah, probably going earlier than that. Well, he's got a basketball background. You you have that unique kind of combination with some lateral quickness and you got the agility kind of paired with the length as well. So, I mean... I think this is one of those guys, it, him and both Neville Gallimore had some of the better lateral kind of sideline, the sideline ability as a D tackle than uh, really a, a lot of the guys in the draft. Even though that Blacklock had that Achilles injury back in 2018, I, I really do like this pick for the Texans. And hey, Bill O'Brien did something smart. That's kind of new. To, I think he stepped out of the about. room for a little bit. He'll probably trade him. <laughs> no, this, this guy, I mean, you talk about a disruptive player, though. Yeah. That first step quickness inside and stuff, Jeff. I think you're right about him playing in those. Play him as a three. Let him attack the gap. I mean, he he. I I like the fact that how he's able to put himself in position. He's a hard guy to fool. I was watching. You know, there were some schemes that were like trying to pull him out of the way, and uh uh-uh. uh, he's like, I'm not going for that. And he'd beat he'd beat those trap blocks, get up the field, tackle. Uh, I he was my 26th best player on my board. So. Uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. Whenever I watch uh, interior d- defensive linemen in general, I really like when I don't need to know exactly what number he's wearing. It, because when just when you watch, you can tell pretty quickly, okay, that's who I need to watch because he's firing off the ball. He's winning early. You see those violent hands. You see the scheme versatility. Ross Blacklock was definitely that guy for TCU. So now we got the Indianapolis Colts on the clock at number 41, and I believe this is their first pick of the draft, and here is the commissioner. First pick to the Indianapolis Colts. With the 41st pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Jonathan Taylor, running back Wisconsin. Apologies. Of course, they picked not too long ago, and they took Michael Pittman. And now Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin. Dane, you said some running backs were going to start going. Here's the beginning of the run. 
Uh, how many other teams before the Cowboys you think might take a couple? And if you want to add a Jonathan Taylor scouting report, that dude was a workhorse. Yeah, talk about production. Uh, if you would have went back for a senior year, he would have shattered every uh, major rushing record in college football history. Uh, just a really talented guy. And, yes, he benefited from Wisconsin's offense and our offensive line, but he deserves credit as well. This is a 4-3 athlete at 5'11", 225 pounds. Uh, he's not a big make-you-miss guy, but good luck tackling him. Good luck getting him on the ground. Uh, and this is an interesting selection for Indianapolis. They are giving Phillip Rivers, uh, their new quarterback, some help. Michael Pittman on the outside, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Uh, th- you have to really like what Chris Ballard is doing with the Colts right now. So all the and, old quarterbacks are finally getting weapons. And did we mention? I get that was a trade up from forty-four, was it not? Yes, it was because Cleveland originally had so that. So Cleveland pick. slides out of that pick, trying to add more value. I haven't seen the terms, but so that's interesting. You know, adding I mean, yeah, surrounding Philip Rivers with talent. I actually a little birdie told me that the Cowboys were super, super high on this guy. They really like Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, who doesn't? Uh, and I only bring it up because it's it's fascinating for me to think, you know, if a guy like that falls to a team like Dallas, I mean, what a test of best player available that would be because <laughs> on no on no level no. would it make sense to draft no. that guy. But I mean, at, you know, three man backfield with Pollard and Zeke. I got too many. I got too many receivers to be running out. Too many running backs. I understand. I'm just. I just think it would be funny. I, I mean, it's it's not going to be a problem now because he's gone. But it's funny to think about. We're down to the Jacksonville Jaguars at pick number 42 here in the second round on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. It's Jeff Kavanaugh and Brian brought us from The Fan. Kyle Yeomans, Dane Brugler, and Dave Hellman with DallasCowboys.com. And let's take a quick look back at our boards as we are now within 10 picks of the Dallas Cowboys. And Kyle, you want to give me a few names that jump out at you that you're hoping can keep sticking around? Yeah, I mean, I'm still sitting there looking at Christian Fulton on the board and then also Grant Delpit. Both guys are still there. I think here you're probably going to see Jacksonville go with a wide receiver. So I, there's another pick that's going to push that a little bit further down. We kind of expected maybe the Bears to go up a little bit. They're still sitting at 43. They could use some defense, and, and they may take one of those corners. So there's some teams out in front of you that scare you a little bit in terms of taking some of the guys that you're looking at. But the fact that Fulton is still on the board still kind of shocks me a little bit. I, I still had a, a 1-2 grade on him. So uh, if he's able to fall to 51, I'd be ecstatic. Dave Hellman? I, I mean, it's it's what we said. I mean, McKinney's off the board, uh, Gross Matos, and um, oh, geez, I totally drew a blank. Who's the – oh, Blacklock. Oh, Blacklock. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not mad about that at all. Those are – you know, I'm fine with them not being Cowboy picks. But I'm, I'm still – I'm looking at – uh, Trevon Diggs, I'm looking at Jalen Johnson, Christian Fulton, Grant Delpit, uh, AJ Epinesa still hanging out there, Zach What about Bond. Justin Matabike as well? That's another name. Yeah, another name. I mean, I'm feeling really good about, you know, the, you know, we've kind of got a, a small circle of names that we think the Cowboys might like, and, and there's still plenty of them here as we inch closer. What, we're on pick 42 right now, so, we're inside of 10 or so picks, and there's still a pretty healthy amount of names sitting there. Matabike is a really interesting one to me because I really liked him on tape, and I was actually listening to Dane on a podcast with Lance Zerline, and I think it was Lance who said he had heard some things from some teams and that maybe we should expect a slide from Matabike. There's some character stuff there. Uh, there, there is, uh, and that's something that I verified as well. 
some teams a little worried about that, but some teams uh, are not. And it's one of those things where there's no firm opinion there. Um, I want to throw out a – what about Zach Bond? How do we feel about him as a possibility at 51? I like it. You would have to convince me that they're really going to be pretty darn multiple and what they're going to do defensively because, you know, we've heard them talk about use the word Sam slash DPR, designated pass rusher, and I think that fits him really well when you watch him at Wisconsin, his ability to hold the edge with one arm, which I think they teach at Wisconsin really, really well. Uh, his ability to do that combined with cover and rush the passer. I love the idea of Zach Bond. The, impl- the implementation of Zach Bond would be my only question. I'm, I'm on board with that, too. I mean, I, I thought a team like the Ravens was going to take him last night because of their ability to fit their players. I mean, they, they, they whatever talent their players have or skills they have, they're one of the staffs to say, okay, we'll, we'll call our scheme towards what's your strength. I thought that, it, you know, th- this was a guy, though, I really, really liked him because I do for, you know, he played a little light at, at, at uh, Wisconsin, tried to put on weight for the combine. You know, it got the diluted sample, probably trying to put too much water in him to hold some weight. But man, <laughs> this guy, when you watch him play, you're thinking like, Oh, wait a minute. He's not going to get there. Oh, he just did. You know, he's that guy. He, everything, every time you see him, it's no way. No, oh, he made the play. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan at 51. If you got a guy like this, I'd be totally on board. That's like my 27th best player right there. Item is a one-two. So, Mister Mister Brugler, talk to me about how you would use Bond. Less, I mean, we know that he can rush the passer, but what would you do with him as a Sam linebacker? Yeah, and I think that's what you're. I think he's a stack, and that's how you want to use him. And you don't want to completely eliminate him as a rusher, a blitzer. But when you look at the Cowboys, if they fully commit to a three-four. They're going to need some more help at linebacker, especially on the inside. And that maybe that's how you use him. You move him around, let him rush, let him uh, blitz from different angles. And that's what Wisconsin did so well. They let him rush from so many different angles. And you can, but you also saw him drop and cover. You saw him, you be an athlete and and do some things in space. So I'm a big fan of Bond as long as you're okay with that diluted sample and and you know any character concerns. I, I would be all on board with drafting him at 51. Here we go. The Jacksonville Jaguars still on the clock. We'll get their pick here in just a second because the pick is in. We're just waiting to see who the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take here, and then we'll be able to kind of reset and be getting closer and closer to the Dallas Cowboys picking at 51 right here on 105.3 The Fan and on DallasCowboys.com. Here is the commissioner. With the 42nd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select... LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver, Colorado. There you go. That is a dangerous, dangerous man with the football in his hands. Maybe not the most polished or developed receiver in terms of route running and being a complete player, but you let him have the ball and it becomes a party when people are trying to tackle him. Well, he was a playmaker at Colorado. I mean, this is a guy who profiles more as maybe an X, but you could put him in the slot. They put him in the backfield, had some handoff and some gadget plays with him as well. I just, I like him overall. Did have some turf toe issue, I believe, in 2019. I think he had surgery to repair that, or maybe it was a, he had some torn labrum stuff there too. So some injury concern, but a DeSoto kid, Texas high school football DFW product, and uh, I think he's a, a, a great player, honestly. I, I like this pick. The Chicago Bears on the clock at number 43 as we work our way towards 51 where the Dallas Cowboys are going to pick. You're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com.
back here on the DallasCowboys.com side of things. And LaVishka's Chenault DeSoto Eagle product now going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, Kavanaugh's getting up. I was going to ask him a question, but I'm going to go back to Brian Broaddus. It's okay, Kavanaugh. Go do what you got to do. <laughs> got to fill cool. my water cup. No, you're fine. Go, go get it done. I'll my ask Cowboys Brian. Doc- oh. I'll ask Brian. You're good. You're good. We'll, we'll come back to it. But, uh, Brian, I was going to ask you, we kind of gave some of our picks, Dane and uh, David and myself, in terms of some of the guys you're starting to hone in on. Last night, we got to about pick 12 before we started seeing C.D. Lamb as a possibility. Do you see any guys that kind of start sticking out to you? Maybe it's Bond. Maybe it's somebody else. Yeah, I tell you what, as I, I look down the, the board here, you know, I, I was worried about the Bears of being a team that might take digs. You know, they've got two picks ahead of you. I think the tight end is in play here for the Bears uh in one of these picks. The the kid the first time I believe is going to be Komet that's going to be taken off this board. And so I was kind of hearing some whispers that the Bears but they also heard some whispers about Diggs being a part of one of these two picks. So I was a little bit concerned about that. Uh you know, I, I still like the way the board's holding up. I like the fact that there's still corners there. I like the fact that there's still some safeties there. Defensive end. I mean, you know, it, this is this this board is is all right right now. Uh, but like I say, we need some more of those. If you're a Cowboy fan, you need some more of those offensive players uh, to go off if you want to get down to to get one of these uh, these defensive players we just talked about. Well, you look at 45. That could be uh, with the Buccaneers. That could be an offensive pick. The Falcons could go offensive side of the football since they went with AJ Terrell in the first round. Jets. Steelers all need some offensive help, and you already mentioned the Bears, who have two picks in the next nine to potentially address a tight end issue. But now that Kavanaugh's back, we'll, we'll ask Jeff uh, some other players that you're kind of starting to to look at, kind of at least highlight maybe that blinking light, like Stephen Jones talked about yesterday, in terms of the players that could start showing up as a, a potential on your board. I, I guess my blinking light at the moment is Zach Vaughn, a guy we already talked yeah. about. He's my highest-rated player left. Uh, after him, I would go to Christian Fulton, the LSU corner, Trevon Diggs, the Alabama corner. And after that, uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither at linebacker, I'm a big fan of. I know mm-hmm. when I run simulations, I can get him in the third or fourth round, but I've got him in the second. I'm a really big fan of his. And then A.J. Epinesa, Julio, uh, Julian Okwara off of the edge. Those are my top guys. What about Jeremy Chin? I haven't heard Chin's name kind of floated around here. I know Brian mentioned some of those safeties. They're yeah. still Delpit in, in Winfield there, but Chin's another guy that's intriguing. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chin. I really am. And, and I, I maybe you know he's going against accountants and doctors and whatever else, the games <laughs> he's playing against and bankers and who else. But you watch him. He can cover some ground. You know, when he's running, he's getting finished. I think he can cover. You know, they moved him around at Southern Illinois. He had different responsibilities. It looks like the Bears pick is in, but I, I'm a fan of this guy. Let's go to the commissioner right now if we could. It looks like we'll, just, we'll talk about this selection. Maybe we don't have the commissioner here up on the side, so we'll talk through it. Uh, He's gonna make the pick regardless of whether or not we can hear it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was. I thought we'd go through. Yeah, it's it's Cole Komet. So here we go. Cole Komet, wow. the tight Let's end go. from Notre Dame. Okay, yeah. dang it. Yeah, there's oh. your pen throw right there. Right, top tight end off the board. <laughs> By the oh way, God. I forgot a name because I was scrolled over on my board and I didn't have the safeties up. Grant Delpit is in my top three of who I would want to make it to the Cowboys at fifty-one. I just real quick, Jeff, I just I want to throw this point out there. And there's I mean, there's no way for me to say this without being a hater, I guess. But do it. 
That I, I, this is what I bring the value for, because all of y'all think that you're actually GMs, and I'm just over here to remind you. Well, we all what, should be. I'm just over here to remind you of what the Cowboys actually do, and I'll buy you all dinner if they draft Jeremy Chin in the second round. What because, if they? I'll take that. Can well, I get dinner if they well, take Delpit? Well, well, no. Dave no. is saying that because he knows that Will McClay won't take a small small guy. You're damn right. right. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. I'm sure. Did you write a story about that? I sure did. I talk about it all the time. They haven't drafted a non-Division One football player since 2013, and that was in the third round. It was also before BW Will Webb? ran the process. J.J. Uh, Wilcox. B.W. Webb and J.J. Wilcox okay. in the same draft. Okay. Uh, but that was before Will took over. They have not done it since. The so smallest there will be. Colorado been, State? Yeah, exactly. Smallest they'll go. If they go FCS in the top 51, I'll take you all to a fast food restaurant of your choice. Heck yeah. Oh, nice. That's solid. I got quite a few that I like there, Dave. And I can run a wallet up there because I don't get meals. I get individual <laughs> items. So watch yourself. You got it. All right. Cleveland. On. This is the 2020 NFL Draft with Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, Dave Hellman, Dane Brugler, and Kyle Yeomans. Holy cow, we're to number 44, working our way to 51 for the Dallas Cowboys. We've got the Cleveland Browns on the clock right now. The first tight end is off the board as Cole Komet is going to be a Chicago Bear. And so you've lost the top tight end off of a lot of people's boards there to the Chicago Bears. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock. And we were just talking about some of the names that you'd love to see make it to 51 for the Cowboys. And I will tell you, the top four that I am watching are Zach Bond, Wisconsin linebacker slash edge, Grant Delpit, safety at LSU, Christian Fulton, cornerback at LSU, and Trevon Diggs, cornerback at Alabama. So let's just round table here. Uh, which names have I left off that should be in that conversation? Well, I was just going to go through the Browns' needs real quick, if I could, Jeff. Okay. We talked about that with the guard, safety, and edge. So keep an eye on on those positions. Oh, there's a linebacker in there. As yeah, well. linebacker they, as well. Yeah, so. linebacker and linebacker and safety. The, the, those are the two big ones for for the Browns, uh, and that that's what I would expect here. But uh, you're talking about the safety there or a linebacker with the Browns? Both of them. Both, I, both of them are big needs. So I wouldn't be surprised at either. But this is we mentioned it at the top. This is a the sweet spot for the safeties, and the Browns already traded back once because they I think they feel good about a couple of these guys. Uh, if they want to go safety, whether that's Chin, it's Delpit, Winfield. So that could be a direction they're going here. Dane, the new general manager there, his style, is he a, a numbers guy? What is his what is his uh, a, a way he operates? Well, yeah, there's no secret. You know, the, the Browns front office is very analytically driven. Um, but at the same time, uh, you, you know, I, we don't know. This is the first-year general manager. Uh, Andrew Barry is the youngest general manager in the league. We've never seen him in charge of a draft room before. So we just don't know. Uh, we don't have any draft trends. We don't understand fully just how he's going to use these metrics to draft players. You know, could be a, a Jeremy Chin who had uh, the production, who has the testing, but all at the FCS level. Could be uh, an Antoine Winfield who had tremendous production mm-hmm. at FBS but doesn't have the size. Uh, Grant Delpit is a mix of all that. So I think we're not really sure just how the metrics are going to drive the Browns thinking uh, when it comes to draft picks. Yeah. Does Delpit fit that metrics kind of a system, though, if you talk about? Is he, he Based on his pro day, he does. 
I mean, well, it's not the same as the combine, but if you just take his 40 time and his height and weight, you would be projecting that he's a really good athlete at that size. You mean his 38-yard time? Probably. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, if Cameron Dantzler ran in the four threes, then Grant Delpit might have run a 4-1. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. We don't know with Delpit. Uh, teams are going to take those times with a grain of salt. So we don't know how that might affect some of the decision-making when it comes to drafting players. So we'll wait for the Cleveland Browns pick at 44, and then we'll have 45, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, six more picks before the Dallas Cowboys. I can do math. And we'll see which direction they're going here. Hopefully, whatever the Cowboys don't want. So does that mean I want them to pick a linebacker? Stay away from the safety group? Is that good? Probably. I I think that's kind of a pipe dream, though. I think safety is probably where they're going to go here. That's messed up. Yeah. Who you think the Browns go safety here? Or yeah. you think? The, yeah, yeah, I think it's, so. It's their biggest and, need for sure. I think the next couple of picks between now and the Cowboys could be offense, but I think safety is the biggest need for the Browns here by far. Well, I th- I'd like to see them like leave that to alone. See a linebacker, though. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jeff. Yeah, I like to see them leave that alone. Let those safeties hang out until the Cowboy pick. Anybody want to try to guess what the Cowboys are thinking right now amongst the names that we're mentioning? Any preferences that they might have, Dave? I think the Cowboys are looking at their second-round grades, however many of them they have, and thinking that they have more on the list than those that have been taken. And they've definitely they've lost some guys, like Xavier McKinney, obviously. Yep. Um, they've lost a few, but I think I can come up with – Eight to twelve names that they probably feel good about, and Jeff's fantastic arithmetic just let us know that there's only six to go. So the numbers add up that somebody they feel pretty good about should be there. I wasn't counting Cleveland. That would be seven to go. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember count. remember the Browns last year in the second round? They took Greedy Williams, uh, who at one point was thought to be a very high first round pick. And could they do that again in the second round with an LSU DB? There's no question. I mean, you guys have got me convinced they're going to take a safety. Here's the commissioner to tell us. With the 44th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, Cleveland Browns select Grant Delpit, defensive back, LSU. Jerks. I think that would have been my favorite guy left for the Cowboys. So yeah, Grant that would have Delpit, gotten me real excited. Yep. That would have been, to me, a great pick to get Grant Delpit. And we'd talk about, oh, his tackling's not real good. And I would have said, yeah. But to me, he projects as a guy that's going to be a turnover guy. I ain't drafting him to tackle. I mean, he's going to need to do it. (laughs) He's going to need to do it at some point, but that's not why I want him on my team. He's the last line of defense, Dave. If your last line of defense can't bring people down, that's a problem. Yeah, but you know what he can do? He can step in front of passes and take them the other way, which is something the Cowboys haven't had in a while. Yeah, so that's probably... We think, or at least I think, that's a Cowboy potential target that goes off the board right there. And so now we are at 45 with Tampa Bay. They will be followed by Denver and Atlanta as we are ticking our way on down the board towards 51. Hey, Dane, um, does do the Browns know that they're in Big Ten country? Because why do they – Why I mean, how many LSU players do they have at this point? My God. I mean, they drafted I mean, Greedy I, I, Williams last year. They got the receivers, Odell and Jarvis. Yeah. I mean, come on. I know you want me to set. You're setting me up for this, but LSU's a pretty good school. Uh, hey. they, they produce some good talent down there. I, I mean, well, actually, I think people have talked about this. It, ironically, I mean, this, the New Orleans Saints are Ohio State. You know, the Ohio State club. So I guess it only That's makes true. sense they're trading off. That's true, and it's just it's an Ohio thing. You know, the Bengals went with Joe Burrow, uh, but you know, Ohio just kind of put him on loan for two years. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, that's right. We, we got him back here in Ohio now. 
I wanted Delpit. I wanted I'm, him to be yeah, a cowboy. That's I think Delpit was definitely on my short list of like the four names that would get me the most excited. McKinney was the other one. Or you, he was one of them too. You seem a little down right now, Dave. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I get it. I'm going to I'm going to get pegged as the LSU homer and I deserve it. That's fair. But It's accurate. I I mean, he could have gone to any school and I think it would be good value. I would have been just as excited about Xavier McKinney. And now I think, you know, for those of us that have been waiting for the Cowboys to find that heir to Darren Woodson, it doesn't look likely to happen this year because um I mean, I Antoine Winfield's still around. We haven't heard any buzz about the Cowboys and Antoine Winfield. Yeah. We don't think, I mean, Kyle Duggar's gone too. I don't think they would look at Jeremy Chen, at least not this early. So it's hard to see that starting caliber safety coming out of this draft. So now I turn my attention to defensive linemen and corner because those are the two positions that are still kind of hanging around. Well, and I think you, the guy who gets me most excited is still Christian Fulton. Uh, Another LSU guy at 51, Jeff, you're shaking your head, but I think, 51 for Christian Fulton would get me extremely excited. Oh no, me me too. I was I was communicating behind the scenes there. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were I thought you were reacting no, no so no, no. at for pick Christian 45. Fulton. We have lost another safety. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Antoine Winfield oh. Jr. And so I agree with you guys. Right now I think if you're looking at the board, you're probably being pushed more towards the defensive line and you're being pushed towards corner. Trevon Diggs still out there. And yeah. We, yeah, we got Trevon Diggs out there. You got Christian Fulton out there. I'm keeping an eye on Zach Bond, who is my best to. player available. And then on defensive line, Jordan Elliott, Justin Matabike, AJ Epinesa. There's still names there. So the Cowboys knew they were going to lose a bunch of their guys waiting it out. The teams aren't going to um, cooperate with whatever you want as the draft goes on. But yeah, you've got. You got a handful of safeties gone. Xavier McKinney, Grant Delpit, Antoine Winfield, Kyle Duggar, all off of the board at this point. And so we'll see which direction they're going to go. But I feel like cornerback, defensive line is where at least my eyes keep going on the board for them. Did we, I, were we keep, excuse me, do we, were we keep talking about though that if they got wiped out, that Diggs was going to be their guy? I mean, did, was that, you guys talking we were about, talking about that yeah. potentially yeah. 17. That's I'm saying if they got completely if the board guy. So to me, yeah, the guys like, you know, Diggs, Bond. I mean, they, if they go defense and those guys are there, I, I mean, I, oh, I'm, that's feeling, great. I'm feeling great that's right great. now about that. We're just trying to fight through this little mini depression of the safeties going off the board, but there's still plenty of names that you like here. I, well, do, let I, me, I, I do worry about the bears though. Taking yeah. Diggs, I do. I, I was going to be, I'll, I'll be the optimist for a second. It, it's kind of the same line as Kyle Duggar. What I said when the Patriots drafted him is, I think, you know, we argued about Antoine Winfield earlier. A lot of us really like him. We have no indication that the Cowboys did. So right. inside of the Cowboys war room, they might view Antoine Winfield going as a win, which I don't agree with that. But sure. they view him possibly as, a you know, they're cheering that because they're saying, yes, yeah. keep pushing Trevon Diggs down the board. That's A-OK. So... Antoine Winfield going to Tampa is a loss for me, but I'm not sure it's a loss for the Cowboys front office. You think Tampa's GM's daughter is really excited about the pick? She was just hugging her dad. She looked like she was about nine years old. Do you think that she knows who Antoine Winfield is? And she I'm thought sure he she's made a big pick? fan. Big fan of Antoine Winfield. She's hoping that they don't lose their house. You know? <laughs> I don't think she's thinking about that either. Here's the commissioner. The Denver Broncos select KJ Hamler. 
Wide receiver, Penn State. There you oh, go. Has Denver gone go. back-to-back wide Jerry receivers? Denver's going with the 40-burger offense. Yeah. Wow. Hey, if you watch Drew Locke play at the end of the year, you know it's time to drop 40-burgers in Denver. So <laughs> that is a nice – That's it's not my top receiver available. He would have been my one, two, third receiver available. But you totally understand the appeal of K.J. Hamler at Penn State. Under 5'9", under 180 pounds, but the speed – the acceleration, the fits that he gives guys that are trying to stay in front of him when he's running routes. K.J. Hamler is going to be a fun addition uh, in Denver. And for a route runner like Jerry Judy and for your big receiver and Cortland Sutton, having the speed threat lined up out there with them, man, that's a lot of fun. Well, Plus I last think, year's first-round pick, Noah Fant, you add him to the mix, and all of a sudden this offense, if you can protect Drew Locke, uh, yeah, I think I mean, John Elway, former quarterback, he he's looking at this offense and smiling about the potential. He's got well, a lot of drops, though, right? A lot of drops. He dropped, I believe, seventeen <laughs> yeah. percent of his catchable okay. passes. And I don't, I don't think he has a, his hands are bad. It's just he is a guy that's always on the move. So he was looking to run before he finishes the catch. I think it's more of a focus issue with him. But the blur speed—that's what you're drafting here before and after the catch. Uh, he has the potential to be. Uh, I, don't, he's not, I don't think he's going to have a lot of singles, a lot of doubles, but look at his triples, look at his home runs. He is going to put up some big-time numbers with that speed. He'd steal bases, too. There you go. If you could do that in football, he would steal bases. Uh, it is now the Atlanta Falcons on the clock, and their pick is in. I love the second and third round. That's what I'm telling you. I love the clock getting shorter. Yeah. It's outstanding. I think I these teams it. one minute is what they ought to do. We'll have some fun then. All right, the, just uh, rapid fire. Yeah, just rapid fire this thing. We'll see how good we are with our analysis. Stetson hats. I've been meaning to tell you guys about Stetson hats. Tell us about for it. a long time. Please do. Stetson hats have been American made with pride since 1865 and are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. Find your Stetson hat at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com today. We'll be coming back with the Atlanta Falcons pick. Getting closer and closer to 51 where the Cowboys are picking. You're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. As we continue here on the internet side of things, and Marlon, or excuse me, KJ Hamler, the last pick here for the Denver Broncos, Antoine Winfield Jr., before that, Grant Delpit. So you have a couple of, uh, couple of options here coming up for the Falcons, the Jets, Steelers, Bears. So five picks. Uh, until the or four picks until the Cowboys make a selection, but is this a chance here for the Falcons to go with a defensive tackle here? I know that's kind of one of their picks. They could go a wide receiver. They they didn't necessarily address that yesterday whenever C.D. Lamb was on the board, but maybe they don't see Julio as maybe the same guy, or at least they want to play him for the future there and give him some help. Well, what did we? Defensive oh, sorry. line for the Falcons. Lucky Fotu's a name to keep on the, on yeah, the radar. Yeah, absolutely. I, Dane, you're, you're doing a great job right now. That, absolutely. That, 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 if you talk to the Falcons, you know, one of those names that they kept bringing up, I was asking about a million guys and they was like, what do you think about Futo? And I'm like, well, you know, like he plays big man, lateral gets outside and all that. You're like, yeah. What do you have him? I'm saying, well, I'm thinking about it like a second, third round. No, he's more of a second round kind of guy. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, I, this, this seems like a very, very good, uh, fit for them. You know, Tommy D, Tommy Dimitrov, he just kind of takes his guys. He doesn't care what round or not. You know, he just, yeah, you like my guy, great. If you don't like my guy, so what? You know, kind of a thing. So yeah, Futo would be a guy that I would definitely keep an eye on here with Falcons pick. 
I just want to fast forward to 51. Just don't no, take, that's just, no fun. Don't take a DB, you know. No, the, leave the, the weight. Leave the DBs alone. The weight is what makes it fun because we got to sit here and sweat these out. And that's, I, I mean, shoot, I spent 20, I spent a half hour convinced the Falcons were going to draft Caleb on chase on last night. Maybe they yep. go pass rush here. Curse Weaver. I think you have to go pass rush here if you're the Falcons. I mean, everybody I know that's connected to the Falcons was saying that's their number one need. And honestly, I'm they still... did not get any pressure on anybody last year by nope. any means. No, and it looks like Tack McKinley's on his way out. They did sign mm-hmm. Foul, Dante wow. Fowler. Uh, Vic Beasley's uh, now in Tennessee. So, yeah, pass rusher's definitely near the top of the list. Well, you've got guys like Matabike, who's also there, Jordan Elliott out of Missouri, another prospect, Neville Gallimore, going along with Lucky Fotu that you guys mentioned. You could throw Marlon Davidson maybe in that mix. I know he's kind of a, a tweener, either interior or a, a defense, or excuse me, or an edge at the same time. Played a little bit of both at Auburn, but I mean, there's plenty of these individual, I guess, pass rushers, defensive linemen in general that are going to put pressure on the quarterback here. Kind of that sweet spot. You talked about the sweet spot of safeties, Brian, in this this middle part of the second round. You can say the same thing about defensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I was looking down at these guys. I mean, it said Matabike, Elliott, Gallimore, uh, yeah. James Lynch. I know people are talking about James Lynch not playing in, but playing defensive tackle from Baylor. So, I mean, there, there's some, there's a sweet spot, but I think it's probably a little bit of a round later for these guys. But, you know, hey, some people might say, well, we, we're not going to get back around to these guys. we got to do it right now. And then when you look at the Jets, the Steelers, and the Bears, so now you're starting to narrow it down because you've still got those defensive minds that we talked about for the Cowboys that are still on the clock or still on the board, rather, with Diggs, Fulton, Bond, who are all still available if – the Falcons go with somebody different here, then that even includes the, the chance that all three of those names are available when it comes around. Yeah, it looks like the commissioner is going to tell us who they're going to take right here. I know we're still on uh, .com. The 2020 NFL Draft continues on DallasCowboys.com and 105.3 The Fan. All right, welcome back. It's Marlon Davidson, the defensive end out of Auburn, going to the Atlanta Falcons at number 47. So there are three picks left before the Dallas Cowboys. Go ahead, Dane. I said, hey, Jeff, ask me who I had the Falcons taking in my mock draft. Dane Brugler uh, with DallasCowboys.com, our finest scout in all the land, along with Brian Broaddus and Dave Hellman, Kyle Yeomans, Jeff Cavanaugh, 25.3, the fan, and DallasCowboys.com. Dane, who'd you have the uh, Falcons taking there in the second round? I had Marlon Davidson, uh, a defensive tackle who could be that jumbo defensive end for the Falcons, could mm-hmm. do a lot of things. So uh, I think a natural fit for them that one of those names I heard, along with Lucky Foe, too, along with a few other ones, uh, Marlon Davidson, a good fit after they decided to pass on defensive line in the first round in, in favor of A.J. Ter- Terrell out of Clemson, the corner. They go defensive line now here in the second with uh, that quote-unquote other defensive lineman out of Auburn, uh, but a guy who had a Big time senior season along with Derek Brown. I had, so I struggled with him a little bit on tape because I was watching him stand up and play defensive end on a four man line. And I'm looking at him like, that guy looks like a three technique to me. And so I just, I struggled with him a little bit. You saw the power, you saw what guys would like about him, but he looked like he was out of position to me. So I had trouble projecting him. And I went with a two three, but is this about where you were, about where you had him, Dane? 
Yeah, I thought there was a chance he could sneak into the late first. You know, a team like the Patriots or, you know, when they look at scheme and what they're looking for, that inside-outside versatility, some teams really value that. But a little surprised that, you know, we haven't heard A.J. Epinesa's name, right? He's still floating around there. Marlon Davidson, a good player, though, and put up double-digit tackles for loss this past year. And they let him rush off the edge at 300 pounds, and he did a real nice job. So this, for me, is shaping up right now as the Seattle Seahawks pick is in, and they picked Texas Tech linebacker Jordan Brooks in the first round. So Seattle does not care what your rankings are. They're going to pick their guys. They're on the clock now. Then we'll have Pittsburgh. Then we'll have Chicago. Then we'll have the Cowboys. And for me, I'm looking at Zach Bond. I'm looking at Christian Fulton, the corner at LSU, and Trevon Diggs, the corner at Alabama. And I'm zeroed in on three names, whether that's smart or not. Here's the commissioner. The 48th pick to the Seattle Seahawks. With the 48th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Daryl Taylor, defensive end, Tennessee. Okay. That's wow. another guy that I, I kind of liked Daryl Taylor. I yeah. thought in the second or third round, I thought that that was a guy that's kind of a full-size defensive end. He plays with some power. He shows you a little something as a pass rusher. Uh, I, I think Daryl Taylor is a nice prospect, but he is a fake pen throw for me because I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my best player available being a linebacker slash edge and a couple of the other ones being corners. And I'm wanting them to hold on for the Cowboys and then have them make that pick. But Daryl Taylor, uh, Dane Brugler, scouting report. A guy that looks the part, uh, when you talk about a pass rusher, if you're going to build one, it would look similar to Daryl Taylor. You just wish he would let it loose a little more. He, when you watch his tape, he just leaves you wanting a little more. So the idea of Daryl Taylor excites me. The tape and the production didn't necessarily excite me as much. Well, I'd say, he, yeah, he is right. I'm sorry about that, Kyle. He, he, yeah, is, he is absolutely right about this guy. You know, and I, I think there's more power here than there is anything else. Yep. You know, I mean, he, he will knock guys back. He'll hold the point of attack. I did see him run some balls down from the backside with this guy. But yeah, you're just, he's another one of those guys. You're just kind of waiting for him to, to really turn it loose. And, uh, but man, he's got the body type to do it. Well, and he's starting to turn it loose because he's growing into the position. His first two years are 2016, 2018. His first two healthy full seasons, he had 53 total pressures. Last year, he had 44 alone. And this is like we kind of talked about earlier, or like Jeff said a moment ago, Seattle must have really liked this guy because they traded a third to move up and get him. So the fact wow. that they're so impressed with the fact of giving a third round pick to move up just a couple of spots to select him at 48, either they were worried somebody else was going to come and snag him or they just really are sold on the power this guy brings because he's a brute force guy. I'm telling you, the last couple of years, Seattle is the team that strikes me as we don't care what the world thinks about these guys. This oh, is yeah. what we think because LJ Collier sneaking into the first round, Jordan Brooks this year in the first round, the tech line backer and then uh daryl taylor right there they don't care what you think yeah they're picking their guys the my, end my intern my intern can doesn't we, care at all <laughs> best story can we okay i'm uh, jeff jeff did a great job of laying out a short list but can we try to zero in on pick 51 here i'm going digs Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs. I'm sweating Chicago right now. We're not even. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about other options. Well, I don't no, know I'm how they're. I don't know their interest level in Fulton, but I actually like the player that Fulton is today more than like the player Fulton. Diggs is today. Yeah. Uh, but I, I totally get the. I have them right next to each other. I totally get the appeal of Trevon Diggs, 
And I'm not going to forget about Zach Bond. I'm not going to forget no, no. about Justin Matabike. Absolutely. That's my short no, list. no. I think there's a great list of guys there. Yeah. I, I'm totally psyched out. I, but me personally, I'm just being selfish right now, which I yeah. usually am on this program. Yes, you are. And so I, at, you know, if I get a chance to get my, my like 18th best player off my board, uh, my top 51, and it's this guy. Absolutely. You said you, I get my eighth best player last night, my 18th best player today. Yeah, come on, bring it on. And a position that they can absolutely that they can use. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. I just wonder in the in the interest of being a devil's advocate. I mean, they they would have taken a pass rusher if they hadn't had Ceedee Lamb fall in their lap. So is that a possibility? I think I think they had interest in Daryl Taylor. It's obviously not possible anymore. Um, I see Julian O'Quara's name sitting there. I see yeah. AJ Epinesa still hanging around. Uh, this is a good spot to be in. There's Neville, plenty of Neville guys. Gallimore. How about that? I, I mean, same thing with Mata, yeah. Matabuke. I, I just, I, I would, don't, I don't I know like if I'm him. ready to. I like Matabuke better than like Gallimore. I'm not ready too. to take a defensive tackle at 51, me personally, but I wonder if we can rule it out just because it's not what we would do. They, I don't, I don't think the player is there to be interested, but anything to the talk they've been doing about center, about Peter King talking about, hey, maybe Ruiz at the end of the first, Cowboys trying Boy, to move back Cushenberry. up. You could get this. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was. I, I, I don't that. mind Cushionberry. I got him as yeah. a two three. Yeah, that's how about Harris. How about Matt Hennessy? I have Hennessy better. I mean, Booty. they're the same round, but I, I have him better. I just think he's a better athlete than Cushionberry. Now, Cushenberry is kind of a wide base catch, Strong, steer. Long. Yeah, I'm with you, but. Doesn't get beat a ton. No. Yeah. He's, but I, I just like Hennessy's athletic ability a little bit better. You know, that's kind of. And in the I, Cowboys run game, it seems like they ask a lot of their center athletically. Second so level. I, yes, they do. Reach. I don't yeah. know how Cushenberry necessarily fits schematically, but I do like the player. So the, the pick is in for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's the commission. Either getting cheered or booed. With the 49th pick. In the 2020 NFL Draft, Pittsburgh Steelers select Chase Claypool, oh, wide receiver, Notre nice. Dame. Interesting. So uh, Claypool, phenomenal athlete. I mean, you want to talk about the size and the athletic ability at the Combine. Chase Claypool, over 1,000 yards at Notre Dame last year. He's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, I had my concerns on tape watching him against press coverage and the way that he uses that big old body that he's got in terms of letting people move into the sideline, but end of the second round for that size and that level of athleticism, I think it's it's tough to fight that too hard. Dane, what did you think about Claypool? Well, and historically speaking, the Steelers have been such a good drafting yes. team when it comes to receivers yes. on day two. You look at uh, just in the, Juju Smith-Schuster and your guy last year from Toledo, yes. uh, James Johnson. Washington, uh, Emmanuel Sanders at one point. Uh, the Ant- Antonio Brown at one point. So they have been really Hines good. Ward at, back in the day. There you go. <laughs> Drafting receivers, uh, outside the second round or outside the first round has been a strength to this, uh, this organization. And they see something in Claypool, uh, to take him over some of these other receivers that are still uh, on the board, which is interesting. Uh, but I mean, you, you set it up, uh, Jeff, six, four, 238 pounds, four, four speed. But in terms of his route running, his releases, a little vanilla. You know, nothing really to get excited about as a separator. Uh, but he'll go up and get the football. He'll run past you. And this is a guy who had 25 tackles, big-time special teams player 
Uh, it's gonna, you know, the offensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator, they might be duking it out to see, uh, who gets to use this guy more. Well, I'm gonna tell the offensive coordinator he wins. If you're, listen. You if you're a top put, 50 pick, I think so. <laughs> you wanna put my guy on one of your special teams? Cool. Don't interrupt my meetings. Thanks. So the Chicago Bears are on the clock at 50. We are one pick away from the Dallas Cowboys at 51. And I think you're just kind of sit there and let the draft come to you. To me, it mm-hmm. looks really good right now with guys like Christian Fulton, Trevon Diggs, Zach Bond, Justin Matabike, Jordan Elliott, AJ Epinesa, Julian Jalen Johnson. Well, we haven't mentioned his name. No, I, yeah, I mean, he, I, I, I guess, no, I, I know that a lot of people are really, really high on him. He, he wasn't for me. I've got him in the third because I actually, I didn't trust him in man coverage, but I have a, uh, here's pick have, 50 for the Bears. Yeah, here's, he's not going to be your problem for much longer. In the 2020 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Jalen Johnson. All right. Defensive so back, to me, Utah. that's a that's a dream come true for me because he was just a guy that wasn't for me. I understood the appeal of the athletic ability and maybe and the Cowboys do run a cover three scheme, so maybe it would have been a fit. He just wasn't for me in terms of his fluidity and man coverage when I watched him. But Jalen Johnson, the Utah cornerback to the Bears, the Cowboys are on the clock. We'll set you up for that pick. But, Dane, tell us what you thought about Jalen Johnson. There's nothing amazing about what he offers. He's just, I think, a solid player. I don't think he has any major weaknesses, doesn't have a ton of mental mistakes. He'll be a little over-aggressive at times. Not the biggest guy, not the fastest, but just a solid player. Can play inside-outside, can play man, can play zone. Uh, and a real, uh, they call him a professional at Utah because of the way he carries himself. So I think just a solid pick here, uh, for Chicago is going to step in, compete for a starting role as a rookie. All right. Around the horn, Dallas Cowboys on the clock at 51. I think the way I want to do this is everybody, you get one name for that you would like, and we'll go around the room and we'll start with Dave Hellman. One name that you would love to see his name called here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out of my, I'm gonna fix my homer reputation because if I'm picking one guy, I'm fine with Trevon Diggs. I'm a-okay with that. He's, he's a rare guy and he, I mean, he doesn't have the most freakish athleticism in this draft, but to be able to do the things that he does at his size, it's really impressive. And to put him in a room with a guy like Al Harris, who's played cornerback at the highest level, uh, you'd like to think you can coax some pretty good production out of him. I know his tape's not perfect. I think a lot of people judge him based on what happened against LSU, which is not very fair because LSU did that to a lot of people. And uh, I'm perfectly comfortable drafting him at this value. Cowboys have the pick in. Here's the commissioner. I talked too long. Sorry. All of us in the National Football League extend our sincere condolences to Dak Prescott, whose brother Jace passed away yesterday. Dak, our thoughts are with you and your family. Some of my best memories growing up. Oh, they're not going to announce the pick. Oh. That was just the commissioner offering the condolences to the Prescott family. So we that was will. nice. That was oh, very yeah, nice. Yeah, that was good. And we'll continue around the horn. Add one name to the name we've already heard from Dave with Trevon Diggs. Kyle Yeomans. Well, I think they'll go Diggs here because of the, the return ability and the fact that he was the highest rated press corner out of the entire class. But I, I would like Christian Fulton here. I think they'll go with Diggs and I'm totally okay with it. But I think, I, I just think Fulton is, he's higher on my board. I liked him a little bit more. So just to add a name to it, I would say Fulton. Dane Brugler, add a name to that list and tell us if you prefer one that's already named. 
No, I mean, if I'm adding uh, uh, someone to the list and, you know, we say Bond yet, um, you know, a player who can play linebacker and give you rush. But, I mean, this all comes back to Trevon Diggs, a player that if the first 16 picks played out a certain way, the Cowboys were considering him at number 17. And so if they're able to get him at 51, that would be, uh, you know, kind of an ideal scenario for the first two rounds for this team. Brian, yeah, just, just co-signing. Yeah, it's yeah, Diggs. It's Diggs. I mean, it's my 18th best player on the board. Dane's absolutely right. If they were in a wiped-out situation, yeah. they probably would have yeah. taken him. If they couldn't move, he was a guy they were going to consider. I think they got very fortunate here that the board fell the way it did. There's a lot of great second-round players here, guys that very well have been first-round players. So, yeah, I, I'm being very selfish. Fulton, I like him, but I think Diggs is a better player. And if Diggs were the pick, when he got to Alabama, he was playing wide receiver, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. So Played both ways. Wide out, so yeah. you're looking at a, guy, at a guy that if if they get him, one, it's possible it's the best player on their board again, which yeah. would work out great that this time it falls into a big position of need. And two, I think a guy who's only played cornerback for three years, if he ends up being the pick, so what if he's not going to beat out Cheeto or Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis on day one? You'd be looking at the next four years with him. No, this is a yeah, this is a long term pick. If he's not a starter day one, I'm not worried about it because that's not why you need cornerbacks as badly as just to restock that position. Well, yeah. and he also uses his wide receiver experience to outsmart wide receivers. Now uh, you could see it on tape. He, he's very good at kind of at least seeing the field, seeing what's going to happen, and the reacting very quickly so I, I think overall this would be a, a fantastic pick if that's in the who they end up going with yeah we've got ourselves a pigeonholed in here which is like the exact opposite at least of our broadcast yesterday when we were sitting there watching going there is <laughs> it's not going to be lamb it should be should be but it's not going to be hey. and so now we've set the expectation that the trevon Diggs pick is coming bond, bond would be a good bond i mean would bond, be a good pick, too. Would be a good pick here i they, they have to be happy that the board fell the way it did but man, there are names that you're least, at least you're having to go. Wow, that guy's there. You know, having to have that that that. Should we go this way? Should we go that way? I just think Diggs is too high on their board. I just that's just kind of how I feel about him right now. I think he's probably higher, and it's more. But if you look at big picture, this team has no cornerbacks under contract until twenty oh twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's big. So you you got to think about that long term. And I even have to snag another corner later in the draft, even if they do go corner here. I know, you know, some of y'all have talked about, you know, Diggs' length gets him in trouble because he relies on it too much. But like I said, man, <laughs> this guy's got 33 inch arms. Like I, like the, the measurables are very impressive. And it's at pick 51, I'm very fine rolling the dice on him developing a little bit more. They've got the pick in. We are just waiting for the announcement of who that pick is. And we are sort of zoomed in on who we hope it is. Which, man, if they make that pick and it's one that we're all happy with, can you think of the last time that the Cowboys had picked two players in a draft and you went, hey, that's exactly who I would have picked? Yeah, no, I mean, it's I, – no, I was trying to think. Cause there's and so, so many, now they're going to bust. There's, no, there's so many – yeah, there's so many times we've sat there and gone, oh, geez, you know, why did they take that guy? We're, we felt bad about the situation and trying to make it sound better than it was. I think they, I think you know if they get if they get Lamb and Diggs out of this, I think we the positivity about the direction they're going I think is very very good yeah. with this draft so far. Yeah. 
So we are seeing Mike McCarthy, but he's not in his seat. It he's says Mike McCarthy, head coach, but it's just a chair sitting there. And there's Jerry. But here comes the Dallas Cowboys pick at number 51. With the 51st pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Trayvon Diggs, defensive back, Alabama. Hey, there you go. I think, and there's a decent chance they picked their best player available two picks in a row. Is that is a guy that we talked about? If they were wiped out at 17, there's a chance that was the pick. It falls at a position of need. It's a guy that they really, really liked. Uh, I think a lot of Cowboy fans are going to be really, really happy with this pick. You want to hit us with the scouting report, Dane? This is a, like we mentioned before, a former receiver who likes to do receiver-like things at the catch point. And, look, if you're looking for the most technically refined corner, this is not your guy. But as an athlete, he moves really well. And you watch his tape. Nick Saban and that staff kind of said, you know, don't worry about your pedal. Don't worry about uh, your, your footwork being perfect. Just go be an athlete and go cover your guy. And that's exactly what he did, and he did it at a high level quite often so uh again i think this in terms of value this is tremendous value to get a player like this outside the top 50 and and a guy that regardless of how we felt about him this we know how high the cowboys were on on him and so to get him at this point just awesome value for them guys you don't see this guy out of balance you know when you watch him play i mean the feet Dane, dane painted a great picture of him but i saw a guy that was an aware player he's got the mirror skills and he's plays in balance you know, usually sometimes you see corners when they pedal, they turn, they drive, and they're like kind of clunky. This kid's not clunky. I mean, he he can move and and be in position and keep himself in position. He's big. He's long. He attacks the football. He's athletic. I think it's it's what the league wants at cornerback now, and it's a guy that the best football of his life is obviously going to be ahead of him as he's only played corner for three years, and he's already got the tape of a guy that deserves to get picked in the top 50. So it's Trevon Diggs. Going to the Dallas Cowboys at 51, and we will continue on as we march through the second round and into the third round here. You're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Back here on the DallasCowboys.com side of things, and we're also live on social now here on the Draft Show and Dallas Cowboys social medias. Kyle Yeomans, Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, Dave Hellman and the great Dane Brugler as Trayvon Diggs is your newest Dallas Cowboys. So now the draft class consists of CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma, Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. I think that's a pretty solid first two picks, to say the least, moving forward. I think I've yeah, I'll go right ahead. I was, I just I think you're plucking right from the very top of your board, and the yep. fact that that lines up for you in the second round is that's awesome. It's a little bit of good fortune. And when you're picking from the top of your board, it's usually going to turn out pretty well. It's going to turn I, out well. And then you also oh, – go ahead, Dave. No, I just – I I got really scared about Diggs when we started hearing that he could be the first-round pick. I think most of y'all would agree with me. But it's amazing how your opinion changes about a guy the further he falls down the board. Same thing for A.J. Epinesa. I wouldn't want to touch him in the top 30. But you're looking at him at 51, and now you, you look at Trevon Diggs – Starting experience in the SEC, again, I mean, I've said it five times already, like he's just rare from a build standpoint. Like you don't find cornerbacks that look like him very often. And you don't, it would be great if he's good enough to step in and start, but you don't need it. You've got three guys that can do it. Uh, and so that gives Al Harris and, and the rest of the Cowboys defensive coaches time to work with him. This could be an even better value next season when you do need him to start. I just, you know, at this value, I really, really like the pick a lot. This guy has played in some big-time games. 
I mean, he is lined up in national championship games, playoff games. I mean, he gets coached hard at Alabama. You ever go to an Alabama practice? <laughs> Nick Saban is yelling at these kids the whole time. <laughs> Only Gary Patterson yells at his kids more over at TCU. <laughs> I mean, these kids, to go play a football game is a break for them. They, I mean, that, that's what I like about those Alabama kids. They're a little banged up the way, you know, they get banged up, beat up because they play a lot of football. But, man, this kid, I think he'll come in here. He'll be competitive. And, and I, I, that's what we need. We need some quarterbacks. He'll be competitive. This kid won't let you run across the field and catch the ball on him. And Give me that guy. It's going to knock the ball down. He'll do that. And kind of going off of that, he's so level-headed because he's been around a pedigree of a family member who's had success in the NFL. Of course, his brother, Stephon Diggs, the wide receiver who had a ton of success in Minnesota and then turns around and goes over to Buffalo. We'll see what he does up in Buffalo. But this is a, it's a family that's used to, to success in the NFL. He's been in big-time games. He's been a part of the, the bright lights. And I think this is just a, a brilliant pick for the Cowboys at 51. Now, a pick has come since the Cowboys were on the clock. The Rams take Cam Akers, the running back out of Florida State, as I guess the now replacement for Todd Gurley, who has departed and gone to Atlanta. As we continue here in this second round, Cowboys pick next at 82. But with the cornerback spot now solidified, at least early in this part of the draft, now your attention shifts to safety, shifts to edge rusher. What's now up on the priority list here? Yeah, I think you're all over it. And by the way, Jalen Hurts just goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, which Ooh, to me makes all the wow. sense in the world because the Philadelphia Eagles probably need to plan to play four to six games without their starting quarterback every year. And I think that that's a pretty good <laughs> backup to have where you've got a guy who's got the ability to help you with his feet to try to get by until Wentz is healthy again. Yeah, uh, corner being addressed and wide receiver being addressed, which I know a lot of people didn't think was a need, but I did because you were missing a starter there. And you got um, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, and you got C.D. You got I mean, C.D. Let's, Lamb. Let's just throw that in there. Uh, safety, defensive line, and, you know, they seemed like they were showing some interest in the linebackers at the top of this draft, right. so maybe even there as well. Yeah. Probably looking all over the defense, just not at – and I think you still could look at corner. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they double-dipped at corner at all. I mean, I know that, you know, Stephen Jones came on our station, was talking about, well, linebacker, maybe not early. It's not a concern right now. I know for a fact they like Logan Wilson from yeah. from Wyoming. I do too. And you know, Great and he, and he, you're talking about a guy that that could be, you know, he's kind of a throwbacks linebacker. He's always, you know, he drops in coverage and there's the ball. He's up. Oh, he's tackling a guy. He never misses tackles. I, I, I you know, Willie Gay was another guy we talked about. Uh, you know, that we've mentioned maybe that's the spot. There's, I just feel like now there's defensive ends, there's linebackers. And there's some safeties that they could even go. They could stay on that defensive side of the ball and, and be really, really happy with that direction. I think defense is still where you have to go here. And whether it's a safety or edge rusher, I still think there's going to be some names available at 82 as well. The 2020 NFL Draft continues on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Welcome back. It's Jeff Cavanaugh and Brian Broaddus from 105.3 The Fan, along with Dane Brugler, Dave Hellman, and Kyle Yeomans on DallasCowboys.com, a simulcast so that you have all your best friends with you right here as we do the NFL Draft. At 51, the Dallas Cowboys went with Trevon Diggs, the Alabama cornerback, who we thought there was a chance in some circumstances he could have been picked at 17 by the Cowboys. So I bet when we get a press conference at the conclusion of today's round, we will hear something similar to what we heard yesterday in terms of 
The dude was right there at the top of our board, and we kind of had to pick him, and it falls at a position of need for the Cowboys. At 52, the Rams took Cam Akers, the Florida State running back, and at 53, the Philadelphia Eagles just took Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma quarterback, which to me makes a lot of sense. I had him more as a third-round guy, but I think of the guys you would hope to develop – he gives you a chance to win games when he has to play because you start using his legs and you make it hard for teams to defend. So Trevon Diggs to the Cowboys, Cam Akers to the Rams, and Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles. Dane, how you like that pairing with Hurts and Philly? It is interesting, um, and you kind of set it up with uh, you know they have a quarterback who's really talented, but for him to start all sixteen games, you know that's the question mark. And so you bring in Hurts, be your number two. You got to change your offense around a little bit because this is a player who, anticipation-wise, uh, in terms of reading coverages, not exactly where you want. And so I think this is much earlier than I would have taken Jalen Hurts, but I, he's the type of leader, the type of guy you want in your locker room, want in your quarterback room. Uh, and so I don't. If I'm a Cowboys fan, am I? Do I see this pick and say, eh, you know, like is that doesn't worry me that much? I mean, that that's how I, I would feel if I was a Dallas fan. I was kind of hopeful that he would have got to Dallas in the third round. Yeah, I, I was interested. Yeah, bit. I was interested in if he would have done that if he'd have been there because you know I think Jerry Jones is you know those Monday morning meetings he comes in and he starts talking about Did you guys see the Ravens play last night you know and 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 I I know that they're 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 different. Hey Lamar, the, he's not Lamar, <laughs> but but that kind of attack you yeah. know where you put pressure on defenses with the ability to run and the ball handling and stuff like that you know I mean he probably wishes his his starting quarterback would do a little bit more of that. But he was always fascinated with what was going on with that kind of scheme. We got the Buffalo Bills on the clock at 54, but we also have for you the secret audio of Trevon Diggs being drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, which is always great. We love that, that we get that for you. So here it is, Trevon Diggs being picked for the Cowboys. Hey, Trayvon, this is Will McClay with the Cowboys. Uh, I have somebody that, t- that wants to speak to you. Trayvon? How you doing, Coach? Hey, this is Jerry. How you doing? Listen, listen we're, I'm proud to tell you, because I'm proud of it, too. Uh, you've got a star on your helmet, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that a lot. Well, I sure uh, I enjoyed our time, our interview, and talking to you and uh, uh, everybody, your uh, potential coaches, and we're all excited about uh, you getting in here and uh, what we're most excited about is the improvement that you can make. Everybody, the word is he can get better. He can get better. Uh, now, now remember what I told you. If anybody ever tells you they'll give you something for nothing, they're lying to you. So you're going to have to go to work. But if you go to work, you'll get something. Okay? You can do it. Yes, sir. I got you, Coach. Hey, man. So I'm proud you're a cowboy, but here's, uh, uh, here's your coach. And uh, he wants to face with you. I'm going to transfer you over. Trayvon, Mike McCarthy. How you doing? How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great now. Hey, congratulations on being a Dallas Cowboys. So excited to have you. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything. Thank you. Hey, do me a favor. Enjoy this moment with your family. God bless, man. And um, just keep doing what you're doing. Get yourself ready and really look forward to working with you and win some championships. Yes, sir. All right, my man. You take care. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
All right, so I'm going to go with Will McClay and Mike McCarthy and try to not screw this up ever, Dane. It sounds like it's Trayvon Diggs and not Trevon, like I've been saying. Oh, I've been saying that too, damn. Okay. Trayvon? Is that... Yes. Trayvon Diggs. Okay, confirmed. Trayvon Diggs, cornerback for your Dallas Cowboys. And A.J. Epinesa's slide ends at Buffalo at number 54. And uh, Baltimore at 55 is on the clock. I love when Jerry talks because you never know where he's going to meander to. <laughs> Just like, yep, we're happy to have you. And remember, I told you a story. <laughs> Nothing for free. <laughs> Ever will. All right? Do the Jerry voice. Well, uh, Trayvon, you remember? No, he, he went... Trevon, you remember I told you nothing's free. Somebody gives you a carton of milk. You better believe they're going to come back around two weeks from man and want something from you. Probably a pair of kicks, something like that. I'm a little yeah. scared right now. Yeah, you just I've never know. heard your Jerry it before. Is, it's, it's very it is, good. It is, it is, it is great. Well, uh, that is too very good. good. That's what's uh, scary about it. Dave, I've been meaning to talk to you, matter of fact. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> meaning to see <laughs> you for about three weeks, talk to you about a furlough. Please, uh, that's not funny. That's not funny. That's really not. And I apologize for that. That was a terrible joke, and I didn't mean it. And I love everybody. Um, Okay, so A.J. Epinesa is off the board, and now we are looking at the Baltimore Ravens, who earlier in this draft took Patrick Queen already, linebacker out of LSU. And they are back up on the clock at 55. Who has got a handle on what they may be looking at here? Well, real quick. uh, Sorry. Go, Dane. Well, along the lines of what you were just saying, what am I missing on J.K. Dobbins? Why is he still around? I think I, that needs to be the pick, honestly, Dane. I'm right there J.K. Dobbins, to me, was the best back in this draft, and I am shocked that he – not shocked that the the three, uh, Taylor, Edwards-Alaire, and uh, Swift went ahead of him. I'm shocked Cam Akers went ahead of him. Yeah. Well, Cam Akers to, to 52 to the, the Rams, and you're still sitting here looking for Dobbins – to come off the board. I think this is one of those Ravens picks that the fact that he's still sitting here, you're looking up at the board and saying, oh my gosh, he fell in our lap. Let's go ahead and pair Dobbins with Mark Ingram in that backfield with Lamar Jackson and add some firepower to that offense that really doesn't need any. Yeah, I wonder if you're Baltimore. I know they don't target their receivers a ton or as Mm -hmm. much as anyone else in the league, but with some of those guys available, maybe you look that way, but... Mims is still there. Yeah, to Dane's point, you know what Baltimore has done consistently over the six years that I've been doing the draft? They take the guys I want. So (laughs) they, which means if I want them, obviously they must be good. So that means the Ravens are good at this. And if J.K. Dobbins is a guy that needed to come off the board quickly, they'll probably be the team to do it. Because they love to snatch up the good players that just fall in their lap. I, I think the Ravens just take the best guy available way more often than not. Honestly, yeah. I, I had that thought earlier today. It's like, man, Cowboys really had a Ravens moment with C.D. Lamb, and maybe not as big of a steal, but it feels like they did it again with Trayvon Diggs. It's like, hey, if none of y'all want these really good players that keep dropping midway through the round, we'll gladly take them. Yeah, so J.K. Dobbins, best back available. Uh, my guy, Zach Moss, probably behind him. Mm-hmm. and we shall see how many running backs are going off the board. And I, get, I think 82 is too far away to be cheering for positions, or is it ever too far away? Are we just it's pulling for all We're no, pulling for not. all offense? It's too far away. We got, I mean, there's basically 30 picks until the Cowboys are on the clock. I can't start worrying about that until, like, pick 
till probably the start of the third round. You don't have your short Let's list ready? Zach Bond. Everybody but Zach Bond. Let's just let's draft like that. Oh, no, that'd I've, be great. I've got it. The, honestly, it's fun. I mean, funny how this works I out. I want Terrell Burgess. If they, and then they would have hit. Yeah, they, they would have hit basically my exact draft that I would want, and that would match Dane's mock. You gave them digs, oh. didn't you? Let's make it happen. Let's let's speak it into existence. <laughs> I think uh, that would be great. I think yeah, Jeremy Chin. I don't think he's gonna have to wait much longer here. He'll be a safety off the board. Uh, Ashton Davis from Cal, I think, is another safety who belongs somewhere in the top 70 picks. But then Terrell Burgess, he, I think he's the next safety to go and should oh. be in the mix for the Cowboys next round. I, I'm fun. just a big fan of his ability to play a lot of different spots. You yeah. know, you have to find him. He's got a similar number to one of his teammates. Yes, so you don't know if he's yeah. lined up and, over and the so nickel you, or you deep. Spend, you spend a whole half trying to find him. You're like going, oh, there he is. And then like, oh, he made another play. Okay, and then you got to run it back. You know, yeah. oh, I missed him because I thought it was yeah. the other guy. Now and he's it, down at the line of scrimmage. No, no, no he's yeah. <laughs> so no, this is a guy though that when you talk about him, he he he's all over the field. He makes plays. You know, you can put him in coverage and things like that. I mean, yeah. I, I, I like the I like the player there. At uh, if you could get him to your pick in the third round, I think that would be a huge get. That would I'm be a little, lovely. I'm a little scared that the Dolphins of 56, who pick right after the Ravens. By the way, Baltimore's pick is in. We haven't had it announced yet, but I think the Dolphins could maybe go safety there. You talk about some of the picks that they've made. They picked up a corner and no egg Benogany in the middle of the draft and. I don't know. I feel like the Dolphins could potentially snatch one of those guys. I don't know if it'll be specifically uh, uh, Terrell Burgess or uh, uh, Jeremy Chin, but I think they may at least look in that direction. Well, and Kyle, I think it's really important to have somebody on the show constantly try to bring the room down. And I just oh, want you to know that now? I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, we're out here trying oh. to get our safety, and you're trying to send them all off the board. And I think it's you messed would think, up. You would think the new guy is like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, he's just trying to bushy-tailed. He's trying to kill everybody's mood. A hater, right out of the gate. Who would have thought? Fine. I'm just a realist, guy. <laughs> That's all it is. You know, hey, as the resident realist, I'm glad somebody's taken over for me. See, that's it. That's the reason. It's Dave. Dave and I have spent too much time together over the past four months. Dave likes to have somebody try to push him around. So that's what you need to do. I think he misses Brian doing that. So no, here is no, the Baltimore yeah, Ra- Baltimore Ravens pick. Here's the commissioner. With the 55th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select J.K. Dobbins, running back, Ohio State. All right, Dane, you feel like you've been waiting way too long to do this, but rip off his scouting report real quick. What did the Ravens do in the first round? They they stay where they were, and they got Patrick Queen. In the second round, they stayed where they were. They got J.K. Dobbins, two terrific players. Dobbins, uh, some guys were just born to play running back, and Dobbins is that guy. His ability to read and hit the hole at the perfect time is just a really unique skill. And then once he gets to the second level, he can make defenders miss. Uh, he's a, re- a reliable pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, just a, a really solid back who, uh, I mean, you look at the Ravens and that backfield with uh, Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, you add J.K. Dobbins to that mix. That is the makings of a pretty fun offense. J.K. Dobbins to the Ravens. The Miami Dolphins are on the clock. Kyle is trying to get them to take a player that the Cowboys want. Which I don't is real want them messed to up. Take a safety. Join the Dallas Cowboys in raising vital funds for the Salvation Army by participating in the 2020 NFL Draftathon. <laughs> A three-day virtual fundraiser aimed at helping communities impacted by the COVID-19 health crisis. Learn more at NFL.com slash relief. We'll be back with the Dolphins pick as we continue on here. You're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com.
And here we are on the DallasCowboys.com thing. I still believe we're still on the social sites up until 8 o'clock or so, but uh, we can continue rolling along here in the back half of the second round. Cowboys have made their selection. It was Trayvon Diggs. Now, J.K. Dobbins off of the board. Dolphins, Rams, Vikings, Seahawks, and then the Ravens back up again within the next five picks. So I mentioned safety here. You could also maybe throw in a corner. I know they did select Noah Igbenogany, but any needs out there, Dane, that you kind of see the Dolphins maybe honing on here? This is, I mean, the Dolphins have so many needs. I mean, they can go in they a lot really of different do. directions, but can we see a safety here? Uh, I mean, this is where maybe we could see uh, Jeremy Chin and Ashton Davis. Um, you know, I think when you look at some of their needs, Christian Fulton, oh, they went corner on the first, so probably not there. Could they go edge rusher, Curtis Weaver, possibly? I, they have a lot of different directions they need to add. The Dolphins have 14 picks in this draft, so they are not going to be shy making picks uh, over the course of tonight and tomorrow. What about interior defensive line? Because before the Cowboys picked, Broadus and I were kind of talking back and forth about some of those D tackles that are still available, and you still have Matabuke out there, or Matabike, excuse me, Jordan Elliott's still out there, Gallimore's there, Foto. Raquan Davis, even if you wanted to throw that name into the mix, uh, Brian, are, are those some kind of guys that maybe Miami would be interested in? Here? Yeah, the thing with Matabuke, Matabike is that we, you know, it's like we watch the tape and see the tape and watch him play, right? But what what's behind the scenes? You know, is he interviewing bad? Is he a bad character guy? I mean, there's things that we don't know about some of these players, and you put him where you think he's going to be. Uh, you know, on the board and give him his due, but maybe there's something that is keeping him from being selected this, at this time. So it looks like the commissioner is the pick is in. The commissioner is reading it right now. So I will give it to you as uh, we're going along here. Let's see. It's a, uh, oh, the Dolphins take Raquan Davis, defensive oh, wow. tackle from Alabama, is who they take. All right, Dane, scouting report time on Mr. Raquan Davis here. Looks a lot better than he plays i mean he's a monster uh because he's six, one of those six. tools versus production kind of guys yeah and i'm not even sure sure the tools are all that great he just looks mm-hmm. great uh but he's not the most agile player uh i don't think he's going to give you a ton of pass rush his strength is going to be using that length using that size to take on multiple blocks clog up your run lanes and you need those guys. Uh, so not to say this is a bad pick by any means. I mean, I think he, he, he was not a first round pick here outside the top 50. This is where he should have gone. And, and I think the Dolphins are adding a, a player who can be a, a solid run stuffer and maybe give you a little bit of pass rush value. We'll see if he can develop that part of his game. Yeah. I thought Kyle, he played a lot better earlier than late. You watch some Absolutely. late, late games at Alabama and he was not very good. You know, and I, he, he, sometimes he won't stay square when he plays. He'll get turned. He'll jump around blocks. You know, he'll lose his balance. He struggles with quickness against him. You know, and I, I, I just, I, I, I'm with Dane on this. So I was expecting a better player and it just, it just wasn't. The more film I watched, the more I just became disenchanted with the player though. Well, and I think the one, part of his game that he was consistent in, at least in watching film, was probably run stopping, correct? I mean, I, yeah. I feel like that was really his his go-to, his bread and butter of, of what made him enticing in the middle of the second round. He had seven sacks in the pass rush his sophomore season, but after that, it was really kind of sparse in that regard. Now, 
We are going to go off of the social sites. You can go online and go to the Cowboys app and the DallasCowboys.com to watch the show from here. Of course, we are continuing on 105.3 The Fan. But before I do that, I do want to remind you that the draft show is reminded or is sponsored by Miller Lite. Miller Lite brewed for every Cowboys fan who knows they've been the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys since day one. Because when it comes to your team and your beer, you never compromise. Miller Lite brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. It's Miller time. Miller Lite and the Dallas Cowboys remind you to celebrate responsibly. Wanted to get that out. Miller Lite, a, a great partner of ours. Dave showing off the can. Oh, and we, we've people. got the, oh. the draft polo and everything. That We've got the... Got the, the collar all spruced up with Miller Lite, so they're always a, a great partner of ours as well. Shouts, but, yeah, Rala Bradley shouts out. Oh, absolutely. Us, hooking absolutely. us up yep. with some Miller Lite. Great product, great people. The day I turned 21, boy, I haven't taken a break <laughs> since. Good Miller Lite waiting for you when you get home. Yeah. I had a cold can. I was opening a, a 12-pack this morning. And one of the, Yeah, one of this the cold morning? cans. Yeah, this morning. One of the cold cans. That's, that's why our radio show is award-winning. One of the cold cans rolled out, and it picks up dog hair great. This is the 2020 NFL Draft with Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, Dave Hellman, Dane Brugler, and Kyle Yeomans. Welcome back. The Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Lamb in round one. Trayvon Diggs, cornerback out of Alabama in round two. According to all five of us, I believe you would say they are doing quite well in this NFL draft. The first one uh, under new head coach Mike McCarthy. And we're cruising along in this draft. Currently, we are looking at number 57. The L.A. Rams will be making that pick as we creep our way towards 82. And the Dallas Cowboys next selection where we still got some players that we're cheering for to make it to 82 in this Maybe this is going to be the first year where they just draft all of the guys that we want them to draft and everybody's in agreement, and it turns out none of them can play, and we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I'm all about Jerry Jones kicking them scouts and coaches out of that you know, out of that room. Let him just draft these players, man. He's doing all right. I don't think that's, that's exactly what's exactly happening. What happened, oh, no, you're, right? It's not happening? I don't think that's no? what's happening. I think what's happening that's is what was reported, I think this is the scouts draft. <laughs> I think that's why we agree with the pick so much. I think they let the scouts do their work, and the coaching staff said, yeah. Pick the best players and give Either them that, to me. Or it's Mike really, McCarthy came in and just took over and said, no, we're going to draft these players my way. Uh, Jerry, it's, <laughs> there you Jerry. Go. it's all about Jerry. Jerry, he's, he's got this thing under control. It's really ironic because I wanted to play a game with, all, with y'all this year where we charted who was available at the pick and who we wanted and who they took. And that would, you know, it would give us receipts of who was right and who was wrong two or three years from now. But... I think we're all in agreement through the first two rounds. So, or close. I, I mean, I'll, I mean, I guess I would have to keep my eye on the careers of Zach Bond and yeah. Christian Fulton. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think I don't think anybody. You know, and, and but they chose fair. one of my top three. That yeah, and you know, I don't think anybody's going to kill him for for digs over those two. Right. You know, the the way that happened with T.J. Watt and Taco or some of the other choices that they've made. Not at all. So well, those were those were both picks that you look the other direction and automatically said, I would rather have that guy. I, I want that guy, not the one that we have. That, that's just not the case this year. Right. And th- Hey, trust me, Kyle, there have been a few years where we've all been sitting around looking at each other. Like who wants to say something nice about this guy first? <laughs> it's happened a couple of times. <laughs> happened a couple of few, couple we've times. been doing this six years. Yeah. It's uh, happened a few times. Couple yeah. A few times. <laughs> All right. Anybody got a handle on what you think the Rams might be interested in here? They went running back with their last pick, right? They went Cam Akers. 
and yeah, now they're and back they, up here on the clock. What about wide receiver? Yeah, they just traded Brandon Cooks. Uh, go back wide receiver, replace that need. Denzel Mims, come on down. Or are Denzel we or are Mims. we a little bit too high on Denzel Mims based on his uh. postseason stuff? But I loved his Senior Bowl, loved his combine, and liked his tape. So I feel like second round's a good spot for him. The pick for the Rams is in, and here is the commissioner. With the 57th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Rams select Van Jefferson, wide receiver, Florida. There you go. Now, Van Jefferson, wide receiver at Florida. Somebody else can give their scouting report if you like. I just want you to know that I feel like he had an unfair advantage. His dad, Sean, is the wide receiver coach for the Jets, so probably had good teaching, and that would explain being a really good route runner. But Van Jefferson is going to be going to the Rams. Dane, you want to go scouting report? Uh, the Jets didn't draft him, so how good is he? Okay, good question. Oh, no. Good yeah. question. I'm just kidding. Look, hey, it, this is a player who, when he was at Ole Miss, he transferred to Florida. When he was at Ole Miss with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and all the talent they had there, there were scouts that were saying, who's this kid? Because he was a perfect route runner, uh, even as a freshman when he came went to Oxford. Transfers to Florida, and that's the advantage of having a wide receiver coach for a dad. You learn the tricks of setting up defensive backs and understanding pace, understanding footwork, and that's what he does at a really high level. Not the biggest, not the fastest, but for a guy that is technically sound, he is going to see the field very early as a rookie, and he's going to be productive for this Rams offense. That sounds really like somebody that would work with Sean McVay. It's just kind of the way I picture that offense, everything on time. Hey, Jared, I'm going to tell you which route to throw. Just throw it on time. Cooper Cup-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Another another one of those. One of our favorites uh, of all time, Cooper Cup. Find me a window. It's never my goal to make everything about LSU, but you're talking about a guy who picked 57th overall. I I mean, go go with me here. Go with me here. This is going to be a good point because in route to a national championship, LSU played Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins, C.D. Lamb, on top of a bevy of other guys. And if you talk to Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton, and anybody else on that defense, they consistently said Van Jefferson was the toughest receiver they had to go against mm-hmm. in 2019. That's because Christian Fulton put up a great line against those Alabama guys and against, I'm forgetting which other, and against the Clemson guys. So, uh, Christian Fulton, get your name called soon. I believe in you, buddy. I'm, I mean, I, I, I came to terms with the thought that he wouldn't be a first round pick. That makes sense. But to see him still here approaching pick 60. Take him at 82. It's fairly surprising. I mean, if he's there at 82. That would be the cheer pick. I would run to make That'd that pick awesome. at 82. I just, that seems unlikely. Wait, you would run? Well, there's no podium. Commissioner's I keep, here. I keep forgetting. Quiet, no Dave. Podium. Sorry. In the 2020 NFL draft. The Minnesota Vikings select Ezra Cleveland, tackle, Boise State. Saw some whispers that yeah. maybe Ezra Cleveland was going to sneak yeah. into the first round, but here he is, the Boise State offensive tackle, going at 58 to the Vikings. And I get killed. I pick, I pick him to the Vikings in my mock draft, and Jeff mauled me in his mock draft. And I picked this guy in the first round, and now the, last night, and then now the Vikings take him. I, I felt like that they really, really liked him. I mean, I, 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 I watched him play against Florida State, Tallahassee, hot day, kid from, you know, kid, dude's an athlete. Yeah. The, I mean, he's, he's, he's hanging in there with those guys. I mean, it's like Boyce is running no huddle and he just keeps coming and coming and coming after the Florida State guys. I like his technique. I like the way he got his sets. 
I like the way he stays in front of his guy. I don't know about the power overall, but I saw a guy that's a really, really good athlete. So Vikings got him a tackle, left tackle, I think, that's uh, – can play in the league because of his athletic ability. It kind of seems the way that it, it's going at offensive tackle is if you've got the requisite athleticism that pass protect, protection is so important in today's NFL that you got to have the feet to be able to match some of these pass rushers. Is that the way it's kind of going, Dane, where that's kind of where people start is tell me what kind of athlete he is. Right. And I think that you're, you're right about that. And the combine he had really helped him. The Vikings, I know, were considering him in the first round yeah. uh, with two first-round picks. I mocked so, him there for sure. Well, and if the – kind of how we are talking about the Cowboys, if the first 16 picks played out a certain way, Diggs might have been the guy at 17. If the first 21 picks or so – because they did – the Vikings did not expect Justin Jefferson to be there at 22. He fell there, and they were like, oh, shoot, we, we got to take this guy. Uh, and Ezra Cleveland was a guy they were ready to take if the if the board played out a certain way. So to get him in the second round, this is kind of like a Cowboys moment for the Vikings to get him at this point in the draft. So now we get the New York Jets on the clock. Uh, we are at number 58 in the draft. It'll be the Jets followed by the Ravens, followed by the Titans. And Mike Zimmer is hanging out in front of his fireplace. It's a good looking fireplace. By I the wonder way. I wonder if he's in his ranch. He might have got his things. Wondering about that. Yeah, yeah I think he's got he, a place in Kentucky, huh? Well, yeah, he's he's he's. It's his big ranch that he's got, man. Ranch would be a good place to be for a draft. Only question is, you you got to be sure about your Wi-Fi, oh. your internet situation, because sometimes a ranch, you know, you're, nah, you're he, not in the suburbs. The dude makes like five million dollars a year, Jeff. You don't think he can? Which get would a, be a easier for Wi-Fi, a, a yacht or a ranch? It, it doesn't. It, which that's the question. You think the yacht was hardwired? Like he was close enough to somewhere that they were running extension cords and the longest Cat 6 cable you've ever seen out of a nearby restaurant. Just running down the dock all Jack, the way to the summer. Jack Hand kicks the thing off, carries offline. I'm just plugged asking. into a Starbucks outlet. This is the New York Jets' second pick of this draft. The first one was Mackay Becton in the first round, Louisville offensive tackle. Like that pick, by the way. Brian or Dane, do you have some needs for the New York Jets to try to try to guide us in the right direction? Let me see if I could figure this out. Well, they, for you. Yeah. they traded down before, right? So this is only their second pick. Yeah, yes, second correct. pick. Yeah, just they, so they they have obvious needs. At you look at their cornerback depth chart, and you're just kind of shaking your head and say, "Who's this guy?" So cornerback, definitely receiver, receiver as well. Yeah, Robbie Anderson going to Carolina. Yeah, uh, you know they gave Sam Darnold help at eleven with the left tackle. Yeah, time to get him some help. Uh, to, you know who's going to be catching these passes? So. Uh, I think corner or edge rusher or receiver, I'd be pretty surprised if it's any other position. This could be Fulton right here. Christian, Cannon, well, uh, okay, so names I would consider Denzel if you're talking Mims. those. Yeah, Denzel Mims, Mims, Christian Fulton, and then I'm way higher than the rest of the world on KJ so you guys Hill, are going Mims, that's a three. Mims, Mims makes over, way too much sense here. Oh, I understand. He does. Way too much sense. No, I understand. I mean, but you know, Dane, Fulton. Dane also laid it that's out, true. though. I mean, you look at their needs. They talk about edge, wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker. I mean, they dress their offensive line. I think their best corner is Pierre Desir. I mean, I, mm. I, I I think if you ask Jets fans to name the top three corners on their team, I don't know if they could do it. How come the I Cowboys mean, couldn't score on that? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Well, I'm asking a question Whoa. about a depth Out chart. Of bounds. Inbound. You know why? You know why they couldn't score on that? Because Cooper played two. Cooper played two snaps, and they didn't have C.D. Lamb. And yeah. Then, yeah, exactly. They didn't have <laughs> Randall Cobb. So. Very fair. Very fair. We fixed that problem last night, Jeffrey. Maybe uh, Trayvon Diggs can also be your fourth or fifth wide receiver. Maybe, well, maybe Trayvon Diggs can stop a 98-yard touchdown, too. That would be good. 
That'd be very good. Well, that guy's not on the Jets anymore. You don't have to worry about it. What a just what a kick in the junk that game was. Let's not go back. I don't know why that. you guys are doing this. Why are you, you guys did it. talking? You, it up. you started it. About hey, CD Lamb and Trevon Diggs, guys. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I like where Dane's head's at. I don't know about the rest of you guys. So New York Jets on the clock. They've taken Becton in the first round. Denzel Mims would be a lot of fun there. My guy's Sammy D, poor guy. Dane, you were really high on Sam Darnold in the draft, and I'm sitting here watching him in the NFL. Like, are they ever going to give him a chance to succeed? He, That's it. There's nobody blocking. Aaron Rodgers there's, is wondering the same thing. There's nobody open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't draft anybody. Let's trade up for another quarterback. What? Say, and uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the type to handle that well when somebody's like, well, Aaron, we did it with you too. I don't think that that's going to work for him. Nah, I think yeah, that he's nah. going to have a lot to say. How do you think Rodgers feels about the fact that McCarthy got such a great receiver in the first round in his first Cowboy draft after never getting a skill player in the first round during his Packer tenure? I think Aaron is ready to demand a trade and then have a QB competition with Dak. I've seen Ooh. Aaron's contract figures, and I don't think <laughs> yeah. that's likely. No. I don't think that's going to happen. Have you seen what Dax is going to be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, fair. True story. That's that one doesn't exist back. yet, as far as I'm aware. Yep. Not yet. So they're showing the graphic of the top receivers remaining, which would make sense, and now the camera is actually in Denzel Mims's, um living room. Very nice couch. Appears to be either leather or pleather. Uh, able to seat at least 8 to 10 people on that couch. And the Jets, Adam Gase looks like they've made a pick. He's hugging his son, Joe Douglas, as it appears three screens. Adam Gase's kid is really fascinated with the camera, uh, making sure to wave like you see kids do at a basketball game, <laughs> making sure. But he's not looking at the camera. He's looking at the screen that shows the display of the draft and waving at it. Which is this always is a tough the play-by-play play I needed in my life. This is beautiful. Well, it's always a tough deal because you don't know where the camera is. You just know that you're on TV. So you're actually looking at TV instead of at the camera, and you're really waving at yourself, watching yourself. See, and here comes the, here come the other kids. You now we got three the, kids. You see it on scoreboards all the time and on the big monitor at AT&T Stadium. You see it all the time. Beth! Beth yeah, but I have better Beth, awareness. Come get the kids. If I'm in that situation, I immediately Beth. try to find the camera. <laughs> You know? Just, if you're go. keeping track at home, it took till pick 59 for us to go off the rails. Yeah. Here's Roger. <laughs> They're booing him. I love it. That's Jeff Hans. That's good. With the, the New York Jets pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Jets like Denzel Mims, wide oh, receiver. Making people finding a way to pick the best guy on the board. Denzel Mims, who I think is one of the guys who helped himself the absolute most out of everybody after actual football had ended with the Senior Bowl and with the Combine, finding a home here on a team where there should be plenty of targets available. Scouting report, Denzel Mims, Dane. A player at Baylor who didn't run a diverse route tree, but then he goes to the Senior Bowl, like you mentioned, Jeff, and you see a more uh, more versatile player than I, I thought a lot of us thought he would, would be. Tall, long, almost 34-inch arms. Speed was outstanding. Had the best three-cone uh, out of anybody at the Combine. So really impressive athlete for that size. Uh, wish he was more and more consistent with the route running, had a few drops, but at this point in the draft, this is a, this is a tremendous steal for them. And if you're Sam Darnold, you got your left tackle in the first, you get your receiver in the second, uh, you have to feel pretty good about what your, uh, GM Joe Douglas is doing and trying to help you. And this was the top target for Charlie Brewer in that Matt Rule offense during his, really his entire tenure down at Baylor. And you talk about a guy who can go up and get a football. 
He's right there with it. He high points the ball so well. He was tied for second in the country in terms of contested receptions. He was honestly one of my favorite players just in college football to watch throughout the course of, of this past season. Then uh, another Texas high school football product. Got to throw that out there. He's from Dangerfield, Texas, which is, of course, very football history rich in that regard played four sports there including track which you saw with the 40 that he ended up running a 438 which was one of the top five wide receiver 40s that you saw in the the nfl combine so i like him a lot and jeff i remember you talking about the route tree early on in the offseason that kind of scared you i think he kind of uh dispelled that kind of bugaboo to his game at the at the senior bowl just the way that he was sh- able to show some and some versatility nobody could cover him at the senior bowl and then once again we have a gm's kid who is pretending to be super excited about a pick that looks like an eight-year-old and i just don't know <laughs> if they understand what they're excited about but that's the way it goes all right we've got the new england patriots who have traded up their pick is in we'll get to that and the rest of this draft you're listening to the 2020 nfl draft on 105.3 the fan and dallascowboys.com and as we continue here on the website side of things, the Patriots still looking to make their uh, their first selection, correct? Now that they've traded up because they traded out of 23. No, they, I take that back. They took Kyle Duggar earlier in the draft. So, so you did have them, right? uh, Kyle Duggar early on. We're but off with them? We don't. We don't I believe y'all are still right? on. Oh, I'm not sure what's going on here. I think we're having some technical difficulties. That's what happens when we're all virtual, but that's okay. Dave, you can still hear me, correct? I can hear you, Kyle. I think our yeah, fans are Let's go ahead and out. go. Yeah, let's go ahead and go to New England. You've got New England coming up next with the trade with Baltimore and the Ravens. Then the Titans, Packers, Chiefs, Seahawks are the scheduled guys to, to go on for the or scheduled picks to go on oh. until the end of the round. But with the Patriots here Josh, at pick 60, what do you see, Dane, uh, where they could go here? Front seven, um, you know, you look at defensive line, you know, could they go a Matabuke? Could they go uh, with a Curtis Weaver? Uh, go somewhere. So they need, need to get them? younger on that defensive line. Um, need to get younger at linebacker. Seeing uh, maybe could we see the, a run on linebacker start here? Uh, we haven't had many linebackers off the board. Zach Bond possibly. Uh, Logan Wilson. Uh, let's see what the Patriots do. I can tell you what they're going to do. They just picked uh, they Josh just, yeah. Uche out of Michigan, okay. a personal favorite of mine. Oh, my gosh, I love this dude. And he's one of those guys, I feel like people are afraid of him mm-hmm. because he doesn't have a definitive role. Dane, tell me if I'm crazy. Like, doesn't this seem like Chase Winovich all over again, just in terms of Ooh. I mean, just a specialized guy who can get to the quarterback? I mean, he's not going to be for everybody, but, man, he can yeah. do so- he can do something for you. Yeah, well, and Chase Winovich, who was drafted by the Patriots last yep. year on day two. Uh, yeah, you know, he's he's a guy who I don't – I think he's got a little more versatility than a Winovich, where Winovich is an upfield play, player only, where Uche, maybe you have a guy that can drop and play in space, 6'1", 245. So he has the size of a linebacker, but uh, the speed is what you're banking on here. Uh, good luck slowing him down around the edge. Uh, and a, a player who only played about 50% of snaps last year as a senior at Michigan. So, you know, even even the, the Wolverines weren't sure exactly how to use him and in what situations. So this is interesting pick by uh, Coach Belichick. Obviously, I think he knows a thing or two about defense and how to use a player like this. 
No doubt. I mean, I feel like this is one of those value picks that the Patriots are just destined to make throughout the course of a draft. He's, he's going to have six sacks. Year. He's going to have six sacks at the halfway point of next season. And like, they're only going to use him in certain situations in there. It's going to be like their, their two four front that nobody else in the league runs. And he's just going to be a nightmare. That's my prediction. And now I'm kind of looking down the list here, guys, and there's a couple names that stick out to me as an, oh, my gosh, that guy's still kind of there, or that guy's still there type of player. How about Josh Jones out of Houston, the offensive tackle that I thought would go well early in the draft, and he's still on the board. You still got Christian Fulton up there as well. Josh Jones is surprising. Um, I thought there was a chance he could go in the first round. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that didn't happen. And surprise, he has fallen to this point. Uh, A really very good uh, player in pass protection. You know, he's not the greatest uh, as a run blocker. And when you watch his film, who did he who did he really face that really challenged him? I think that's what teams are struggling with. All right, here we go. Back on the fan side of things. The 2020 NFL Draft continues on DallasCowboys.com and 105.3 The Fan. All right, welcome back. It is the 2020 NFL Draft where the Dallas Cowboys last night took CeeDee Lamb. If you somehow missed that, it was absurd. They got CeeDee Lamb. Uh, and then they got Brian Broaddus' 18th-ranked player in this draft in the second round in Trayvon Diggs. We're now at pick 61 with the Tennessee Titans here at the back end of the second round. Cowboys' next pick, of course, is at 82. So with the Tennessee Titans... Anybody got a uh, nice little list handy to try to point us in the right direction? Zach Bond? I mean, <laughs> so when, do, should we just say that wait? for every pick? Like, well, Zach yeah. Bond? I mean, at this point where the value is what, what it is, uh, they drafted tackle in the first round, so Josh Jones I think would be excellent value, but uh, they're not going to go that direction. Uh, could we start to see you know, Cushenberry get more offensive line help? Uh, surprise Jeremy Chin is still around. So uh, a few names, and that's what happens when you we have so many talented day two picks, a lot of talent still available. It's going to happen in the third round. We're still going to have some intriguing names. Uh, Matabuke, you know, they uh, they shipped off. Uh, uh, who was the, the really good defense tackle they shipped off to Denver? Jarrell uh, Casey. Casey. Yes. So Matabuke, uh, Jordan Elliott, one of these big defensive tackles, maybe – coming in, help replace him up front? I still think corner could be an option here, too, because you look at what their needs are at cornerback. I mean, they don't have – I mean, they've got Andrew Jackson out there and then Malcolm Butler, but are you really trusting Malcolm Butler to be your, your corner as a Titan? Probably well, that's true. not. They lose, they lose Logan Ryan, and that, that is a great they point. They, they need that guy that can play inside-outside, uh, that can uh, – you know, has the, the football character that you know Coach Vrabel is looking for, so – Absolutely, and you look at the top corner still available. Christian Fulton sitting there. He's still there. Yeah. So that that is a possibility for sure. Yeah, that's kind of where I was looking. I was thinking, and if you're their cornerback situation, and like, okay, if you're just go for the 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 second round, taking the best available player, Christian Fulton's the guy. I mean, he's got to be. No, we can leave him alone. Eighty two. Yeah. Well, him and Bond are the two guys that I would say, man, if I got either one of those guys, I'd be elated about that. Yeah, I'm just going to watch this draft and hope to not hear either of their names for the next 20 picks. Any chance, any chance, either of those guys at 82. Ah, oh, that'd be awesome. I guess I you'd have to trade up to get it, though. 
Yeah. I don't think 82. I think 82 is too far. That's still, like you just said, 20 picks away, and you still think that they're going to be there? We were no, scared I they weren't going to be there at 51. I don't think so. I'm begging. I'm oh, asking okay. if anybody oh, will okay. tell me there's a chance. I thought you were chance. asking the question. No, I thought yeah. you were out here saying, do you think? No, there's no way. Dang it. Well, yeah. Kyle. I'm bringing it down again, I know, but I'm being real here. Dave, I'm trying to make sure we set up the board the right now, way. Now, Jeff, you've I mean, done this to Kyle, Dave. No, I, I mean, it's good that somebody is there to rein you and Brian in. Y'all He's are made insane. made a monster. Sorry, Commissioner, with the pick, Titans. The Tennessee Titans select Christian Fulton. Defensive go. back, LSU. Happy now, hey. Kyle? I'm Hate on, Kavanaugh. Kyle. Happy now, Kyle? Kyle nailed it, bro. Right, though. The- what do you want? Um, I want Christian Fulton to go Me back too. on the board, wait 20 picks, and then be a Dallas Cowboy. Hey, Bond's still there, though. Yeah, Christian Fulton. I, I really like Christian Fulton. I think he's one of those guys that, to me, he got to this spot because he's not 6'2", and he didn't run a 4'3", but when you just watch him play corner, I think instinctually, his ability to play man coverage, I, I really am a big fan of Christian Fulton. Am I missing something that is the reason that he got pushed down here, or is it just lacking those traits? He was my 60th ranked player in this draft, um, and he just okay, went. Okay, so right there, 61. yeah. 61. So, I mean, he went right where I so thought he should go. Uh, but this is, I mean, they, they lost Logan Ryan. They're looking for that reliable player. They can play inside, outside. And Fulton's that guy. Uh, you know, you, you do wonder, is there anything, kind of like we talked about with Jalen Johnson, is there anything exceptional to what he does? Uh, not really. Uh, he's solid size, solid speed, uh, only two career picks, so he wasn't overly productive. But he didn't get beat a ton either, uh, unless you're facing Henry Ruggs, who, got him a few times but this is just a quality player who uh maybe got pushed down a little bit because of the overall talent in this class all right well now let's talk about a different cornerback how about the ones that the cowboys picked at number 51 overall on the phone with us right now trayvon Diggs is with us trayvon first of all congratulations and welcome to the dallas cowboys <laughs> thank you i appreciate everything thank you for having me. i'm you know, happy to be a member of the dallas cowboys What's it like talking to Jerry Jones on the phone? I feel like he'll sometimes be a storyteller. Are you familiar with Jerry, and is it strange hearing him on the other end of your phone? I've always been a fan of Jerry. Like it's, 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 it's amazing. Like when I first had talked to him, I was kind of starstruck because it was like this is Jerry Jones I'm talking to. So it was kind of like you know I was starstruck, but you know I, I, I love the Dallas Cowboys. Everything about the Dallas Cowboys, I love the program. So I'm excited. Like I'm really excited. Trayvon, with, with, with your, with, can you tell us about the video conference that you had with those guys? How, what kind of experience was that? And not so much maybe what you guys were talking about. Well, what about, you know, they probably would have had you in as one of the 30-visit guys, but now you had to do this over video conference. Did you get a feel for everybody doing it that way? Uh, yes, it was It was pretty, uh, it was different, um, you know, just seeing everybody, like, on social media and technology and stuff, and, you know, not in person, but... You know, it was good. We had a good conversation, and our conversation went very well. So, you know, I feel like, you know, that played a factor into them selecting me. Uh, I enjoyed talking to them. I enjoyed our conversation that I had with them. And, you know, it's going to be fun. You know, I'm a happy good part of the team. You know, I want to win games and championships, so I'm ready to go. Trayvon, even with it being a virtual draft overall, your family still gets to, to be right next to you, and you, you have that, that explosive reaction from them. What was that moment like? Oh, it was amazing. Like, my heart dropped when I got the call. It, I was, like, kind of, like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of paused for a second. Like, wow, this is really happening. I seen the area code pop up Dallas, Texas. I said, wow, this is really happening. I look up on the screen. I see Chicago picking after. I mean, Dallas is picking after Chicago. So I was like, wow. 
I don't really about to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Like my dream, my dream, this is my dream. I always wanted to do this, and it's just amazing. I'm happy. You know, my family was right there to support me and be there with me throughout, you know, this draft and, you know, just keeping me encouraged and, you know, staying positive, giving me positive energy and just telling me stay patient. And, you know, I'm going to fall where I, exactly where I want to fall, and, you know, it happened. And I'm thankful. I thank God, and it's just amazing. Trayvon, speaking of your family, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty normal to to have a guy whose dad or or uncle or cousin played in the league. It, it's pretty unique to talk to a guy whose brother, your brother Stefan, is a is a five six year NFL veteran. What was that like? You know, having a a guy who's who's in the NFL right now to help take you through this process. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I'm I'm just thankful because you know he just did everything. Like literally, just did everything. Just did what I did in college. Uh, now he's doing the pro thing. You know, he gave me as, as many tips and reminders that I need. You know, I can ask him. He's like a you know like a Google. He's Google to me. You know, he's like uh, a father figure to me. So you know, I ask him anything I want. And you know, it's just amazing to have him because you know he can tell me everything, all the ins and outs. Uh, and just help me and guide me and, you know, just help me grow in, in the NFL. And, you know, I'm, I'm, tremendously, I'm tremendously thankful and, you know, just blessed to have him and be in this position. Trayvon, you know, you've played in some big games and you you come from a big-time program. Can you talk about the experience that Nick Saban and how he prepared you? I know he is on you, those defensive backs, the techniques, things like that. How did that, with his coaching the big stage, all that prepare you for this opportunity now with the Cowboys? Uh, it, it, it helps out so much because he was so tight on me and, and so on me every day and just, you know, made me a better football player because if he wasn't on me like that, that just shows that, you know, he didn't care, but it shows that he does care. That he keeps reminding me and telling me things that, you know, even if I corrected it before, he still going to remind me and still remind me of the little things. You know, he expects the best out of me, so, you know, I always got to be at my best on and off the field and, you know, just doing things right and, you know, holding myself accountable and just building a lot of character and, you know, just helping me grow. And, you know, I'm thankful, thankful for him and the University of Alabama because everything that they do there just played a factor in who I am today. And, you know, I can't be more than thankful. Everything that we did, all the sprints, uh, all the workouts, uh, all the yelling, uh, meetings, everything, it's just, you know, it's been amazing. And, you know, I'm thankful that I, I, I decided to go to that school and play on the coast stadium. Uh, it's just been amazing. I, I'm, I thank him a lot, too, as well. I don't know if my memory is failing me. You've played against C.D. Lamb, haven't you, Trayvon? No, I didn't. I didn't get to play against C.D. Lamb. Um, I was hurt that, that year uh, when when we went to the champion, to the uh, playoffs. Uh, he had a good game too. <laughs> okay, let's see if you had any opinions on him or any thoughts on him. But so for a guy who is playing wide receiver and just three years of cornerback to be drafted in the second round of the NFL draft, that's that's quite an accomplishment, and it would seem like that means your best football is certainly even ahead of you even having been a really good college player how much room for growth do you feel like you have in your game i have a tremendous amount of room for growth and you know i feel like you know that's that's beneficial in my situation because you know i can learn i can you know learn from the older guys i can learn from my coaches i can learn from my peers and i have so much room for improvement that you know i'm a worker i'm gonna work hard and i'm gonna get there i promise you i'm gonna get there All right, it's Trayvon Diggs, the Cowboys' second-round pick. Congratulations, and welcome to the Dallas Cowboys, Trayvon. Congratulations, Trayvon. Thank you so much. All right, there he goes. Trayvon Diggs, your newest Dallas Cowboy, and from talking to him for five minutes, I like him. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a worker. I'm a worker. I'm I'm ready. 
Yeah, so that's good. That's great. They've had a great uh, first couple of rounds, and Siri thinks that I'm talking to her for some reason, and I'm not. That was so close to being an epic callback, Jeff, because I'm right there with you. I would have thought Diggs played against Lamb, too. I mean, it seems That's like... That's what I was thinking. I was thinking playoff game. Did they play in a playoff game? Bama yeah. plays OU and Clemson like every season at this point. Yeah, Jeff, so yeah. Jeff looked at me for help, and I was like the old crusty scout man. I couldn't remember. Because <laughs> I was I, thinking uh, I was right. I, I felt so bad. <laughs> I kind of like threw, I threw my... I gave it like a palms up emoji guy. And yeah. I went, oh, no. And <laughs> Jeff said, I'm going for it anyway, yeah, crusty I was, scout. I, I was pretty sure. I was like, no, Bama and Oklahoma played in a playoff game. Yeah. yeah. But you're the Oklahoma fan. You should have known that. I don't. I'm not a fan of any program. He is not I a fan. I am an observer of college football at the highest level. And I go he and just, watch Oklahoma just, get yeah. rolled by LSU. I just, just accepts. He accepts Amanda's sweet tickets is what he does. Here are the Chiefs at 63. Uh, with the 63rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Willie Gay, linebacker, Mississippi State. Now there is a guy, Willie Gay Jr., Dane Brugler. If you want to give us the scouting report and tell me if he had never had a suspension of any kind, where does Willie Gay Jr. get drafted? Yeah, maybe snuck into the first. Uh, maybe you know we're talking about does he go with that uh, Jordan Brooks, uh, Patrick Queen group? Because uh, this guy is explosive and. Not only initially, but as a finisher, he will strike through his target. Uh, missed most of this past year because of some academic stuff, but uh, this is a player who, when you see him on the field, the range that he plays with, uh, and then he, he matched it at the combine with uh, the testing that he did, the jumps, the 40. Uh, this is a, a guy with a lot of ability, uh, and so not surprised that he went off the board here in the second round. Insane athlete. We know he's Insane. got a good right. Insane athlete, got a good right. Got and a good hits, right cross. It's <laughs> like a truck yeah. in that regard yeah. and as a tackler. Yeah, he's, he's such a, guy, a fun player to watch. He is like, seriously, you watch him on tape and you're like, my gosh. I mean, he, he is not afraid to step up, take on blockers, get rid of them, and explode on these, uh, on these ball carriers. I was really, really impressed by him. I, I just, I was, I just kind of was like, Every time I was like, he's going to make a play. He's going to make this play again. He's got, but it was just that how much power that he played with. I, there's very few of those middle linebacker type guys in this draft, but he's one of them. Yeah. He's the one guy you got to look at. So the Chiefs have now taken Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round My and gosh. Willie Gay Jr. in the second. And they got like the, those. and they got the Lombardi trophy last year. Yeah, yeah. Those are nice picks for a team that doesn't really need a lot. <laughs> no, they took a, they took a luxury pick on the best receiving back in the class just to make fun of us all. Like, watch this. We're going to score 38 a game. So Which, that'll be fun to watch. My favorite part of that was if you saw the call, um, Veach for the Chiefs was like, yeah, we just asked Pat what he wanted and he told us he lair. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers gets a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Williams is sitting at the house like, man, that's really messed up, Pat. Like, I really yeah. helped you. Yeah, for real. Damian Williams was like the Super Bowl MVP. Let's be real. 64, Carolina Panthers, the final pick of the second round. The pick is in. We will be waiting for him to uh, announce that pick. The Carolina Panthers. Uh, any clues on where the Carolina Panthers might be headed? This pick's moved around a little bit. It went from Kansas City, then it was Seattle's, now it is Carolina's here at 64 to end the second round. They've got defensive linemen both times, right? Yeah, they have. They, yeah, they snagged Brown in the first, and then they come back out and they get an edge rusher in the, the second round. Man. Okay. And I would have said that. Peter Gross Lynch. Machos. 
Lynch would have been a great fit uh, uh, here for for the Panthers, reuniting him with Matt Rule out of Baylor. But after they went defensive line with the first two picks, hard to see them doing it again. Our guy Zach Bond still sitting there. What about uh, safety here, though? Jeremy Chin? Maybe. A corner? Possibly. Corner? Right. Secondary help? They need secondary help after losing Bradbury to the Giants in free mm-hmm. agency. All right, well, when we get back, we will have the Carolina Panthers pick, and we will be moving into the third round, getting ready to get to that Dallas Cowboys pick at number 82. You're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And here we go here on DallasCowboys.com, sticking with it as we do have the final pick here of the second round. David Hellman and Dane Brugler here. Jeff Cavanaugh and Brian Broaddus also along with us as well. But, uh, guys, we, you, you've got the Panthers here, and then you move into the third. And, of course, the Cowboys picking at 82. We still got a long way to go until we get to that 82nd pick. But now you're starting to kind of see those names that drop that you didn't necessarily think. And Bond is one that, that continues to come up. That is just kind of a question mark on why he's fallen this far. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can watch his tape and not be excited about him. I, I talked about a guy that I, I just kept seeing that every time that the ball was going away from him, I'm thinking he's not going to get there, but he'll make that play, you know, and he's got the capability. Everybody now in this, in this day and age is looking for that, that linebacker that can run, that can rush. I mean, this is a guy that's got tools to his game. It's just not just that one-trick pony guy, as we say in scouting. Here's a guy that's got something to his game, and 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 maybe maybe teams are thinking more about the diluted sample. That's maybe a, maybe yeah. that's what's going on now. Brian Broaddus, who loves the player, is saying he's trying to keep water weight, all that stuff like that. But with the collective bargaining agreement the way it is, I mean, if a guy's – got a diluted test don't you kind of like going you know i would be like i've done that i made a whole career i've made a whole career looking away from the diluted test yeah i'm like i'm like give me the guy give me that guy i'll take the diluted test brian yeah do you know do you know who picks after carolina can you see cincinnati (laughs) that's a diluted sample picking team right there you know what there's your team that's not afraid yeah i always in my media guide i'm gonna say i worked with the cincinnati Bengals. i'm I'm just gonna lie (laughs) I'm going to lie that I work for the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, because that's my team. When they they just they don't care. I mean, they are basically they got Burrow. Yeah, you they, might as well sign yeah, on. Yeah, why not? Why not? But I, yeah, I, I I just think it must be now. Teams are worried about what happened to him at the combine, and that's a shame that that's the case. But and I thought we're with now the collective bargaining. I've said it before. Can't be out there messing with the crippler. You yeah, know? Mike Fisher, the crippler. <laughs> Can't be out there messing with the crippler. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just to reset the board, top five available players uh, on my board, uh, Josh Jones, tackle out of Houston, yeah. linebacker Zach Vaughn, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, guard center out of LSU, Jeremy Chin, safety out of Southern Illinois, and then Justin Matabuke, defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Yeah, there must mm. be something wrong with him, too. You know, that, that, those the character are, stuff. Well, here yeah, it is. I, we got the picks in. Let's see what happens here uh, with uh, the commissioner in Carolina. Uh I wish 64th they, pick. Six, and the last of the second round, there's Jeremy Chin. There you go. Jeremy Chin off the board. So call, call, did you call that one? Did you say I did. I, I didn't did say Chin. Nice yeah, I said I said position. Dane was the one that said oh, specifically okay. Chin. There you go, guys. We were we were tag team in that one. But that is the final pick of the second round. Now you have the Bengals up. And uh, with the Bengals' past history, like David alluded to just a moment ago, you thinking Zach Bond here? 
Just saying they're not afraid. They're never they're afraid. Is there an Ohio player on the board still? Here, wait, <laughs> I'm thinking a Big Ten player. You know, I mean, the, the Brown family's all about that as Big Ten. This could be, this could be Bond. Yeah, well, yeah. So wait, the Bengals, the Bengals went with uh, Higgins at the start of this thing, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Higgins. I sat there and said they need a tackle, and here I, I'm thinking, yeah, oh, they, they should draft Josh mm-hmm. Jones, yeah. 33. Yeah. And he's still sitting here. Yep. Okay. That's what I would wrong? do. Okay. Now, what's wrong with Josh Jones? Seriously, what is wrong with? I mean, he's raw, well, right? But so what? He, he, is he, he, he's he, he a strong guy. He had some character stuff uh, earlier in his career, but I heard, you know, being a registered senior, he was past all of that. So I don't know how much that plays in. Um, he, he, I'll put it this way: when you watched him on tape, do you remember the best pass rusher you saw him go against? Might have that, been that was Darius my, Hamilton. That was <laughs> UNT's own. Uh, Might as well throw that out there. That, I called that, that was game. My, <laughs> that was my biggest worry with Josh Jones: is all of his tape. I just didn't see him go up against a big time pass rusher that made. Made me get really, really jacked about uh, what he could do. Now he did a nice job at the Senior Bowl, but uh, still the tape was good. But the competition level wasn't necessarily there. Yeah, and that's that's something you always got to worry about with those American Conference teams that don't play a strong out of conference schedule. Maybe Oklahoma would probably be his his toughest. And I don't think that was great tape overall for Josh Jones. But there's a couple oh, tackles geez. on the board here. We just lost Logan Wilson to the Ooh. Cincinnati Bengals. Smart pick. Yep. That is a smart pick. The 2020 NFL Draft continues on DallasCowboys.com and 105.3 The Fan. We're into round three of the NFL Draft, and we just had Wyoming's linebacker Logan Wilson go off the board to the Cincinnati Bengals at number 65. Cowboys pick at 82, and Logan Wilson, I think the biggest knock that I had on him was that he played at Wyoming. I mean, you want production. You want a guy making plays in coverage and against the run and tackling. Logan Wilson is a really good player making it all the way to 65. He's a great player, and I think if I don't want to bring the room down again, but I'm going to but because here you go. the, the wet blanket of, of the team now. Four, four of the last five picks have been guys that you would argue that you really wanted to fall to 82. You've got Fulton, Willie Gay Jr., Jeremy Chin, Logan Wilson. Those are four guys that if eh, they would have nah. gone to 82, I would have been excited about. Who are you saying nah about? I mean, maybe J- Gay. J- Jeremy Chin wasn't going to be the pick in Dallas. That's I just I don't believe okay, it. That's I mean, fair. He's, he's gone now anyway. But I don't. There goes our it. fast food bet. True. And then, and, and my point, and Logan Wilson, I, I think he's a good player, but it feels too early for a linebacker for me. I, I'm looking at linebackers on day three, so I'm not sad about him going off the board. All right. You guys want to reset? I know Dane set us up with his top five av- available recently. I've got my top five available for the Cowboys that I would like to see picked, uh, that's left in the draft right now. If you're following at home, we'll get it after the Washington pick right here. Antonio Gibson, running back, Memphis. Ah. Running back slash wide receiver slash get the ball in the dude's hands and let him work. Very much like Tony Pollard last year at Memphis. Different players, but same sort of thing. Get the ball in Antonio Gibson's hand and let him work. And I think that that is what Washington is going to do. He's a pretty good one. Dane, how's your scouting report on Antonio Gibson? Just get the ball in his hands. And I think what's the that's the debate. Is he a running back? Is he a receiver? Uh, I, all I know is when he had a chance to do something with the ball, uh, he would create. And this is a, he's a big guy, uh, six foot, 228 pounds. 
really good athlete, ran in the, I believe he got in the four threes at the combine, four three nine. So uh, if you want to use him in the slot, you want to use him on jet sweeps, you want to you know, use him out of the backfield, you can get creative with a player like this. And I think his, his best football is ahead of him. So, so my top five guys for the Cowboys, and tell me if you guys want to add names or if you disagree with them, but where we sit right now, Zach Bond. Like it. At Wisconsin. It. Justin Matabuke at A&M. That'd be great. Jordan yep. Elliott at Missouri. Terrell Burgess at Utah. And Akeem Davis Gaither. That's my top five guys available that I think are at positions that could help the Cowboys. And I think there's going to be one of those guys there. Because even with some of the names that are falling here, like a Josh Jones and an Ashton Davis that's still on the board, and... Prince Tega want to go from from Auburn. I mean, there's still picks to be made here, even quarterbacks that haven't gone. Think about this might be the the sweet spot for uh, a Jake Fromm or a Jacob Eason to potentially go. I think there's some. I, th- I would throw Neville Gallimore in there. That's true. Um, Julian Aquara from Notre Aquara, Dame. Yeah, for sure. Still sitting there. Uh, I would Curtis even. Weaver. How do y'all feel about? Is it is it too soon to talk about Zuniga? Zucana, oh, from Florida. Is it Z- yeah. Zuniga? Zuniga. 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 I'm yeah, sorry. That's Zubari, Zuniga. Zuniga. Yeah, he would be a guy I would consider. I I thought the traits. I, I I was worried about I might have missed something there. I have him a lot higher than people do, but I was watching the Florida tape of him, and I was seeing the first step quickness. I've seen a guy getting around the edge. I've seen a guy being disruptive. So I, I might be way so, way oh, high sorry. on him. Yeah. I wish he wasn't so banged up in this in this mm-hmm. most recent season. But so those are some those are some defensive linemen, and then we hit on the centers. I I don't think they need to do it. They have Connor McGovern, obviously Joe Looney's here. Uh, but I mean, every center except for Caesar Ruiz is there. Lloyd Cushenberry, Tyler Biotish, Matt Hennessy. So if they want to do that, they can. But I, I mean, for the most part, I think Jeff, your list is is pretty solid. Well, thank you, thank you, Dave. How are we? How's everybody on Cameron Dantzler? Did the forty scare you like it did me? I've got him bottom sure. of second, early third, but I I'm, I'm, I got I pushed him down with a forty time. I'd be okay with him at eighty two though if he's the the best available there corner wise. I swear to God, I'd have gone. You've to, already addressed corner though. I'd have gone to Starkville and got him running a lot faster, boys. I'm not talking four three <laughs> faster. Like they, well, that's like, what they said. Yeah, I'm not. You don't. Talk, that was the 38 like, yard time. He was you flying. Don't get like him right about that. Hey, how can you? How can you not watch that tape and like be impressed by the way he plays? I was. He does. He plays that's, well. Everybody's like, oh, I he's was. a second round guy, and then he runs yep. bad. And Jeff goes, my gosh, he's in the fourth for me now. You know, right. I mean, hey, Jamar he Chase couldn't get away slow. from him. He didn't play slow. No, not at all. Yeah. I. I mean, I work with a bunch of cowards. He's in the third now. That's where he goes. Yeah. I would feel fine drafting him at 82, but we're starting to get into a spot where I can, you know, it, we're getting close enough to the point where you can envision what the board's going to look like, and I'm not convinced he would be your best available option. I mean, I we think just, there's other names there that are more intriguing. Did we say, yeah. say Oquara? Yeah. No, yeah, we did. Okay, yeah. I'm I mean, sorry. He I was, might be. I need to pay better attention. I'm sorry. I for me, for me, I think Oquara, Gallimore. And Jordan Elliott. Oh, and Bond. Obviously, like Bond is probably tops, but those are the names that really stand out to me right now. Burgess is my name that stands out. Yeah, I'm I scooped still with him Burgess up. Too. Scooped him up this morning. Dane scooped him in the mock draft, and I yep. think getting a safety in here with coverage ability, reliable tackler, versatility. Yeah, I think for a team that's got two safeties on a one-year deal right now, Xavier Woods and Haha Clinton Dix, if the right guy is there, and to me, that's the right guy at safety. He's, I would be happy with that. 
Has Detroit addressed their edge rush problem? Because they need an edge rusher. And I don't think they've picked one because they selected Akuda. Oh, yeah, no, and they took DeAndre Swift in the second round. So edge rusher, maybe? Yeah, they might go. They might go Notre they Dame. Might take, yeah. They might take Aquara yeah. here. Yeah. Boise I think that's State's a great Curtis point. Weaver still out there as well. Yeah. Ooh, I, I didn't remember. I forgot about Curtis Weaver. Dane, were you okay with him standing up all the time as a rusher? Weaver? Yeah. Uh, he's he's tough to figure out. Bad body guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's predictable, but really good with his hands. And you can't ignore the production. So The commissioner's up, Dane, real quick. Excuse me. 20 NFL draft. The Detroit Lions select Julian Okora. Ah. Linebacker, Notre Dame. <sighs> I am a fan of Julian Okwara. I had him as a second-round guy. I think the the tools to be a really good pass rusher, I think he's got them. I think the athletic ability, the movement skills, the length, uh, I liked a lot about him. I didn't think he was going to make 82, but it would have been a lot of fun if he did. So uh, Julian Okwara, Dane, your scouting report there? I really struggled with him because I think you're you're spot on with the, the traits and the natural ability uh, the speed has a chance to be special off the edge, but he has no idea how to use his hands. Uh, he's a little soft in the run game. That really bothered me, uh, and I hate using that S word when talking about these guys because that's kind of a uh, it's a cuss you know, word. Yeah, it's not it's not nice, and so I apologize. But it, it's it's what you see. That's what the tape says. And call so, him worse. Uh, and there's just too many almost plays on on his tape you know and and so but you know we're in the third round now and so we're talking about traits we're talking about upside of potential and what he can be uh you know the the lions are very familiar with the okora family they had his brother uh they Romeo. still have him don't they yeah he's is, is he still on the roster i think yeah, he's so still on the roster i was trying to look that up right now and i think the, he they're is. very familiar with uh with that family and, and the the ability that he has also a notre dame product by the way yep. his brother so now we got the New York Jets on the clock. We're at pick 68, Cowboys at 82. We're looking at uh, Matt Patricia, which is a Lions head coach, while the Jets are on the clock. So that's kind of confusing. Or I guess it's at the aftermath of their pick. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. So we're waiting on a Jets pick. Then it'll be Seattle and then Miami. We're here in the early part of the third round of the draft here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. New York Jets so far have added Mekhi Becton to play offensive tackle. They've added Denzel Mims to play wide receiver out of Baylor. And this will be their third pick of the draft. Outside of what they've already addressed on the offensive line and at wide receiver, where else might we think they're going? Cornerback help? Another another wide receiver? They need corner in the worst way. And, you know, I mentioned it before. I I, I don't think their fans could name the top three corners on their roster. Well, the pick's in. Cam Dantzler? Ashton Davis. Safety. Cal. Okay. He's going to go to the New York Jets. Ashton Davis, I think he could play a little bit of cornerback. I mean, he he looks like a corner. He's 200 pounds. So I I don't think that necessarily this is him just put him at safety and that's it. Uh, they, they might be able to look at him as a nickelback, someone that can play a little inside, a little outside. Ashton Davis is a fun player. All right, here's my problem with the Ashton Davis pick. I have a huge problem with this pick. He's not a cowboy. Because you wanted him? No, I was fine with him going. I okay. like Burgess actually better than Davis. I might be the only one, but I'm okay with that. Burgess, to me now, is going to be the next safety pick. Are there oh, other that is a problem. Are there other options that could be the next safety pick that could keep him moving down the board? 
What if somebody likes Wallace from Wallace Wallace from Clemson? Because if you watch him play, he plays like a slot player too. You know, in that weird, you get confused watching Clemson's defense. Yeah, I mean, they do things with their secondary. You're like, oh, that's not sound. You know, but (laughs) yeah, no, they don't. But they get away with it because they get their front home because they got Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, they got guys to get home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, besides Burgess, you got Brandon Jones out of Texas. Yeah, Jesus who I've Stone got next on my board. Out of Iowa. Tanner Muse out of Clemson. Stone's mm. a good player, though. I like Stone. I, my safety's left goes Burgess and then Stone. And my next guy is actually the XFL guy, Robinson. Kenny Robinson. Yeah, you can't I like, forget about him. I like Kenny Robinson and then Kayvon Wallace and then Brandon Jones. But yeah. uh, I, I, I worry that uh, Burgess may be the next safety off the board. And so... We'll uh we'll keep track of just that's fine. Just push Zach Bond all the way down. Just push Zach Bond all the way to eighty two, and let's see. Could you imagine if Zach Bond was there at eighty two, and you had CD Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, and Zach Bond as your draft class in days one and two? I I wouldn't mind that at all. And another linebacker, I'll take App State's Akeem Davis Gaither. And if you want to try him at strong safety, I ain't mad at you. Snyder's about to pick him. Watch, John is going to take a guy that can run. You know, linebackers that can run. He already took one in the first round, though. Well, he doesn't care. He, you know, he Here's the commissioner. He doesn't care. Pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Damian Lewis, guard mm. LSU. Ooh, wow. There you go. Like Damian Lewis. the first Lewis? LSU player drafted so far? I think <laughs> no, it Delpit. is. No, Delpit went to Cleveland, guys. I, oh. oh, yeah, yeah. I think Fulton it is. Also, in the second actually. round. Damian Lewis, third round. scouting report from Dane Brugler. Massive guy, and this is someone that uh, the LSU coaching staff loves uh, because of the demeanor that he plays with, toughness. Uh, you don't see a lot of negative reps on his tape. Uh, not the most mobile guy. Uh, you're not going to ask him to be on the move very much. He'll bury but you. It, yeah, in his phone, in his little phone booth. Yeah, you're right. He he will beat you up and and bury you to the ground. So he's a fun player. Yeah, I think he had to make a lot of plays because Cushenberry was kind of. Iffy at times. Wow. I'm just saying that. Wow. I watched him. I sat next Holy to Dave. Cow. I'm just saying. Cowboys are definitely drafting Cushionberry now. I, if they do, <laughs> you know, if they do, great. I mean, it's I'll, an LSU I guy. will crack a Miller Light if they draft Cush. I just, Deal. just a wide base guy. I'm sorry. I'm just don't. I mean, I see a catcher there. I just don't. I, mean, I, I like the I like the other guy better from Temple, but hey, we'll see. Are we here? We we saw you just Man, swerve out. Of, you swerved out of your lane to fire a shot at Cushionberry. John's put on some weight. What's For going no on with reason. Snyder? Okay. Oh wow! Oh, so you get on and you get on soda. John and I are friends. You get on soda for six months and start I, taking shots at people's weight. Text no, him. I, John, text him and tell a, him he's fat. I will. You, text you, him I, got, say, I will. Say I just said on air you're fat. I will. I got his number. I'll show you that. Don't he was, he's kind of wearing the football, football he, guys who have let themselves go like love to wear that. Sweatpants. Is no, they just wearing. love to wear that like windbreaker outfit uh-huh. that's like the, yep. <laughs> like the ambiguous windbreaker thing. It doesn't really no have sleeves, a shape. No uh-huh. sleeves, like the zip, the zip up, no sleeves. Just kind of hangs down. Just I just, down. I mean, I'm not surprised because the Seahawks offensive line has been trying to get Russell Wilson killed for years, but yeah. I feel like they've added about 19 O linemen to that roster just this offseason alone. We got the Miami Dolphins on the clock at 70. We are working our way towards 82. We'll come back with the Dolphins pick and then 71, 72, and all the way down to 82. You're listening to the 2020 NFL draft on 1053 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And here's the internet side of things as 
once again, I feel like this is every 20 minutes, but the Miami, Miami Dolphins are on the clock again, believe it or not, because they've got uh, just a handful of picks throughout the course of the draft. Cowboys just about outside of that range where we can start seeing how the board is shaping up. Kyle Yeomans, Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, and the great Dane Brugler with you here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. And, of course, with 11 picks left, there's a lot of things that can happen, but there are some really interesting names still available. Zach Bond, Curtis Weaver, Justin Matabike, Brandon Jones, uh, and like uh, like uh, excuse me, Kavanaugh was saying a little bit earlier, there's some safeties there that have some uh, have some oomph to them. If you're talking about Terrell Burgess, maybe in that category as well. So, with the the Dolphins on the clock here, they've had one of the more intriguing drafts because they've kind of gone outside of the realm of what we thought could happen. What do you think? Maybe again here with the Dolphins at seventy. Well, we got to work through all the picks that they've already made. I know it's tough. You got to go back through chapters. Yeah, quarterback Tua. They took Austin Jackson at offensive tackle. Noah Igbenogany at corner. The list him at tackle here. Raquan Davis at defensive tackle. Fortunately, that team needs everything. Um, if linebacker is one of those things, Zach Bonner, Akeem Davis, Gaither. They would be at the top of my board for the linebackers. Harrison yeah. at Ohio State at linebacker. Right now they've got Raquan McMillan and Jerome Baker as their linebackers, and I don't think they're feeling super great about that. Right. So with that being said, I, I could see them going linebacker here. You can maybe say safety because I didn't hear a safety mentioned in there. They haven't taken one of them. They took a corner. We're and trying to dodge that here, yeah, Kyle. He, he's that was on purpose. We're trying to dodge that, Kyle. Okay. We're trying to get I'm Terrell saying, Burgess there. Okay, I want Terrell Burgess there, and I don't want him to be the next safety picked. I would rather it be like a Brandon Jones or uh, uh, I don't even know who we mentioned earlier in that Gino conversation. Stone. Yeah, Geno Stone. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Let him go, and, and we'll we'll take Terrell Burgess, but. I mean, I think linebacker or safety is probably where they could go here. Could they add a wide receiver, maybe? Yeah, they could. Yeah, who's everybody's top wide receiver left? Say, I bet this is where it's a good question. I bet this is where it gets really fun because for me, it's actually KJ Hill, then Brian Edwards, then Antonio Gandy Golden. Those are my top three receivers. Oh, give me Edwards. Edwards. I got Brian all Edwards all day. All day. All day. Yeah, I would have. I think you guys are hating on a great route runner in KJ Hill. And no, I, don't I love it. KJ no, Hill. I still okay. appreciate it. That's I all. love KJ Hill to death, but I yeah. I can't draft a guy that runs a I've four got six a, five in the third round. I've got an incredible round there where it's got Prochet, Duvernay. Van Jefferson was in that group along mm-hmm. with KJ Hill and Bowden. That was kind I've of got my, Lynn Bowden Jr. as my next. That was kind of my little group of like, oh, I'm kind of keeping an eye on you guys over here. I'm really Some sad about. I'm really sad that I just have to let go of all these receivers. I mean, tr- I'd rather have CD Lamb. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but like I've been, I've been watching this position for months, and maybe they double up on receiver, but it's not as high of a priority. I mean, it's the fifty I, burger offensive thing. Yeah, for real. But uh, Brian Edwards, before C.D. Lamb fell, Brian Edwards would have been a pipe dream at 82. I would have loved that pick. Yeah, Brandon Jones just went to we did the, it! the Miami oh, Dolphins. We did it! We got a different safety to go. <laughs> All right. Uh, suckers. Yes. I like Brandon Jones. I had him in the fourth, though, but I, I like Brandon Jones. But Terrell Burgess, I got his 2-3. So hey, hang I, in there, hang I, in there, Burgess. Okay, I'm interested because Jeff and I were split on this guy, Dane, as far as can he cover or can he not cover? I don't trust him in coverage. 
Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I, I think you want him. I, I I wasn't impressed with him as a nickel, but the closer he was to the line of scrimmage, that's where I liked him because I, I thought he did a nice job uh, with the play in front of him. Uh, but when he had to turn his back to the ball, that's where I think yeah, things got I, a little muddy. I just kind of thought that he was a little bit of a better cover guy than and and and. I think Jeff he's got and, athletic ability. Jeff and I were yeah. going back and forth because people were asking us about him, you know, on our during our show, like what, what's your problem with Brandon Jones? And I'm like, I think the guy can cover. I like you him know? down. Yeah, but Jeff was like, I'd rather see him play down. Is where he, and you know, it looks like the highlights are showing a little bit. That looks like they're showing a little I mean, bit. He, of, he just, needs, he just needs to keep the ball in front of him, I think. If the ball, if he has to turn his back to the ball, that's where I thought he just, he looked lost. So as long, I think he could play high as long as the ball stays in front of him. Line him up like Jabril Peppers, like 45 yards off the line. There you go. Just yeah. get ready to be a punt returner as a <laughs> safety. I like that plan. So what do we got? We got the Baltimore Ravens up at 71. Working our way to 82. Where I Terrell think, Burgess you know, will be on the board. This is the 2020 NFL Draft with Jeff Kavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, Dave Hellman, Dane Brugler, and Kyle Yeomans. We lost a safety, but it was Brandon Jones, not Terrell Burgess. Here's Baltimore's selection. Justin Matabuke, defensive tackle, Texas A&M. That would be a guy that is coming off of the list of guys I would love to see the Cowboys pick up at 82. Matabuke, I was... I was really high on his tape. I had him. I liked him at the top of the second round. And here we are in the middle of the third where he goes. And it goes to, I think, Dane and Brian, some of the things that you hear about that I don't get to find out when I just watch tape. But on on tape, man, I love the tools you have. I love, what is he, six and a half sacks, back-to-back years, back-to-back years of double-digit tackles for loss. I think he can win early. I think he can pressure the quarterback. And he's off the board at number 71. Well, it's funny. I was talking to a scout about Jordan Elliott out of Missouri, defensive tackle, and Matt Bouquet, saying, these guys got some talent. They flash on tape. I had the scout kind of look at me, or uh, actually he didn't look at me. He was over the phone, and he kind of – I could hear in his voice, though. He was mm. – yeah. And it, the interviews did not go well for those two players and mm. for different teams. So, uh, But the Ravens, what do they do? They sit and they wait, and good players fall to them. And this is a power-packed player – twitchy uh he can rush he can make plays in the run game uh or against the run he is there's a lot to like about what he offers i think that this is a guy i've said all along that probably could be the wrong most wrong about you know because i i went back and forth on him about the twitchy athlete and things like that and then i just saw like lack of awareness like there were times you watched him the clemson game he got trapped like four times in a row but and he, he never figured it out so I was kind of like going, gosh, dang, man, are you getting tired of getting hit in the side of the head? You know, play with your hands, keep that outside shoulder free. And then, you know, but he's, he's one of those guys. Dane's right, though. He can create turnovers. He could, you know, he's got athletic ability. He just doesn't show it enough. That's what bothered me. Here's the, here's the pick from the commissioner for the Arizona Cardinals. Josh Jones. Back Finally. Took long enough. There is a free fall ending there for a guy that I had seen in some first-round mocks. It'll be Josh oh, Jones there to the Arizona Cardinals at seventy-two. So I played the, uh, you know, I played the game that that draft nerds love to play, where you pick your top thirty-two players that you think have the best chance to go in the first round. Here at pick seventy-two, I finally crossed them all off, which. I'm not an, a, an expert expert, so I'm not surprised that it took so long. I am surprised that the last guy to go is Josh Jones. I would not have guessed that heading into the draft. 
Well, and this is a, a guy who was, even though he was at Houston, he was recruited by Tom Herman to Houston. You, you got to think about whenever, back when, uh, before Tom was the, the head coach at Texas. And uh, according to Pro Football Focus, I'm looking at the grade they have of him right now, and he was graded above a 93 in almost every category. And so I, I like Josh Jones. I actually met him at the Combine, which was kind of fun, in the, in the airport. He was on my flight. But uh, he was unpredictable on his on his tape with his hands. And I think that kept defensive linemen off balance, but we kind of talked about it earlier. Those, those defensive linemen were not necessarily the, the top of the, the cream of the crop. It was the American athletic conference. It was guys like uh, Ladarius Hamilton from UNT. And then also you, you, you throw in maybe Oklahoma there as well. So I'm not surprised that he fell, but I'm surprised he fell this far is kind of where I'm at. Agreed. Yeah. And I mentioned how you watch his tape and it was hard to get too excited about the competition he was going up against. Mm-hmm. And that, that was my biggest issue with him. But in pass protection, he just didn't get beat very often. And so you see light feet. You see the ability to uh, mirror in space. Uh, not a bully, not a guy that's going to overwhelm at the point of attack, but just a solid player who surprised in his tackle-starved league, surprised he would last this long into the third. But look at the Cardinals. Uh, you get Isaiah Simmons in, in the first, and then they don't pick again until the third. They had to feel pretty good about landing Josh Jones at this point. I actually, I think on Thursday night, Dane, I said, how can you go away from a tackle if you don't pick yeah, until the third exactly. round? Well, Oops. it worked out for him. Oh, this it guy's did. a really good athlete, though. I mean, I was just he going is. through my notes and how he plays with range. He gets the second level easy. I mean, I, I, the contact balance was good. I mean, I, I was just, I, I, I thought that the athletic ability allowed him to overcome any technical issues that he might have. You know, so I was, I was impressed by this guy. I thought maybe he'd get a little top heavy at times, but I mean, it, it, he gets away with it just because of how good of an athlete he is. So now we're at 73 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're within 10 picks of the Dallas Cowboys and trying to, whittle these names down and see if we can't hone in on a couple of guys that would make sense for them. So I'm going to start throwing out the names again. Zach Bond. <laughs> That's the big one. Why is that name still coming We're up? getting closer. Zach Bond, Akeem Davis Gaither, Malik Harrison. Those are my top three linebackers remaining. Terrell Burgess at safety out of Utah. Jordan Elliott at D-tackle out of Missouri. Terrell Lewis, pass rusher from Bama. Curtis Weaver, pass rusher from Boise. Uh, and then I guess throw in Neville Gallimore, the Oklahoma defensive tackle. I've got Harrison Bryant, the tight end, going around this area. I'm a big fan of his. And Cushenberry. That's the names I would throw out there. Hmm. Want to add anything to the pile? I'm still working off my top 51. I've got, as I look at my numbers, Zach Bond would be at 27. I'm then, and then Cameron Danzler would be at 44. Jabari Zagina would be at 45. And then uh, Akeem Gaither Davis would be at 49. And then Matt Hennessy at 50. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's a center, a defensive end, two linebackers, and a corner is what I'm looking at off my top 51. Okay, guys, I want to play devil's advocate here for a split second. What about quarterback? Second or third round? I, I know there's plenty of names here. I would no. personally not even touch it. Here's my theory. Go Here's my theory on backup quarterback. If you're firing off one of your fifth round picks, because if you played a couple of games and played well or looked good in preseason, maybe you could flip that later for a two or a three. 
Sweet. But if you're picking them in the third round, especially with names there, can you really build that guy's stock? He's probably not going to play. But even if he did, are you really going to up what that value from a third round pick in a game or two or in some preseason games? I get it with a five or a six. But with a three, what if not unless I'm thinking I'm picking a guy who might start. Let me ask you this, just in a thought about the quarterback. What if you did take a guy like Fromm, mm-hmm. and he and he's like a career backup guy? You know, like Dak's, Dak gets signed, but you have a good, stable backup guy that's not going to cause problems and stuff like that. You know, does, does that make sense? <laughs> no. Tear him up, Dave. Dave is just Why? Tear him up, Dave. Tear him up, Dave. I mean, okay, who's like, who's the best? Is, like, your, is your quarterback signed long-term right now, David? No, he's not. Okay, then then you should be really quiet right now. Because, Why? Because, Why? Because Why? Because is he, this, un, this is guy, he under contract? He's, like, is he, he, is he under club control? It, okay, he's is under. Is he under club do you control want, do you want the Dallas con- Cowboys? Do you want to continue to go down the path of every year having a franchise tag the guy? No, I want to sign him. Okay, I want to sign signed? him before practices has, start back Has up. he signed? No. Why so is he not what? signed? Why is he not signed then? Because money is a B. It's not money, Dave. It's you. Years. It's four years or five years is what it is, and you're not willing to to to, to cave and, on and, that. And and what Jake Fromm is going to be your leverage to fix this magical situation? I am just saying Ooh. though that if you if you thought enough of the guy to do that as a starting quarterback, if this guy if this guy didn't sign with you, I don't think you could discount. Now, me personally, I would go out and sign the I'd go out and sign the kid that was at Tampa, you know, or or that that's who I would go Winston. sign. Yeah, I would go sign Jameis Winston. If you want to Cam play around, still out there. Yeah, if you want to play around with me at quarterback, that's fine. You know, if you want to hold me up and you know, I'm trying to make you a decent offer. Okay. Who yeah. are like who are like the best career backups in the NFL over the last like decade or 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 maybe more? Colt McCoy keeps hanging around, doesn't he? Yeah, Colt McCoy's Nick pretty well. Nick Foles. Nick, Nick Foles. Nick I, I Foles won the Super Bowl. There, yeah. yeah. Well, what, what did the, uh, the another team in the NFC East do in the second round? It took Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, their guy right. can't stay on the field. Well, yes, our guy I, never leaves the field. I'm just saying. Our guy also doesn't have a contract, though. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he does have a contract. He has a one-year contract. No, not kind of. He's under club I, control. I understand. He'll play for the Cowboys. I promise. You know, okay, it's not Jake Fromm, but I'm just saying you, Eason. No, I'm just saying oh, that even no, worse. No, no, I'm just saying if James you if, if you don't look at your quarterback situation, then you've got your head no. in the sand. No, McCall they Jamis. Ab- they absolutely should draft a guy. They should do it with one of the later yeah. Let's picks take Mike White again, who I was really wrong about. Yeah. So what? Yeah, it didn't work so. out. It's it's low risk. What's what like what's what are you gonna get from Jake Fromm? What is realistically gonna happen? You will that? not get a lot of picks. Like you won't get a lot of picks for him, or he won't throw a lot of picks. He won't throw a lot of picks. Oh, That's okay. the best I got on Fromm. Hmm. He will not throw a lot of picks. won a lot of games in the SEC. He'll be responsible have, with the football. You have a twenty-six-year-old quarterback who has very rarely, basically, the last month of last season was the only time he's ever shown. Wear and tear. Jacksonville pick is in, Dave, and then I want you and Brian to keep fighting because I love it. Here's the commission. The 73rd pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Devon Hamilton, nose tackle, Ohio State. Okay, there you go. Defensive lineman off the board that you could have seen the Cowboys being interested in. Guy to play the one technique for you, a little bit of a run stuffer who you hope can offer a little bit more than that. 
Uh, he wouldn't have been exciting for me, though, at 82, though. No, me neither. Well, he's a nose tackle. I'm okay. And it's with hard that. to get excited about nose tackles, but Devon Hamilton, one of the most improved players this year. He he was a priority free agent for scouts over the summer, uh, but he turned it on as a senior. Kind of really things clicked for him. You saw him uh, dominate guy different centers throughout the league, uh, throughout the Big Ten, and he did a nice job and turned himself into a third round pick. So. Devon Hamilton going in front of guys like Lucky Fotu, Jordan Elliott, Neville Gallimore. Uh, so uh, a nice job by him to put himself in this position. Zach Bond still on the board. That's a, before we got derailed with the quarterback talk. I was actually, I mean, I'm the guy that loves to say, "Good luck finding pass rush help outside the top 50." Like it just, it, it doesn't have a great track record. But I'm sitting here at 82 or close to 82, getting there, and I feel very encouraged about what you might be able to get to help mm-hmm. your pass rush. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, Bond, but I would also throw in Terrell Lewis and Curtis yeah. Weaver. I think that there's I think there's a few guys maybe that could do it. Here's the Saints pick. The New Orleans Saints. With the 74th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Zach Bond. Uh, Why do you want to? What is this, Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis? What are you guys the, doing? The That's a terrible this, pick. The Saints did this last year with Eric McCoy. They did this last year with uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Uh, the Saints really do a nice job with uh, you know they don't have a ton of draft picks, but when they see a player fall, uh, they just seem to go get him or be in a position to get him. So uh, this is a a player that if we saw him go in the first round at number twenty four, I don't think any of us would have bat an eye. Yeah, and I think uh, it's something that the Cowboys are really famous for doing with uh, guys like C.D. Lamb. <laughs> Just let the guy fall to you and go ahead and take the good players. So we're going to lose Zach Bond, and we're going to have to reshuffle here. And what a uh, buzzkill. Yeah, that's messed up. And, Kyle, I pretty much blame you. Thanks. Uh, you <laughs> seem to be like the guy who was pulling for it the whole time. I was not pulling for it. Pulling I just for didn't a... expect him to go all the way down. While Dave and Brian were fighting, seventy-five. you were texting people to take Zach Bond, and that thing was really messed up. I was hitting up my sources in the New Orleans Saints to get it done. I know you were. Dave's got sources, too. He probably gave you people my to talk to. the Cowboys, and I've got sources in the Saints. Well, I really like Zach Bond. I think... Um, what, I, what's I, your play here now? What like what is What's there for you now? Burgess. Uh, Terrell Burgess is there for you. Akeem Davis Gaither, Curtis Weaver, Terrell Lewis, Cushionberry, Jordan Elliott. Two picks ahead of the Cowboys. The Raiders, they pick at 80 and 81. Terrell Burgess seems like a Mike Mayock type of player. Hey, Uh, Dane! Just saying. I'm not the only one. You're doing a Kyle! Hey, I'm not the only one. Hey, this is what we need to do. You need to look at realistic possibilities here, and I think those are two landmines sitting there. Text Gruden as we speak. Do it. Tell him you heard some really bad stuff. See, about Brian can actually sit and do this. <laughs> yeah. You can call Gruden up. I bet Dane could, too. He might have to back channel it. I bet Dane could find his way to Gruden if he needed to. Is okay. that accurate, maybe not, Dane? Maybe not him, but maybe his general manager. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, okay, well, a position we haven't talked about, what about when he's tied ends? What about when he's tied ends at there. 81? We know they like the UCLA kid. Yeah, Aussie, Yeah, and I know Dane really liked Troutman. From Dayton yep. was a guy, and Jeff I like Harrison had, Bryant. Has, Harrison Bryant is a guy, yeah. Hunter Bryant as well from Washington. Yeah, a little bit of a different mindset with him though than maybe Blake Jarwin and Blake Bell. Well, they can't. Well, Blake Bell can block, but Jarwin can't block. So Jarwin can't. So he'd be fine, right along the same lines. Yeah, they can teach each other. It'd be great. 
Detroit Lions are on the clock at 75. Go ahead, Brian. No, I was just looking. Is there anything, is there any reason why? Oh, we're we on got the, the pick. Here we, we go. Indianapolis Colts who traded the 75th pick to the Detroit Lions with the 75th pick in the 2020 NFL draft. The Detroit Lions select Jonah Jackson, guard, Ohio State. Dane Brugler, scouting report, Jonah Jackson. Another phone booth blocker, a guy that's not going to give you a ton of range, uh, athletic ability, but if you get in his square, he is going to get his hands on you and dominate you. He was a big part of stabilizing that Ohio State offensive line this year. He was a grad transfer coming in from Rutgers and won the left guard spot and was a big reason why J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields had so much success. So, uh, seeing him go this early here in the third round, not not that big of a surprise. And now we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock. Their pick is in. We'll get that pick, and we'll continue to work our way towards number 82 for the Dallas Cowboys. You're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. All right, here we are on DallasCowboys.com, and uh, we've still got a little bit of a ways to go, but we're starting to get into that range of starting to fill out exactly what that board is going to look like when it comes to the Cowboys picking at 82, C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, both already selections for the Dallas Cowboys. And, Brian, I know there's a lot of defensive players on the board here still, but we were just talking about some of the tight ends is there any chance you go offense? And I'm not just talking about skill positions, but even interior offensive line here with maybe a, a cushion berry on the board. Yeah, I, you know, I, Jeff and I have always in our show always have these discussions about cushion berry, Hennessy. I mean, I've got him in the same round, so mm-hmm. I mean, but I have Hennessy. Their tags are touching just above him. Here, the Buccaneers are about to make their pick. Let me just get it for you here. But yeah, uh, to finish up, I, I just think the athletic Billy of Hennessy at Temple is a little bit better than Cushenberry. Powerful guy, Cushenberry at LSU, but I just feel like they're going to give their guy an opportunity. They, they drafted, you know, it's a, a Kishon Vaughn, the running back from Vanderbilt. Andy. Wow. Uh, it's going to be Vanderbilt. Yes. Kishon Vaughn, running back Vanderbilt, just got selected by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, Dane, that's an intriguing pick from 2018 in my mind, but 2019, mm-hmm. it was not a great year for him overall. Uh, all of Vanderbilt. They're that's fair. Elijah that's Lipscomb, point. the receiver, uh, Jared Pinckney, the tight end. None of those guys really stood out. But uh, Vaughn had a lot of fans coming into the year, and just a lot of them still uh, stayed on that Vaughn bandwagon. Apparently, the Bucks liked him. Surprised he went here at 76 over some of these other running backs, but – He's a good player. He can uh, run inside, run outside. He's got some production in the passing game. Uh, there's there's a lot to like about him, even though he didn't have the greatest year. Well, Dane, let me ask you this, though. Moss, you know, I mean, he was a guy that a lot of people had. The yeah. Utah kid had him. Medicals. Yeah, yeah, so the medical is what's killing uh, him right uh, now? I, I, probably, because he, he's okay. banged up the knee. I mean, he was getting shots into his shoulder down the stretch. I, okay. I, he, I think – I mean, he's a better running back. We can agree there, but the medicals, I think, are probably the problem with him. Yeah. Well, now running back seems to get a little bit thinner. I mean, Zach Moss, you know, Benjamin, these aren't necessarily guys that the Cowboys would be interested in, but uh, if you're looking for teams to maybe take some of those guys ahead of you to, to maybe sure up your defensive talent that's on the board, that's starting to get a little bit uh, thinner than we originally saw. Yeah. I'm surprised by Vaughn this high, though, guys. 
Yeah, I am too, especially because again, I I didn't have the info on on Moss and being mm-hmm. with the you know the the shots and stuff like that. So he's going to be a guy that you know you have in the third round there, and then he he didn't get taken, and you're like, okay, what happened? And you ask people around, and it's what just that exactly just, what Dane just, just told you. Yeah, those just eat you up, don't they, Brian? Oh heck yeah, <laughs> they do. Absolutely, they do. Can't wait till about tomorrow at about one thirty when you've just got a blinking red guy who's been there for for. A it, round it, and a half. It, it, we've done this draft together now a long time, and it happens every year. I know. Yeah, we're wondering why. Okay, what's wrong with this? Oh, he's got a heart condition. But you know what? <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. I love you. You're still so invested in it that you take it that personally, and that's what makes you the goat. I appreciate well, and I, I think this is a, a good conversation to have because with pro days and with some of those medical rechecks being rescheduled, yeah. we, might, we might not know about it. As media members, we don't have that insight that normally scouting departments would maybe allow us to see. Maybe even the scouting departments don't know as, what, well, as much. That's a great point, Kyle, because they, they didn't have in the first weekend of April, they didn't have those medical rechecks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys that had problems at the combine never got looked at again. And so... You know, those those trainers and doctors did a good job of probably, you know, exchanging information what they had on these guys. But unless you went to the combine, you know, they they don't they'll probably have all that uh, all that uh, work up on you. The 2020 NFL draft continues on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. All right. Welcome back. Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian brought us Dane Brugler, Kyle Yeomans, and Dave Hellman here with you. 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. The Denver Broncos are on the clock, and the pick is in. We'll get the Broncos pick shortly at 77. The Cowboys pick at 82. And we are keeping a sharp eye on a small handful of names to see if certain guys can get down there for the Dallas Cowboys, and if they'll take the guys that we keep talking about. But I keep going back to Dane's mock draft this morning. I took the lazy route of just running one of the simulators and then making a pick, and both came up with the same names. He just worked a lot harder for it, and you could read his work. Uh, Terrell Burgess is the name that I'm keeping an eye on, the Utah safety. I think that would be a great fit for what the Cowboys need and for picking a guy that's somewhere up there towards the top of your board. Terrell Burgess is the name I'm keeping an eye on, but he's not the only one. There's a handful of other names uh, to be looking for at positions that could really help the Cowboys. And do we need to start thinking about would they take a center? Have we we, had, we heard the name Ruiz. I haven't really yeah. heard the name Cushenberry with them. I mean, I've got him graded here. But I have heard rumor of Hennessy. I have heard that mm. that's a guy that they like. I don't know how like much Hennessey. they like him. Yeah, I've never had it. Kyle, you're talking about drinking, right? No, that too. But <laughs> no, that's no I'm talking that's about the temple interior. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I that would Miller Light, of course. I wonder if they would that go too. center or they do the tight end because we've heard a lot about Asiasi, Devin Asiasi from. Mm-hmm. But but there's people also that will tell you that there's and Dane, correct me if you've heard this too. That like the football, there's some football character issues with this guy. Have you heard Doss, anything? Aussie, Aussie. Yeah. That yeah it, does he, he really love football? Kind of a thing. You know? Right. Well, he went to Michigan and then had transfer back. He suspended a few games early on for UCLA. So there are a few questions there, no, no doubt, in terms of uh, putting in the work, maximizing his ability. Um, you know, not the most physically impressive guy, both you know body wise and. Uh, testing wise, you feel like he has the the skills to be a a solid player. He might not be a great route runner, might not be a great blocker, but he's good in both areas. Excuse me, Dane. The picks in. Let's go to the commissioner. The Denver Broncos select Michael 
O.J. Mudia, defensive back, Iowa. Oh, that's actually a guy that I kind of liked out of Iowa. He's one of those guys that I think even as just a, you know, 6'1", 200 pound and look at the athleticism, I, I kind of viewed him as a little bit more of a developmental guy. But here we are, I guess, in the 70s, and that might make a little bit of sense. Did you see him better than that, Dane? I saw a guy that I, I really like the traits. I don't know mm-hmm. that the player is somebody I'd want to throw on to my NFL field at the moment. It's a good way to sum him up. Because, yeah, he's 6'1", 200 pounds. And when he ran the four four five at the Combine, I think you kind of knew, okay, he's going to go somewhere high. I gave him a fourth-round grade because I tape was probably fifth round. And then after mm-hmm. his testing, okay, I'm going to put him in the fourth because of the traits. But – yeah, this is a guy who gets out leveraged a little too easily. Um, you know, he, you like the physicality, but when he got beat, he struggled to recover. He just doesn't have that twitch to him. But he's smart. He's physical. You like the length, so understand why the Broncos would go this direction at this point. And that'll take us to the Atlanta Falcons at number seventy-eight. As we're getting closer and closer to number eighty-two for the Dallas Cowboys, the Atlanta Falcons. Let me see if I can get their draft so far pulled up here, which is going to take me a second. Well, while you do that, I, I don't want Kyle to be the only bummer here. So whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, all what? right. What I'm, are you I just, doing? I just want to take you through my thought process because. <laughs> I like Terrell Burgess, too. I think I, in my final mock for DallasCowboys.com, I think he was my pick at 82. So I'd be thrilled with it. But, one, can you trust him to survive these next few picks? And, two, I just can't help but look at this list of available defensive linemen. And we know they went best player available last night, but we also know they don't really value safety that much. That's never been a thing that they do. And for all I know... They might just be sitting in there like, well, yeah, we have HaHa and Woods, and we can just sign guys next year. This is fine. And I look yeah. at, I look at Neville Gallimore and Jordan Elliott sitting there. I look at Terrell Lewis sitting there, which Curtis is Weaver. intriguing. Curtis Weaver. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna throw in Zuniga as well. And that Greenard is, maybe. That is a healthy list of names that are probably more talented than I expected to be here at 82. And so that's just where my radar is right now. What about I James think. Lynch out of Baylor? Okay. Yeah, yeah that's throw what, him in there, too. Well, I, I know people are talking about him playing more of as a three technique. Yeah, I don't play. know where to play him. Here's the commissioner at the podium now, or his TV. In Atlanta and beyond, to take care of our most vulnerable, you have our full support. And now with the 78th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Matt Hennessy, center, Temple. There you go. Now, Brian, I know you were a big fan of Hennessy. I believe he was your top center on the board. So you want to hit us with the Matt Hennessy scouting report, yeah. the new center for the Falcons. I will do my very best here with Matt Hennessy here. If I can get to it, uh, you know, I'm technologically struggling at times. Uh, yeah, this with Hennessy, he's an undersized guy, but he's got really good movement. He's not the strongest guy, you know, he, but he plays with really good foot quickness and positioning. He's kind of a get-in-the-way blocker, but he'll use his feet to stay in position with his man. His contact balance, I thought, was good. He's not going to drive anybody off the ball. If you look at what the Falcons do scheme-wise, that outside zone stuff like that, I mean, he's he's going to be very, very capable for doing this. He'll slide across. He'll pick up rushers. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he'll function really well with a heavy man on his nose, but the scoop, the reach, all those stuff, anything you have to do athletically, uh, he can he can handle that stuff. 
Well, he's another guy also that shined on film against lesser competition. He's got a brother that, that played for Duke for a little bit, and he's got that family pedigree. But I, I liked him a lot up at the top. I wrote an article a couple weeks ago when Travis Frederick retired saying, here's five guys in the draft that could replace Travis Frederick. And I had him as one of the top guys out of those five that could potentially come in and do the job. So the fact that he's off the board here makes me kind of uh, a little sad because maybe at least that, that option wasn't there at 82. Not that I would have really wanted him to go with an interior offensive lineman at 82, but at least he would have been on the board when that pick came around. So we're on the Jets at 79 so far in this draft, and their pick is in. We're just waiting for the commissioner. But so far in the draft, the Jets have gone Mekhi Becton, Louisville offensive tackle, Denzel Mims, Baylor wide receiver in the second, and Ashton Davis, the safety out of Cal in the third. This is their second third-round pick, and they have a third third third-round pick later in the round. Needs for the Jets. Uh, They haven't taken a cornerback yet. They haven't taken a linebacker yet. They haven't taken an offensive lineman yet. They have addressed the wide receiver, maybe a running back. They could go all over the place with the New York Jets here at pick number 79. Dane, have you reset your big board recently or your your top 100 players who are the top guys? Yeah, let's see. I've got Lloyd Cushenberry, I think, is the top guy. Yep, he's the top available. Terrell Lewis is next, although Lewis, it's all medical with him. Uh, some teams just removed him from the board because of his yeah, knee. knee. That that could be something that, uh, you know, he could fall into day three. That's very possible. Could be this year's Josh Sweat, uh, that, that type mm. of player. Uh, so Akeem Davis, Davis Gaither, linebacker out of App State, would be next. Then Adam Troutman, the tight end out of Dayton. Curtis Weaver, pass rusher out of Boise State, and then Jordan Elliott, uh, defensive tackle out of Missouri. So still some uh, big-name players with uh, with talent that are available as we get within four picks of, uh, of Dallas. And some of those names, yeah, it sounds like either they would be or we just hope they would be interested in. As you go through a few of those names, it seems like a fit for the Cowboys in terms of pass rushers, Maybe the linebackers, although maybe that was just them doing the due diligence on the guys that were going to go in the first round in case they moved around or they got stuck. Or do we think they're a team that seems like they enjoy picking mid-round linebackers pretty much every year? Dave, what do we think or know about their interest in linebacker? Could it have just been those top guys as a just in case? Or do we pay attention to them all the way through? Yeah, that's a, I mean, me personally, I've always targeted day three for a linebacker, but I would be lying if I've heard a lot of specific names. The Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen are the two that we really heard linked. Um, you know, for my, like, I'm very intrigued by Marcus Bailey out of Purdue. I don't know if the Cowboys are. Uh, Jacob Phillips out of LSU, I think, is a really underrated player, but I haven't heard any of them linked to the Cowboys. Um, so that's that's going to be something to watch. I just I think it makes too much sense, maybe with one of those fifth round picks, uh, to draft some depth at that position. But like I said, I, I haven't heard any name beyond those first round. I'll guys. tell you what, that App State kid, Davis Gaither, can play. Mm-hmm. I love him. I mean, you you watch him, and you're and I know Will probably won't take. A, I love but him. I, but, but <laughs> every, App State should count. They play no, the big no, boys and give them trouble. That's what I'm saying. Every you, know, you don't want to schedule them early in the year because no, they'll, they'll take you down. They'll take a check and they'll, then take, they'll beat you. Yeah, exactly. But I, just watching him okay, play. App State is there, not here's, like. Excuse me, Dave. The commissioner said, "Yeah, Dave." 2020 NFL Draft. The New York Jets select Jabari Zuniga, defensive end, 
Florida. All right, Brian, you want to hit us with the scouting report on your guy before Dave attacks App State for no reason? Let Dane hit him real quick. I'm doing some paperwork Okay, Dane, go ahead and hit us with Jamari Zuniga. Zuniga's a face-up pass rusher. Uh, he's not going to bend the edge uh, or you know win with just pure speed. He's going to go right at you, use his length, um, and try to bully you, try to overpower you. Uh, he had, was very productive as a junior, then missed a big chunk of the senior year due to injury, but still a very good player who I think tested a lot better than we thought. 265 pounds, and he ran in the mid-4.6s, and uh, so the testing numbers were there. The tape was there. Just a, a quality pass rusher. Reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, the, the Jets drafted Jordan uh, Jenkins out of uh, Georgia a couple years ago. Similar type of player here at this point in the third round. Yeah, I mean, you, you, right now they're showing the highlights of the, one of the games I watched, and it was Miami. And he the game he killed the game at the end. He The pressure that he was able to make a couple t- different times. I think Dane's got him absolutely right, uh, the type of player. I, I did see a, a little bit more quickness with him. He's got some traits that are that will impress you, but you know he he could be really inconsistent at times. You know, there's quickness, and then there's snaps where he's laid off the ball, and then like I talking about the Miami game. Uh, you know, I was a lot higher on him because I did I, I, those traits flashed at me, and I'm thinking, okay, find a guy that's got some traits, find some guy that can maybe capture that edge. I probably had him way too high to where I got him, but I'm glad he finally got picked here uh, by the New York Jets. I wonder, I, I think he would have been in pretty serious consideration if he had lasted another couple picks. Uh, we'll never know now, but that's what I think. Well, Vegas. I think defensive line in general has him, or has defensive uh, line need at least at 82, so I think you could still throw maybe a Curtis Weaver or Jordan Elliott in there. Sure. Vegas was, is going double pick here, and I hope when they announce the first one, they just announce them both. You get two do picks, that. don't you they know never, them both? No, they oh. never do that. Oh. This isn't this isn't the first time we've had back to back picks. This is this is the two landmines that I, I mentioned before mm-hmm. for uh, Dane. Like Dane just, just tell us what are you doing, Dane? Dane knows. I, no, Dane's I, I known don't know. since this no. morning. No, I just look when you think about Mike Mayock and what he's looking for, John Gruden, what he's looking for. Trell Burgess is a player where they just the coaches at Utah won't shut up about him. Yeah, uh, Kyle Willingham. Kyle Winningham was a pro coach for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the defensive coordinator, Scally. I mean, he they talk about him as uh, you know he's he's one of their sons, and so a uh, big special teams guy, uh, versatile. Uh, so there's a lot. Well, to Dan, like here's the, the, the picks in right now. Let's go to the we'll entire get to NFL family joins me in offering our condolences as we join you tonight in honoring Rico's memory by making this next pick in his honor. With the 80th pick. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Lynn Bowden. Oh! Kentucky. Oh, they're picking a quarterback here. Wow. <laughs> but they're listing him as a wide receiver. That's wow, interesting. I wonder why. Huh. Yeah, Lynn, uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., holy cow. What a fun, all-purpose player. Top I, favorite, need to give favorite a, player. I need to give a shout-out to my brother, Seth, who... Uh, Went to, actually went to high school with Lynn Bowden uh, here in Warren, Ohio, and told me about him five, six years ago, how good this guy was. And so kept him on my radar, and, man, he was right. This is a good player. Just Is he gonna, a running back? Is he a receiver? Just just get the ball in his hands. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got some lower body power to him. He can make guys miss. A, a lot to like about Lynn Bowden and what he can bring to your offense. Well, and he's also a return threat. I mean, one of those videos that kind of surfaced again this past week was a return that he had, or it wasn't even a return. He was the punter on special teams because, of course, the guy plays every position out there. And then he took it 108 yards to the house after a fumbled snap because he just 
looked like a man playing amongst boys. So if that continued into college, even at the SEC level, he was all of Kentucky's offense. He's he's so over the fun, course man. over the course of the season. He is. He's one of the most fun players. Everybody that in the you could freaking ever watch. Everybody in the SEC knew that he was limited as a passer and that they mm-hmm. were just going to run a run-based offense and nobody could do anything with him anyway. They averaged like 178 rushing yards per game with a wide receiver playing quarterback. I actually I talked to Randall Cobb in the Cowboys locker room about Bowden during the season and Cobb obviously went to Kentucky and he's like he's the best Kentucky player in history and I was like, "Whoa, dude, you realize you went there too." And he's like, "Yeah, I said what I said." Wow. Uh, so that's pretty high, high praise. praise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the world of him. I can't wait to watch him in the NFL. All right. Vegas has made one of their picks, but I, oh, yeah, well, we're talking about him. Holy cow. Yeah. Brain fart. <laughs> hey, guys. Jeez, have um, I told you, though, back something to the show? Have Jeff? I told you guys something I'm super excited about? Tell us, Jeff. Join us in the Dallas Cowboys Draft Day Virtual 5K presented by Baylor, Scott, and White Health, and give back to those on the front line. On Saturday, April 25th, run or walk from your home, hashtag to the front line in celebration of draft weekend. Registration is free. Register online today at dallascowboys.com slash draft live. I was just excited about telling you guys that. wanted you to know. I'm glad you let us know. Yeah, I thought that that was something you guys would want to know. I also wonder if you would want to hear what Roger Goodell says for their second pick to the big with the 81st pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Brian Edwards, wide receiver, South Carolina. Well, much Two like Gruden, huh, Gruden could help himself. <laughs> Gruden could not help himself. Much like South Carolina's core, uh, receiver in the draft last year, get that dude the ball and see who he runs over. Brian Edwards is a tough, tough yes. dude once he has the ball in his hands. So they just remade their whole receiver core in two days. Yes, they did. Henry Ruggs, Lynn Bowden, Brian Edwards. That is fun. That is Who's the really quarterback? Those are three good players. <laughs> yeah. is Derek Carr? Well, is, Cowboys is, are on the clock at is number. Derek Carr going to throw it downfield to these guys, or how's that going to work? Well, they just, no, you got to run after They're the catch. Guys. Just run after, yeah, run a slant route over the middle. The Dallas Cowboys are on the clock officially at 82 right now, and the pick is in, by the way. It didn't take them long, but we'll look at the options until we actually get the announcement. My best guys, Terrell Burgess, Utah safety, Akeem Davis-Gaither, App State linebacker, Jordan Elliott, the D-tackle out of Missouri, Terrell Lewis at Alabama, the pass rusher, and Curtis Weaver, the pass rusher at Boise, along with Lloyd Cushenberry at center. Maybe Cameron Dantzler, Amik Robertson at corner, but Mm. those are the names that I've got. I think the defensive tackle here, we we, we didn't mention Gallimore. Was mm-hmm. a guy too, the Oklahoma kid. I love his effort, by the way. There were a couple times where the ball broke and he was able to go make that play. So where would you play? I mean, he's a three technique. I think right? Gallimore's a three technique. To yeah. me, I just I saw him get pushed around on tape, which I didn't love, but you did see a lot of snaps where you're like, Oh, there's there's some initial quickness here that maybe wasn't measured at the combine, but there's some initial quickness here to beat blockers early. How about the pairing between what could be Gallimore and then Gerald McCoy? Two Oklahoma products. On that defensive line, you throw Dontari Poe in there as well. That would be fun to me, honestly. I was still kind of looking at the secondary, but now that you've kind of brought up Gallimore, I like that idea. The fact that he's even here. 
it's I mean, I would prefer an edge rusher, but it you know, those options kinda got taken away from you. And I'd I mean Are you I, would you be comfortable with Weaver here? I don't think so. I on me personally, I don't really like Weaver. I wasn't I, I went and spent some more time with him earlier this week and I just didn't see anything that translated to what I think the Cowboys want to do. Here's the Maybe pick. Wrong. 2020 NFL Draft. The Dallas Cowboys select Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle, Oklahoma. Okay, there's the guy we're talking about, Neville Gallimore, guy you see him with the initial quickness, winning early in the in the plays as a, a guy that's able to penetrate as a pass rusher and kind of shoot gaps in the run game. I had questions about his power and his ability to anchor. What do you guys see on the scouting report for Neville Gallimore? I saw a player who uh, he would get to the backfield, but then he wouldn't finish. Uh, I think he has some uh, some struggles to uh, really uh, turn, make hard directions uh, in small areas. Uh, love the quickness. I uh, just wish he was a better finisher. And, you know, we, we don't like to harp too much on the production but this for a guy with these types of traits, I wanted to see more than eight and a half career sacks. You know, mm-hmm. I, and I don't, I, again, I trust the tape every single time, but production matters. And he just didn't have the backfield production from a guy that's nicknamed the Canadian bulldozer. Uh, you just expected a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, but he is a very toolsy player. Uh, you love the effort. You love the quickness. So I, I think his best football is ahead of him. And so just hopefully this coaching staff can get it out of him. Yeah, I think Dane's got him dead on. And the ability, I thought the impressive thing about him was the his ability to get with, play with range, to get to the outside, you know, chase the ball, all those kinds of things. I mean, he's a guy that when you watch him play, he doesn't stop. Everything is, is fast, it's quick, keeps going. He tries to do his best. But Dane's right about the finish there, too. C.D. Lamb in the first round. Um, Neville Gallimore now in the third round and Trayvon Diggs in the second round for the Dallas Cowboys so far. If you're looking for dining options while you follow the Cowboys draft, help support local Frisco businesses by choosing takeout or delivery from the Star District, which also includes kits for the whole family and a special offer on Miller Lite from Wahlburgers. For information on draft weekend specials, delivery, and curbside pickup, visit thestardistrict.com. We will be back as the draft continues. You're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And we continue on the Cowboys socials as well as the Cowboys website. After the 82nd pick here in the 2020 NFL Draft, Neville Gallimore, Oklahoma defensive tackle. Guys, are we happy overall with this? I know with a fit, yeah. in the, it makes a lot of sense. This is another solid pick. Are they three for three, though? I will say no, because for me, he wouldn't have been one of the top. I have him graded as a third-round player, and they picked him in the third round. Yeah, me yeah. too. So that's fine, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I had seven or so guys ahead of him, but that's still towards the top of my board. So I won't kill him for it, but I had some guys that I liked better than him. They like college players that wear crimson and white, at least in the course Seriously. of this draft right good, now, because they've got gracious. two Oklahoma guys and an Alabama cornerback. So... One of the things, at least, that I had written down on my film study of him is that he didn't have as much bend as I kind of wanted to. And you could see that, at least in the the combine drills, where the the change of the direction was a a little bit stagnant. Is that something that you would be worried about here? Because, like Brian was talking about, he's a sideline-to-sideline kind of guy. I don't know if that's a whole lot of a worry as long as he's got some 
uh, got some lateral and some athleticism to him. I think Dane's kind of perfect though. That the finish is the thing you worry about. If you're mm-hmm. if you're going to get in position and play with the range and things like that, I think he'd have been if if he was a better finisher, he'd have a, he'd be a second round guy. He wouldn't be in the third round. I think there's people that have a lot of questions. I know I have questions about him. Uh, his you know that'd be like to, to finish. You know, if you get in position. Make sure it happens. There's times where guys get away from him and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit disappointing for him. I did like his 40, though. He ran a 4.79. A big guy like that, uh, you shouldn't be running a 4.79 at the combine. 6.2, oh, four. And you can but, see that on his film as well. Man, there but, was one play in his uh, in his Big 12 championship game against Baylor that stuck out to me, Dane. Well, that, that three-cone, though, 7.97, seven. Yeah. Uh, that's abysmal. Uh, and so you do. That speaks to the uh, you know lack of change of direction skills, the inability to finish in tight areas. That's kind of what you worry about with them. And again, for a player with all that ability, you just you wanted to see better production. But I think context is important here. Oklahoma would line him up, head up over the center, yeah. mm-hmm. nose tackle. Uh, you know, he wasn't asked to just let loose and and win as a three technique in a lot of situations. So. Uh, I think if he is in the right situation, that that is something that uh, could really help him. And what does this say about Tristan Hill and his how he fits Ooh. with uh, moving forward? Just- Nobody here's got loyalty left to him, right? Yeah. I mean, you got a new coach, you got a new coaching staff. They don't have any loyalty to the to the previous right guys. Let yeah. me, Dane. Before we bury Tristan Hill, let me ask you this though. I because I am. I mean, I I don't dislike the pick at all. I'm. You know, he's not. One of my favorite players, but it fits a need. I think, you know, it, it fits the draft slot. I, I don't dislike it by any means, but knowing what we know, you know, Mike Nolan, it seems like they're going to be a little multiple. They could, you know, mess with their front a little bit. They've got Poe and McCoy who can play in both fronts who also are going to start. So there's no starting spot for Neville Gallimore. Mm-hmm. What what does his rookie season look like? Is this just a rotational guy? Does he have the flex to play a variety of different positions? Can he play three and one? Could he maybe do some three, four defensive end if they wanted him to? What do you think? I think you go to training camp and say, you've got a chance to win a job here. Let's see what you can do. And Because I think he does have the ability uh, to do that. He was a four-year starter at Oklahoma. He's played a lot of football. Uh, can he be the guy that steps up and, and wins a job? I think he can. He just needs to be more consistent. Uh, and the the thing that really helps him, that will really go a long way with his coaching staff, is the effort. Effort uh, all the you way. Watch, watch that Texas Tech game. Oh, yeah. my gosh. He's 20 yard downfield makes a tackle. Effort play, absolutely. Yeah. Effort play after effort play. And he's affecting the game with his hustle. And that's something that the coaches will love. Is this the first senior bowl guy that we've seen for the Cowboys? Because I don't believe. Was Diggs, Diggs a did not bowl go to the guy? Senior Bowl. I didn't think so. So this is the first Senior Bowl selection. Mm-hmm. It's that, actually uh, a, that the Cowboys have made. I love the way the draft brings us full circle because Neville Gallimore and Justin Matabuke were were probably the first two guys that we were really on. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, all the way back to the Senior Bowl, and uh, lo and behold, I mean Gallimore was one of our first names, and and here he is on the team three months later. I'm pulling up my notes on what I actually had on him at the Senior Bowl. I'll give you that whenever we get back here on the fan. 
The 2020 NFL Draft continues on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Welcome back. It's the 2020 NFL Draft here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. It is Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, Dane Brugler, Dave Hellman, and Kyle Yeomans. The Cowboys most likely done for the night, but they have made their third round pick. It's Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. And I think all in all, when you are looking at what they've done so far in this draft, if I ask Brian or Dane, have all three of their picks been ranked higher for you as a player than the number they were picked at? Does Neville Gallimore fall into that? Absolutely. Neville Gallimore was 70 for me and they get him at what 81. So uh, I think, you know, uh, CD Lamb was seven on my board, get him at 17. Trevon Diggs was, I believe, like around 33. Uh, they get him at 51. So, yeah, uh, it, it, I mean, just my opinion, my board, the Cowboys did really nice with their value here. Yeah. Like, Canadian product, by the way, on the team, along with LP and Tyrone Crawford. We got the nice pick note. in from the commissioner here for the Rams. Los Angeles Rams select Terrell Lewis. Linebacker, Alabama. Ah, it's one of the few guys that I think I would have preferred the pick to be. Like, I, I won't be hard on the Cowboys here because I think I had six guys that I liked more than Neville Gallimore at that spot. And, you know, that's pretty darn close to the top. So they're, they've picked probably, they might have picked their very top guy on the board multiple I, times in this draft, and they might have got close to it on the third one. I think, I think Gallimore might have been the top grade on their board. And I mean, you, obviously, you can differ. There, there's nothing wrong with that. But in their minds, I think they got their best guy. And that's, you know, Burgess. I, oh God, I want the Cowboys to draft a safety so bad. I think, <laughs> I think everybody knows that about me. But I can't kill them for not drafting a guy with chronic injury issues. I think that's that's the most terrifying kind of player. Is and and that's not his fault. I'm not trying to knock Terrell Lewis, but that stuff scares the crap out of me. And I, I feel more comfortable with the sure thing in terms of availability nine times out of ten. Well, and now you've got corner taken care of, you've got wide receiver, and you've got interior defensive line. That leaves edge and safety as really the pressing needs going into day three. I think you've done yourself a favor, even with uh, even with the first pick being C.D. Lamb. I know C.D. Lamb was a, an exciting pick, but it wasn't necessarily that that pressing need that you have now you you move into day three and you can still maybe go get a linebacker you can still grab a safety you can look at edge rusher and still feel good about what you've done in the draft oh i think this this draft is shaping up really well i i mean there's no like this is this is looking really good even if you don't love the gallimore pick i mean kavanaugh even you agree with that right no 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 i do and i'd like i don't even want to take it a Oh no, you had six guys in front of him. Like that's not a pick that I'm going to complain about. You got a defensive tackle that's got the initial quickness that has the traits to rush the quarterback. I'm not mad at that pick at all. Yeah. Uh it's just the first pick they've made where they literally didn't pick the top guy. Yeah. According to me. Uh or Diggs was very 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 close. So I yeah, think... it's it's the first time that I have more than 3 guys that I would have taken over who they took, but to be that close, I love the pick. Here's the Colts selection. Colts select Julian Blackman, defensive back, Utah. Oh, Burgess is not even the first Utah safety off the board. How about that? But I love Julian Blackman. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good too. player. I don't know. Uh, that, that USC tape, I can't get that out of my mind. Michael Pittman just, just abusing Julian Blackman, but uh, surprised. I mean, he's not a better player than uh, Troll Burgess, in my opinion. Agreed on that? 
Real quick, before we, I mean, before we do that, I, just, I mean, just thinking about this in the big picture, because we assume the Cowboys are done tonight. Um, I get, I mean, if I'm trying to nitpick, not going edge rusher here at 82, by and large, probably means you're not finding, you know, a difference maker in for 2020, at least on the edge. So, I mean, you're 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 probably you know you're hoping Alden Smith and Randy Gregory and Tyrone Crawford can all be that for you, and that's definitely kind of scary. But with what they've gotten, I can't complain about it. Um, if Gallimore is the pick you feel the least good about, I got nothing bad to say. Especially you know he's got Dontari Poe and Gerald McCoy, a fellow Oklahoma Sooner, to learn from. I don't think there's any reason to feel bad about that at all. I mean, there's still a defensive end out there in free agency. If you want to spend a little bit of money. Well, yeah, but is that really the Cowboys' way? You get some money laying around. You get a couple bucks laying around. Devion Clowney doesn't have a home right now. I will reinstitute the uh, McDonald's bet with you about that. No bet. Okay. Not his 32 teams. The odds are in your favor. I can't make that bet. Okay. Wouldn't fine. be right. But, no, I think, I think around the room everybody's – Pretty darn happy with what the Cowboys have gone oh, yeah. have done through two days here. You're a better football team than you were yesterday, by far. And I think that's kind of what they wanted to to give themselves an opportunity to do whenever it turned in terms of free agency. Yes, you just picked up Neville Gallimore, but you picked up guys like Gerald McCoy and, and Dontari Poe that if you didn't want to go Gallimore there, you'd be fine. Same thing at Edge Rusher. I think it gives them an option and it gives them a safety net to go best player available, at least on their board, and not have any worries about it. And kind of like what Dave was saying. And now it's time to go hunting. It's time to day three. It's time to find guys that you like the traits on, that you hope something can work out for, or see if somebody falls into your lap. Because, you know, when you're playing the odds, you're day three guys. Some of them aren't going to make the team. Some of them are never going to make an impact. Um, but it, now it's time to go hunting. Let me do my, since he's not talking right now, let me do my broadest impression. It's the day of the scouts. I'm going <laughs> to go hunting. I'm going to go hunting for some, for some players. With some I'm glad traits. you learned after all these years, Dave. It's the day of the scouts. Day of the scouts. Buffalo pick. Bills pick. Picks in. Yeah, here we go. Utah. Ah. Zach Moss, running back. Utah is Ooh. going to the Buffalo Bills. I love Zach Moss. He's hard to tackle. Running back to break tackles, they're my friend. You look at that Buffalo uh, backfield, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. That's uh, that, that's a pretty nice duo back there for uh, Josh Allen at quarterback. Well, they got three running backs. They got Josh Allen back here. So, that's nice. <laughs> that's not even really a joke. <laughs> it's it's, it's the, best, the best thing he has. Uh that team, that team's fun. You know, you build a good defense. You have a quarterback whose legs are a threat, and now you're backing him up with a couple of different running backs. It's a little bit old school. Um, and that I, I just I like Zach Moss. I think he's a fun runner to watch. I think you got a really mean business if you're going to tackle him, and I, I think that that bodes well to transition from college to the NFL when you're somebody that people are going to shy away from wanting to hit because you're tough to bring down. He's not even that big. You look at him, you're like, that's not a big guy. I just remember we started the process even last year. He was like running back number one on everybody, and then he stayed in, right? He didn't, he mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't come out, and everybody's like, oh, you got to watch this guy. You got to watch him. You got to watch him. And He's tough, and he is, and he is really tough. I mean, yeah, catch the ball. I mean, I, I there's sometimes you watch him on tape as pass protector. He's got some of those those all around back traits to him with that ability to step up and hit people. Physical guy. 
Well, and kind of going back to to what Kavanaugh was saying about his size, he's five nine and a half, but he's still two hundred and twenty three pounds. So he's wide enough to to be able to pack an impact on in the middle of runs up the middle. And I think he's somebody that you could just kind of run up the gut and be okay with. The draft rolls on. The Patriots are on the clock at number eighty seven. You've been listening to the draft here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Zach and Eric will be coming up next here as the draft rolls on on DallasCowboys.com. You're listening to the draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And now we are back on DallasCowboys.com. And I want to go ahead and tell you about the Cowboys and raising virtual funds for the Salvation Army. They're real funds, but they're doing it virtually by participating in the 2020 NFL Draftathon three-day virtual fundraiser aimed at helping communities impacted by COVID-19 and a health crisis. If you want to learn more, go online to NFL.com slash relief. Doing some great things during these crucial times here in our community. And the Cowboys have made their three picks in the first three rounds of the draft, seemingly done for the day unless they want to get crazy here at the back half of the third round. We're almost getting to comp pick time, about 10 picks away from at least that sort of thing. You've got the Patriots, the Saints, the Vikings, and the Browns coming up next as the Patriots are currently on the clock here. Guys, how are we kind of shaping out as we go back into this this latter part of the third round? Well, trying to reset the draft board here. Uh, you know, we had a few key players coming off: Cushenberry, Lewis, Davis, Gaither still around, Adam Troutman from Dayton, the tight end, Curtis Weaver, Boise State, Jordan Elliott, Missouri, uh, Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, and then we still have the quarterbacks. You know, Jake Fromm, uh, Jacob Eason. Uh, surprised we haven't heard either of those two names come off the mm-hmm. board. Uh, I mean, they're. There are issues with both these players, so don't get me wrong. But still surprised that we haven't seen a, one of these teams maybe roll the dice on one of them. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that, too, because normally you would see more quarterbacks go. We've seen the, the top four in the first round, and then one since then. We saw uh, Jalen Hurts to Philadelphia in the second, and since then it's been all quiet on the quarterback front while running backs have kind of been going a little bit crazy. But I, I guess you can maybe – get the sense from some of the teams and the way they've handled their offseason. I mean, there's still guys like Jameis Winston and Cam Newton out on the free agent market. Do you think that has a little bit of an impact on why teams are maybe reluctant to take a quarterback here? I think not only that, but you think about the current setup of what we think the fall is going to look like. Are we going to have a training camp? Are Mm. we going to have, you know, uh, these opportunities for these young quarterbacks to – get acclimated with the playbook and his new teammates and everything. And it's going to be tough for some of these young quarterbacks to really, uh, you know, get in there and, and carve out a role. So I think when you look at both these guys, they both have something about them that you really worry about their their transition. With with Eason, it's the heavy feet, uh, his ability to navigate pressure. With Fromm, it's, he's very scheme-specific. So uh, it's interesting that, you know, are they going to follow the day three? We have, what, 20 picks left or so? So it should be interesting. Now, and the Patriots selection has been made and announced. Anthony Jennings, often, or outside linebacker, rather, out of Alabama, is what New England goes with at pick 87. Dane, what's your scouting report on him? This is a guy who, going into 2019, I think was tabbed as maybe one of the guys to watch as a first or second round recruit. Yeah, with Jennings, I don't know. It's tough to get overly excited about what he offers because I don't. He, you know, average size six two, two fifty six. Uh, he's not very sudden as a pass rusher. 
but he led Alabama in tackles for loss and sacks. Uh, you, you like a lot of what he brings from, uh, you know, a, a stopping the run, play recognition standpoint. But I just don't – I think he's a little bit limited if you're expecting him to just rush off the edge. I think he's going to be someone that – it's and it's interesting that they drafted him along with Josh Uche. Kind of similar mm-hmm. positions but very different uh, types of players. Uche is going to bring that speed off the edge and you a little bit of a liability uh, against the run where Jennings a little bit the opposite. So if you combine these two players, you might have uh, a really good pass rusher who could stay on the field at all all three downs. Uh, but it's interesting that they would bring both these guys in on day two. Maybe they are going to do an experiment like that. Why not? Find a way to combine them. It's like the horse lake theory. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. That's usually, that's that a day three. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Horse, horse lake is day, day three. three. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Save sorry. that one for late in the day. <laughs> tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Who, uh, who likes Saban guys more, New England or Baltimore? Oh, I think that, and maybe even include the Vegas Raiders in this too. Yeah. You know, Mike Mayock is always going to, he's got a great relationship with three sets of coaches. I think at Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. So, I mean, that's kind of, it, it, Mike Mack, when he goes to, when he used to go to that Alabama Pro Day, he was like king. You know, he was like walking around like he was a king. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, but yeah, the, there's teams that they, they all bow down to, I mean, Saban, he's got all these players, he recruits them, but he just beats them all up. You know, I mean, he does. He he uses them up. They play a lot. They play extra games every year. They have hard practices, you know, with him. So yeah, it's it's what you're gonna you're gonna love the players because they play in those games and they're good players. But you get them, they're pretty they're pretty beat up by the time you get them. And he's the second Alabama player to go off the board in the last four picks. Actually, splitting that with Utah, by the way, and Alabama edge rusher and Terrell Lewis, and then you've got Julian Blackman from Utah, Zach Moss from Utah, and then Jennings from Alabama. Now. With the Saints and Vikings coming up here in the next couple of moments, what's what are the boards kind of starting to look like, Dane, as we do get into – we're getting close to pick 90 here. So I mentioned the compensatory picks coming up here in a little bit. The Patriots have plenty of those. But uh, at least the board for me looks pretty heavy on the defensive line with still Curtis Weaver and even Jordan Elliott in that mix as well. Yeah, the top guy for me is Akeem Davis-Gaither, talking about a defender who can be a playmaker. Um, you know, he's kind of that Isaiah Simmons light, you know, tall, long, athletic. He can do a lot of different things for you. Uh, surprised he's still around here at this late stage of the third round. Uh, and But I'm with you with Curtis Weaver, too. Um, you know, this guy was so productive at Boise State. There's a lot of things I don't like about him. I, he doesn't have an ideal body doesn't have uh, you know necessarily there's a reason he didn't run the 40 yard dash at the combine um, but the production is undeniable now he beat up on some weaker competition but still the way he can use his hands is something that I think at that position surprised that we haven't seen a team take a flyer on him yet yeah. I haven't seen a, a flyer at all there Brian no I, I I'm with Dane uh, about the player I I'm I just keep looking at that Davis Gaither and you know I, I don't know what it is but you know if I, i'm looking for in the third round guys that can run guys that can finish you know i mean that he's that he's that guy for me i i, I look at him and i just i'm like okay somebody's gonna take this guy you know i was kind of hoping that the cowboys were gonna look at him you know i mean i had mm-hmm. him in that round with with gallimore and all that we need to figure out the deal with burgess too by the way guys you know yeah, that just might, keeps falling that's a that's a phone call for brian brought us on the way home 
You know, and I know Dane can do the same thing. You know, but we can. You know, we just wonder. A few of those phone calls from Brian brought us all the way home. No, but but you you got to you got to figure out. Okay, why is this guy? He he was clearly, if you look at the tape, his ability to do a lot of different things to cover to play in the slot. I mean, you had to find him out there, but he made. He's a productive player. I just don't understand why. You know, maybe teams are are kind of shying away from guys like this. Now, I do want to make a correction. I said that the Saints were on the clock. This is Cleveland. Browns. Yeah. Yeah. It's Cleveland. This is a, a, a direct uh, deal from what they had earlier in the second round whenever they swapped picks there. So the Browns are actually on the clock. Could we see maybe a, a corner here potentially go in the next couple of moments? Because I know they, they still need cornerback help. Uh, maybe a, I don't know, Edge, maybe defensive receiver. line here. Uh, yeah, defensive tackle they they mm-hmm. need, defensive end, definitely. So, and that's, you always have, uh, you know, with a new front office, a new head coach, you have a group of guys that want their guys. And so I really don't think, you know, besides uh, quarterback and running back, I, I think every other position is pretty much in play at this point. Yeah, that's true. It's much like the Dolphins where I don't think they're in as bad of a spot as the Dolphins, but they've already taken an offensive tackle in Jedrick Wills. Grant Delpit went in the second round at uh, pick 44 and now they're picking here in the third so uh, they've had a little bit of time to wait here for this pick but they could really address a couple of issues where when it comes to the defense and then also maybe adding a wide receiver if you really wanted to depending on what the uh what the the deal is with odell beckham jr yeah as we wait for this pick guys when is that run for the tight ends going to start yeah i I got i've got all these tight ends kind of lumped together and I know with Asiasi, I, I mentioned him. Okay, Troutman is a Dane guy. Uh, the law firm of Brian and Bryant, you know, uh, yeah. Albert O from Missouri. I mean, is there a Pinkney? When, when are we get the commissioners? Uh, got to pick in right now. Let's see if we can get it here. COVID nineteen relief. Here we go. And we encourage you to keep them coming. We made a difference, and we'll, we've raised millions of dollars already, and we hope to do more. And remember. The NFL is matching all of your donations, so we hope you'll keep it coming tonight. With the 88th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle, yeah. Missouri. That's a good pick. That's a Cleveland. good pick. I love that. Pick. Yeah, as long as you are comfortable with the character, you're comfortable with the person. Uh, yeah, you definitely like the player at this point in the draft. Uh, a guy who started at Texas, transferred to Missouri, and I tell you, there are times on his tape where you see a first-round player. You mm-hmm. see a guy that can dominate uh, the point of attack. He can slip through gaps. Uh, there, there's a lot to like about Jordan Elliott uh, as a as an ascending player, a guy that's getting better and better and still very young. So that was the thing with him. He, he plays young. He acts young. But the talent is not a question with this player. Yeah, see, this is where I would have taken him over Gallimore. Me personally, me too. I would. Yeah, I I, this so is where too. you know. Yeah. You know me. I'm the Cincinnati Bengals of our staff. Yep. And I, I really don't. You know. I mean, everything Dane said is absolutely right about maturity and things like that. Yep. The tape is too good for me. I'm in the third round here. I'm the big, massive tackle that gets up the field, and stops people. It's hard to move. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, what are you uh, about? Dave, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Brian's contradicting himself, and I'm here to hold him to task. That's what Ooh. I'm going to do because. I love Jordan Elliott. I loved his tape. Like I you turned him on him really early in the. Draft I was like, process. "Whoa, yeah, this guy's getting in the backfield every other snap from like five different positions. He's a ton of fun." But Brian brought us 
will tell you that the criminal round is the fourth round. Oh, I see what you're doing. Oh, is he, oh is he, well, so, you don't got to make the guy oh, criminal well, now. Well, thank you, no, David. Well, I appreciate I mean, that. I mean, he might not be a criminal, but if there are character and non-tape concerns about a guy, yeah. then 82 is too high for me to take that. No, game. but, I, no, but I, Brian, Brian bringing that name, bringing this name up after the Cowboys have taken Gallimore makes me look back at my board and be like, oh, wow, I don't think I even mentioned him when Gallimore was taken as one of the guys I had ahead of him, and I had him a full round ahead of him, so we, i got to be honest about that. Vikings no, pick. I, Vikings going to pick right I, now. The Vikings select Cameron Dantzler, defensive back. There you go, Mike Zimmer. Good pick. There you Mike. go, Mike That's Zimmer. Second solid corner that they've they've selected because they took Jeff Gladney with 31, so they're double-dipping in corner already. I like they that. Need, they need corner. <laughs> oh, they, they absolutely need, need corners. <laughs> I, I'm not going to point fingers at anybody here. I'm not. And because I just feel like there's a lot of people that carried this guy down the board because of, of the, of the, of the 40. And I, I, I guarantee you something happened to him at the combine where he didn't have a good day. And I could have gone to Mississippi State. I said it a bunch. I could have got him faster, not at 38 yards. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have got him at 4-3. I would have got him at 4-5-2 or something like that, maybe, or 4-5. But, I don't think he plays like a 4-6 guy. I'm just watching him play against a quality competition week in, week out in the SEC, and the guy covers. The guy has the ability to make plays, intercepts, creates turnovers, things like that. I hope he has a really nice career. He went to the perfect coach, by the way. Mike Zimmer, Mike yes. Zimmer will, Mike Zimmer will get him to play to his best level. If he's a 4-5 guy, he'll outplay this draft slot for sure. He will. I, this, I like is, this, this is this is this. He will. He's a, he's on tape. He is better than that draft slot. But I like I just can't take this place where everything's even and I can trust the times, and throw out one that says it's going to be really tough for him to be a good NFL player. Can't do it. I just. But I mean, they picked him in the round where I have him. Got him in the third round. Yeah. The the the, the tape is just too good for me. And I again, Mike Zimmer will figure out a way to to use him. And, and and use him the right way. This is much. This is this is get. This is could be the Richard Sherman. This could be a Richard Sherman. Sherman play, ran right? a four five. Yeah. Well, this guy ran four six. Yep. And he could. And I could have got him in four five. Look, my, my biggest issue with with Dantzler wasn't necessarily his speed. It was just his ability to turn and find the football. That I, I thought that was something that he did, and it, inconsistently. And when he did, he would make contact and. Uh, it, it's it's a player who was a quarterback in high school. He didn't really play corner until he got to uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, and so he's still learning. Uh, but I think he has upside because he's a good athlete. Uh, he's tall, a little leaner than you want. You worry about the body armor holding up and run uh, support. But uh, I thought he was a better better player than uh, here uh, around the 90th pick. It's Jonathan Greenard at 90 to the Houston Texans, the uh, Florida pass rusher. That is who you've got going there at number 90. That's the Houston Texans, right? I believe, yeah. yes. Okay. To yeah, finish off second that, pick, and they're both defensive yeah. tackles, or excuse me, defensive linemen. I mean, the geez, with the amount of trades they've been making, yeah, they just don't have that many picks. No, but I just, I, I mean, to finish off the thought we were having about Elliott and, and Gallimore, and, you know, it's it's difficult and tricky talking about off-the-field stuff because you don't know the full picture unless you're really part of this process. Sure. But I can't fault the Cowboys for taking the surer guy. I mean, if they don't, you know, if you don't feel good about Elliott off the field, 82 is still too high for me. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're talking day three, it makes a lot more sense, but I'm not going to ding them for, for taking the guy that they feel more comfortable with. Which makes a lot of sense, I think, overall. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just. That's I, fair. I yeah. thought their tape was around difference. I thought, no, I, I thought I, Elliot's tape was considerably better, but I will say, but again, you're right about what you're saying. I don't, there's things that I don't know about them. I don't know what people mean when they say off the field and unless it, there's something documented on it, I don't know what it is. So if you want to give me an effort player, I'll take, I'll take the Lynch kid from Baylor. You know, yeah, if James you want to give me a guy that could play in, play tackle, I'll take that guy. You know, but I mean, I, Gallimore, that's fine. I mean, where they, I had him on that, that spot. I just thought that Elliott was a better player. I mean, if you said, put all those guys together, who do you have? Elliott, uh, Gallimore, say Lynch uh, the, in that round. I would have it Elliott, Gallimore, Lynch. I mean, like I say, I, I, I'm kind of looking at it as like that Gallimore, Lynch is, is really was a toss up for me. Well, and the Raiders did you a favor before your pick at 82 with back-to-back wide receivers. They're up again for the fifth time today. Do you think uh, Do you think they're going to take another wide receiver here, guys, the fourth of the draft? Oh, Gruden, huh. Gruden can't fourth help himself. Five? Yeah, Gruden can't help himself. They're all there. I mean, they're a great wide receiver class and deep one at that. Well, they got the – this looks like a New England pick, so maybe this was a oh, pick that got moved. Away. Yeah, yeah. New England traded in. Sorry, I, did, I should have yelled that out. They traded up to 91. It's like, ah, Devin Asiasi. How about that? The Raiders took Devin Asiasi, the tight end out of UCLA. It means the Cowboys cannot take him in the fourth round if I've got the rules of the draft right. That is correct. That's correct. That is correct, Jeffrey. Yes. That's a fake fake pin throw. Yeah, they did. Okay. I mean, the Patriots, they – oh, okay, that – Asiasi was the Patriots pick. Okay, they yeah, just moved the thing in. I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. a team that needed a lot of tight end help, and I think Asiasi is a fun prospect. I think Look this is where Bill. he belongs. I think that that's, that's good. That's a team that needed one, and they probably found a future starter here in the end of the third round. Dane, did you, did you hear it all about football character concerns, like how hard he would work, how hard he wouldn't work, that kind of – did you hear anything about this player that way? Yeah, there, there were there were talks about that uh, about him reaching his full potential, and you know that he was suspended at one point, and uh, you know the he liked to enjoy the college experience, uh, that type of thing. Um, so you do worry about that a lot. He was a California kid, and how he's going all the way out to New England. How's that going to play? Uh, but second tight end off the board, right? Yeah, Komet was the first one. Yeah, little surprising to see. I mean, I thought Asiasi was a top five tight end in this draft. I don't necessarily think I would have guessed he would have been the second tight end drafted. Yeah. Long, long yeah, he time was my fifth waiting tight end. Though, for tight ends, though. Oh, I tell you what, though, I I know the Cowboys did a ton of work on him. You know, I mean, it, it was a guy the video conferencing, maybe a thirty visit thing. If they, if they did that, I mean, there was a lot of there were people talking about this guy, him and and Terrell. Those guys were you know were the guys that did a lot a lot of work. Chase on was another one of those guys that did a, they did a lot of work on and. So, you know, I knew the Cowboys maybe uh, would, would concern. I, I was asking you guys earlier, is, is this the run for the tight ends now? Is this, you know, are people going to say, okay, we got to go ahead and start grabbing them now? Or is it, this thing going to stretch a, a little bit further down the board? I could see this being a, a tight end run here in the late in the third. Let's go down the list of teams that could use a tight end. Titans? Yeah. I think they could. Packers? Packers, absolutely, yeah. Broncos? Chiefs don't need a tight end. No. Uh, the Browns. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I just, these guys, it's the one part of my board I'm looking at. I've got everything kind of color-coded. It's the one position where I have those guys, like Bill Parcells used to say, stacked in there <laughs> like club sandwiches, you know? 
And so I'm just thinking, okay, at some point somebody is going to go at But I've got some cornerbacks, too. You know, the Holmes kid from UCLA I got, uh, Robertson mm-hmm. from Louisiana Tech. Like but those are, those are two small guys. Yeah. Those are two, like, tiny guys. You know, eat peanuts off the top of their heads. Hey, you know, Dane. Kind of thing. Yeah. You're the, I mean, you're my Cleveland Browns guy. I just, yep. I just look at you as an extension of the Browns front office. Naturally. Um, what, what do you, what can I, what do you want? Smart what, ass. what do you want for David and Joku? Naturally. Um, I'm trying to get rid of him. So I know you are. It's not going to take much. I mean, um, can I offer you? A, looking for a soft tight end who can't catch. Oh, I would I, say. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, second five. If I can get your third, but now that I told you how I really feel about him, you, I'm you probably cannot not have my. It. You can't have my third because his name I, is I, Neville no, Look at these GMs right. going back and forth. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, can I can I pry him away from you for pick one sixty four? I think if uh, no, I mean that's that's pretty late. I, I I've got to be able to get a better offer than that. I'm I'm, I'm not giving up. Okay, fourth. Do you try? To, I mean, does does how about Tampa? Do you go to Tampa and try and get OJ Howard? I mean, are, I, are they are they are they caught in? Okay, we had to have a second round. Why are you guys pick? not letting my guy Jarwin get his shine on? No, I'm just, my guy just yeah, got paid. If, if we're talking if we're not. talking about tight ends, he's got two backups. Okay, so okay. I actually, hey I think Jeff, set a tight end. For the record, if uh, I'm I'm honestly relieved that Asiasi's gone because I don't want them to draft a tight end. They have Blake no. Jarwin. All right, they Dave. Have... So you heard the same thing then that they really liked Asiasi then. Right? Oh yeah, no. He, I mean, he's he is one of those names that's been circulating around. I don't know if he would have been the pick at one twenty three, but I think they really liked him. Um. So, and I don't think they need a tight end. My whole point was, I would rather try to get Injoku out of Cleveland than draft one of these tight ends because I just I don't feel great about this tight end class. I don't think it's that impressive. I right. still the, think I feel picks better. Picks in. About Hang on, boys. Picks in. Okay, with the 92nd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Devin Duvernay, mm. wide receiver, Texas. I thought they would maybe go with like a John Hightower or somebody like that first before Duvernay popped up. I like the Duvernay like fit a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot, though. And Lamar, yeah. listen, you got two choices. You can throw it to him behind the line of scrimmage and watch him work, or you can throw it to him way down there and watch him run. Because to me, that's what Duvernay kind of is. He's deep threat. He's uh, good in the screen game because he can break tackles. But I don't trust him as a route runner. Nope. Let's let's run, and let's do the opposite of running and step backwards and catch the ball. Maybe jet sweep it. Let Lamar just keep running the ball, keep running the ball. Give him an extra guy that can really run along with Hollywood Brown. You're throwing to these tight ends. I really like that fit. Dane, how is he as a blocker? Uh, I don't know if he was asked to do it that much. At least no, I didn't know it. On, didn't if he did so. on tape, I didn't see it a lot. Uh, but I mean, he's basically an extension of the run game. That, that's what he was at Texas. And he could track the deep ball, but yeah, you just get the ball in his hands and he has the size of a running back. And so he'd break tackles. Grant Delpit will tell you that. Uh, I mean, Duvernay, okay. he's a 4-3 athlete. And, you know, it's like you look at the Ravens building a little bit of a track team there on offense with Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykin as a four three athlete last year so they got speed speed to burn and yeah jk dobbins in this draft uh that that offense is is not fun to go against i think it's a great pick by these guys i I told you i had those pocket of those receivers those like the porsches the duvernays the van jeffersons kj hill i mean these are all guys that can really catch the ball you know, I mean, you, you, you just throw it in their direction. They find a way to make the play. And then after the catch, 
Uh, they've got that kind of ability to finish. So I, I think the Ravens, the Ravens just continually do things that you're like you're, you're looking at them. You're going, okay, they they for years they've gotten it. Ozzy, they've made the transition to Eric DaCosta. I, I I give them a high marks for what they've been able to do. I like this pick overall. I really do. You add another receiver. We kind of talked about maybe a Denzel Mims earlier for for Baltimore, but. Honestly, I think Duvernay might be a better fit than Mims in that offense anyway. So now we've got the Titans up 93-94-95, Titans, Packers, Broncos here. What are we looking at for the Titans? I mean, they took Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle in the first, Christian Fulton in that second round. Where are we going from here if you're looking at uh, an AFC championship Titans team that has done a nice job of adding some talent here? Yeah, I'm trying. To, yeah, maybe I, uh, Curtis Weaver. Um, mm-hmm. Do we have a board. list of who's off the board for them so far? They took uh, the right tackle Isaiah Wilson in the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took the corner in the second, Christian Fulton. Uh, so we could see them go edge rusher. Uh, could see them go with uh, more offensive line help. Uh, could they take a linebacker like Malik Harrison? Um, and they took Jordan I, Chin already, didn't they? The yeah. Yeah, they did. So they lost yeah. their tight end though too, didn't they? Didn't they lose? Uh, they 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 moved on from their longtime tight end there, Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker. Yeah, yeah they, they moved they, on. They so, like uh, what's his name a lot though. Um, their other tight end uh, from FIU. Oh, um, Smith. Johnu. Johnu. Johnu yes. Smith. Yes. Uh, so they like him a lot, but yeah, I mean, tight end could be a possibility here. I mean, I was just again looking at the board and you know, and and seeing where the position, maybe the the better rated players would be on somebody's board. You know, that's kind of who who is the backup quarterback there? Have they have they addressed that with their situation there? I don't think so. Is that an? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what I'm kind of looking at right now. If you know they they've made the commitment, you know, for the guy they have, but is there a backup quarterback there? Uh, no, I think yeah they they have the Toledo kid Logan Woods uh, yeah Woodside, Woodside yeah but mm-hmm. uh, no I mean yeah could they go with Neeson here as a you know the value is just too much here uh, to put behind Ryan Tannehill uh, in case uh, you know of an injury so that's a possibility it's it's still odd we even mentioned maybe twelve thirteen picks ago how we haven't seen a quarterback off the board since. Jalen Hurts went to Philadelphia at 53, and we're almost to pick 100. We still haven't seen a quarterback. I mean, much to, to Brian's point about the tight ends, you could say the same thing about some of these quarterbacks. They don't necessarily need to be starters. A backup quarterback potential, like a, a team like Tennessee. I don't know if Tennessee would go with one here, but, I mean, there's some teams here that could use one. I think uh, this is just a random observation, but I think if the Cowboys are uh, listening, as they tend to do while uh, they're in their separate war rooms right now, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to jump back up in here to get Akeem Davis-Gaither or Terrell Burgess, okay? Don't be afraid to jump back in here. That'd be fun. Are you willing this now? I'm willing it, yeah. What are I, you? I appreciate I'm, you willing it. I'm willing my way usually, to Akeem Davis-Gaither or Terrell Burgess. Usually on day three, you're one of the best willers there is. Yeah, maybe I do have to wait. I have to wait I, for I this round know. to end, get yeah. to sleep in, and day three will something. Yeah. What are you using? I mean, what would you use to get up anyway? That's kind of my question. Okay, so here's the way I would approach it. You got those two fives? Here's the way I would approach it. That's worth worth like eight points. Oh, just use them. I have the two fives. Call call the the guy down in Houston. He'll give them to you. I also got a couple picks. I also know how the comp formula works, so I know what I have uh, coming next year. I know that I'm going to have extra picks. 
and maybe three or four, and maybe a couple of them are pretty darn good. So I'm not afraid to use a next year's pick because it's going to get replaced by a comp pick. That's fair. I next mean, year's yeah. three for Byron Jones? Oh, no, you can't have my Wait, threes. Wait, I'm trading for Byron Jones? No, no, I'm just saying. You, nice. cannot, you cannot have my threes. For next also, year, you're not you going to get next year's threes. Not well. For, you can't trade a pick that doesn't exist. First of all, so okay. No. But you can say that. But you hey, could say can next year three, away. your own yeah. three. You yeah, can you give can your own your three. Your own three for that. No, you got one. You coming. know you're getting one. If you know you're getting mm-hmm. one, yeah. That uh, you can do that. I would not do that. But nobody's going to give you a third right now for next year's three. Yeah, exactly. Jets are happy about picking yeah, a player you here. Never know. Oh, the they're just going around. Out. They're just going Dane, around. Okay. You're usually my. My common sense buddy, don't do this. You're you guys are all really player. taking turns being common sense guy, and I'm going to need you to narrow down who's going to play that role. Ever since Dane moved, he's become common sense guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got two kids. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the role that I was going to have to fill coming into this this group, uh, but it's it's everybody okay. but Jeff. Yeah, yeah no, Kyle, you're going to have to come on over to my side and get a little wild on him. You know, it's everybody yeah, but Jeff and Brian. We got too much reality in here. You and let's I trade, get crazy. Fine, let's trade back up and let's go get another wide receiver. Let's go fifty burger. Oh, okay. Is there, is there a wide receiver the that you back? would even want to draft this early left? Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, KJ yeah. Hill. No. Oh, Peoples John Jones. Hightower. Why would you bring that name up? I don't know. I'm just com- no. I'm just getting I'm no. just getting crazy. My highest ones are Antonio Gandy Golden. And Gandy Golden. I can get. I should be able Porsche. to get Crochet tomorrow. Crochet Jennings. I can get Prochet tomorrow. Ideally, I could get KJ Hill tomorrow too. Ideally, yeah, though. I bet I bet KJ Hill's available with their fourth round pick. We got a pick coming in. Finally, Tennessee kind of thing bogged down. The Tennessee Titans select Darrington Evans, Ooh. running back, Appalachian State. Yep, That's that, that makes big sense. I didn't think he'd be the first State. App State guy off the board. He's a that good makes runner, sense. Five bucks to anybody that can name Tennessee's backup running back. Mm, yeah, Darren, I would. I would lose Darren, five bucks. Tannehill, Darrington Evans, <laughs> Darrington Evans. Yep, exactly. Yeah. There it is. Oh, there you, boom! Dang five it. bucks. No, because they they don't really have anybody behind uh, Derrick Henry who's uh, on the franchise tag. So uh, that that pick makes sense. And this is the right way to do things. Leave Derrick Henry on the franchise tag, and after this year, Darrington Evans is your down, running back. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Sorry. Uh, like Darrington Evans, it's all about speed. That uh, that outside zone, uh, just let. He's not the most uh, gifted runner in terms of uh, you know working off contact, and you know he's not a banger in the middle. But he's a guy that will give him a runway, and he'll make something happen. Kind of a lot of ways, kind of like Derrick Henry, just in a much different package. Uh, he's not nearly as big, and he's much faster. But it's all about the runway. You give him a little bit of room to work, and he'll do the rest with that athleticism. Yeah, I think this guy does a really good job. Dane, once again, has got him cold. I, I think that to me that the, the, you look at him and the way he runs and, you know, you kind of see a guy that's been used as a running back and a wide receiver both during his career. And so when the ball's thrown to his direction, he'll make some, he'll make some plays. I mean, he'll make some plays that make some catch. I thought he did a really good job of protecting the football. You don't see him put the ball on the ground. You know, he's going to run tough. He's going to hold on to it. He's got some value as a kickoff return guy as well. I know that's something that's not really big, and I I, you know, I just bring it up, but you know, because of special teams value. But in this day and age with kickoff return, it's like they pump him out of the end zone. If you if a guy's a punt returner, that kind of gets my attention right there. But this kid is a he he's one of those guys when he does see that opening, boom, he's going to hit it and he's going to go. Man, once you get outside the tackles with him, 
he is as fun as they come on tape. I mean, seven yards per carry, 18 touchdowns. Uh, I mean, and, and I think eight of those 18 were outside of the tackles as well, by the way. Just a, a stat that I, I think I saw on Pro Football Focus. It looks like, credit. excuse me, Kyle, it looks like the Packers pick is in. The 94th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Josiah DeGuara, tight end, wow. Cincinnati. Ooh. Oh, Interesting tight end happening. Who had DeGuara ahead of uh, Troutman and Alberto and uh, some of these other tight ends? That's that's surprising. You would have had me on that one for sure. Now, DeGuara did have a really nice senior bowl week, and I mm-hmm. even saw some of the notes that I wrote down. He made a couple of flashy plays in practice that kind of caught my eye. But overall, as a player, I didn't have him even close to either of the Bryant and Bryant law firm, like Bryant called it earlier. I thought that was a great way to put it. But – I didn't have them anywhere close to those guys. Yeah, I was. I this is one of those. I, I think that if you look, I'm trying to think of what would be his his best trait and probably his ability to catch the ball. I think that's something mm-hmm. that I didn't see anything else that was really kind of just really stood out other than okay, throw him the ball. He's pretty good at you know, extending the hands, catching it on the move, getting up the field, but. I you know I would kind of see a guy that that, that that's about his his best ability of, is is doing that is being able to catch the ball instead of being a, a run blocker for say. Now you got the Broncos up, the Chiefs in the Browns, or excuse me, uh, yeah, no, it would be the Browns next at ninety seven. And ninety seven, by the way, is the first comp pick that we would have out of a string of them. There's ten comp picks to to round out the one hundred and sixth overall selection that right now it belongs to the Ravens. So with the Broncos on the clock here, they've had a couple of picks go their way so far, trying to look back as to who they have selected. And you go back up to the first round, come away with Jerry Judy, helped kind of open the door for C.D. Lamb to the Cowboys. Then you get K.J. Hamler. So they're going with that that extra wide receiver look, much like the Las Vegas Raiders. And then they get Ojemudia or whatever you say his name, like the cornerback out of Iowa. Yeah, that guy. Uh, but what are you looking at here? Oh, they also got Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU to go into that as well. So maybe defensive line thinking about here for the Broncos. They haven't addressed that yet. That's the one need that I have written down for them that they haven't necessarily had a, a, a solid pick at here. Well, James Lynch from Baylor. Surprised we haven't heard his name yet. I think. Teams are confused where to best play him. That was my problem. Three technique only. Uh, can you play him an outside as a base end? He doesn't have great length, but hard to ignore the production that he put up. I mean, it's the uh, Panthers Staggering. have him and Weaver. The, uh, yeah, uh, the Panthers have uh, drafted a lot of defensive linemen, but if he falls any further, Matt Rule is going to make a play to. Yeah, go get he him. has to. I mean, this it's kid, his guy. Yeah, this is guy. And I, I think the thing that's really nice about him is that you, you can't see him play as a wide technique. You know, as an edge rusher, he's got the great effort in those. He'll finish some plays. I saw him get fooled a couple of times. I, I mean, I like the kid. And there's people saying, okay, you could play him outside. You could play him inside. Play him as a three technique. Let him get up the field. Use the quickness. You know, just kind of one of those guys that just keeps coming at you. You know, he is, there's a relentless type of uh, to his game, effort and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love players like that. Maybe I fall in love with players that I always see. And Gallimore was a guy I should give him credit for the plays he was making running down the field and stuff like that. But I, I really did like uh, uh, James Lynch quite a bit. What about Fotu here for Denver? I mean, th- that's a guy who's still on the board that I know, Brian, you brought him up really early in the, the broadcast, but 
he's still on the board as a guy that could maybe come in and make. Yeah, no, that was the Falcons. I was talking to those guys, and they they kept you know they kept cluing me in on like, oh, we know like we like this Futo guy, we like him, and I'm like, okay, I watched him and stuff like that. But you know, then they made a, another pick. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm I've, I've got other guys I think that I would I would take. I like the Lawrence kid from LSU a little better. At that's at that spot, okay. if, you, if you wanted, really? to, if you want, yeah, I did. I well, did. Tell me, I mean, what do you do with him? I, you know, I've got him playing. I've got him playing as a as a as a defensive tackle is what I do. You know, I think he could play. I think you could put him like as that maybe as a one, a heavy one, or you could play him as the three. There's there's things you could when you watch him play. And by the way, the the Denver Broncos picks in, and we'll get back into it. Here's a uh, Roger uh, Roger Goodell with the with the Broncos pick. 2020 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select McTelvin Ajean, defensive tackle, oh, damn. Arkansas. Mm. What got you to cuss there, Dave? Does Raj have his feet <laughs> kicked up, first of all? Oh, I yeah, he, yes, he's, he does. He's, he's in, done. Yeah, he is big time done. Um, he's, we're in the he, 90s, boy. He, he's throwing the cards on the ground after they're picked. <laughs> he's just taking them. He's like spinning them into the fireplace now. He picks up a, a glass of whiskey <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah. I've got, he's got a cigarette burning over in the corner. <laughs> got a nice book in between picks that he's reading. Right, wait, who, who's up? Okay. Um, no, I, I just, I mentioned this earlier with uh, Neville Gallimore. It's, it's the same thing. I just, I love the way this whole process is so cyclical because uh, McTelvin Aguim was a Shrine Game guy, was he not, yeah. Dan? Yes, he, yeah, was. Sure was. he got he got the and call he, up to the senior bowl. Well, he was good enough that he got the call up to the senior bowl, and he he was on our flight to Mobile. Yep. And, you know, anytime you see a football player in the airport, you're kind of looking for, you're like, okay, this guy's got a pig on his backpack. He went to Arkansas. What's, what's this dude's deal? You figure out it's McTelvin Aguim. He goes to the senior bowl, jumps up onto the radar. You know, he's a last second invite, had a really good week down there. And he's a guy that I would have been really happy to see the Cowboys pick. I, I said day three, which we're getting really close to day three. So that makes sense. And it's just cool. Like, you know, he, he was, he he made the best of a of of a late time call up yeah. and I'm I'm happy for it's him. It's that pressure, Dave. You feel that pressure covering the Arkansas guys, right? You no, know, not you, at have, all. Have, you know, Steven and Jerry, you gotta kinda know those Arkansas guys. I don't have a background you know, on them. Oh, Brian, you're smarter than that. Oh, like the I know. Cow- I'm just the Cowboys you. don't actually ever draft Arkansas. They don't, players. but you gotta know about those cats. This guy started forty great forty games in his career. Yeah. Think about that. Experienced. You, yeah, he's got some athletic ability to him. He's got really good desire. I love the effort, the way he plays. I, the reason I watched him is because I kind of was getting some hearing some whisper. Oh, Kansas City's on the clock. Let's go to the commissioner real quick here. With the uh, 96th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Lucas Nyong, tackle, TCU. Frogs. Frogs. Lucas Nyong. <laughs> Oh, go frogs! I thought Jeff was yelling. We were robbed. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was thinking he was saying. I have to, so I have to reach to the thing when the yeah. commissioner. I have to get out of the chair and push. Jeff, the dial up so right really knee is on fire yeah. right now from having to get up so many times. But just finish up with uh, our our Arkansas guy. I, I like the guy as far as you could watch him in a couple of games. Kentucky, Auburn. I thought he played pretty well in those games. With the like to see him use his hands a little bit better. But there there were some snaps where he just threw his shoulder into the blocker and went from there. But he's got some pop to his approach, and uh, you know I, I could see why uh, somebody likes the kid. Great the effort with him is is really really good. Well, and I also I think during his uh, his time at the the Senior Bowl, you also just kind of saw the effort. And I know there was a, a piece put out by the DallasCowboys.com crew a, a little bit earlier this week, and even in those kind of it was a documentary behind the scenes of the draft process 
with the scouting department and one of the, the clips they're actually talking about a game and, and what he's doing at the senior bowl, kind of talking about his technique and whatnot. So at least at one point, the Cowboys scouting department at least caught the attention or, uh, or at least a game got caught the attention of the scouting department overall. But yes, Lucas Nyang goes to the Kansas city chiefs. They get some offensive line help. Is that just depth Dane in terms of, there for Kansas City or is tackle actually a need there no I don't think it's a need with Fisher and Schwartz but uh you know I think the value for the Chiefs uh, became you know too much and they didn't want to pass he mm-hmm. he was a right tackle only at TCU yeah. maybe you'd look to move I mean six six three fifteen. uh maybe you'd try and move him inside to guard see what he can do uh but this is a player where if he were fully healthy I think he goes earlier than this uh but he had a hip injury that he he played with uh he played through his entire or the first half of his senior year and then he just you know pain tolerance became too much and uh he he missed the second half of the year missed most of the pre-draft process if he can be more consistent with his footwork with his landmarks i I like i like a lot of what he has to offer so I, i like this as an upside pick for the chiefs Jacob Phillips, the linebacker from LSU, goes to the Cleveland Browns. We're now in the compensatory phase of the uh, the draft here. So, David Hellman, give me a little scouting report on Jacob Phillips, the linebacker LSU. I just think he's a he is a steady player. Like nothing. I mean, he doesn't have that athleticism that's going to wow you like Patrick Queen. That's why he's being drafted here. But he just produced for LSU. I mean, he tackles everything. He's got the athleticism to move side to side. Um, he he makes plays on the ball. I remember, Brian, we sat next to each other at AT&T Stadium and watched him pick six Miami. Um, he He's just a reliable guy. Like, I, I would have loved to draft this guy on day three to be a you know a fill-in for for my will and yeah. Mike linebacker position. Yeah, that, matter of fact, they're showing that interception right now against Miami. You know, the thing that bothered me, even though he had that pick six, I, I saw them take him off the field in some nickel situations. You know, it's like they it's like they weren't really sure about him. They were rotating guys in and out of there. But I, you're right, Dave. He'll step up and he will take on ball carriers and he will finish. And he's not afraid to deliver a blow, be physical. But again, that get, taking him off the field, especially well, late in the year. That's, were, I mean, he's at a school like LSU. Like he could be the best player on the defense at a lot of schools, but not LSU. And right. that, I mean, he got lost in the shuffle behind a lot of guys because they're they've got four and five star talents everywhere. Which is, you know, I'm, I wouldn't have, I would not have drafted him any higher than this. But I just think he's. I mean, I think he's going to play in the NFL for a while. Maybe not be a star, but just a solid productive linebacker well and i think kind of the the fact that he's selected here it kind of brings up the the conversation of the linebacking group overall there's only been a handful of linebackers even taken in the draft you still got some good ones out there like a malik harrison from ohio state troy die oregon akeem davis gaither who we continue to talk about here uh marcus bailey from purdue is a guy who right around this sweet spot of the fourth round we've had conversations on the draft show before uh, over, so I, I still think there's a lot of linebackers that are taken or that are still on the board, rather. So the fact that he's, I believe, I have seven linebackers taken. So you have Phillips is the seventh. Uh, that's a pretty high token for a guy who, like you said, got kind of pushed back because of the success of a guy like Patrick Queen. Well, we got Baltimore's on the clock. This was a pick that originally belonged to New England. So now the Ravens, we're waiting for them to. Uh, to hand their card in right now. So 
feel like the Ravens have had. A, I always say this: the Ravens had a good draft. They just and sit there and pick the they best just pick player. players, and they they fall to them, you know. And, and they get the Lamar Jackson at thirty-two. Why does that make y'all so mad? Because they do the right thing. Because you I, wish your what, team did that. Yeah, you wish I admire you, it, and they're I doing it. it. The Cowboys are doing it this year, so you know it's cool. Just they do it a lot. Well, <laughs> the Ravens pick Patrick Queen. J.K. Dobbins, yeah. Justin Matabike, mm-hmm. Devin Duvernay, yep. and they still need some defensive God. line help, maybe defensive tackle or edge here, but that is a hell of a haul. It's a pretty good draft yeah. so far, guys. And you're wondering why I was mad, right? No, I'm not. But, I mean, it's Thinking not like the end of every round. Yeah, they're, they're like, they don't move. You know, it's I mean, not like they're in the damn NFC East. I mean, you, you get to see them firsthand next year, Dave. Yeah, we, we get, you get to and, make a trip to Baltimore, and hopefully they'll have oh, the. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you get to stay there at Camden Yards. I'm going to you know, eat right some crab the... cakes, and oh, I'm yeah. going to watch some football. That's such a lovely city. It I'm is going to be a blast. Flip the lady an extra 20. She'll give you an extra crab cake, Dave. I'll do that, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I did it a couple of times. It works. How much are crab cakes? 20 bucks? No, you get them free at, you know, in the media area, but they only give uh, you one. So you, you, oh, Roger Goodell is going to give me a pick. <laughs> With the 98th pick. Cash the, nine, excuse me. In the 2020 <laughs> NFL draft, the Baltimore Ravens select... Malik Harrison, linebacker, oh, Ohio State. You got to be kidding me. Malik Harrison. Speaking of the Ravens, getting good players. That's such a good pick. I, I think Malik Harrison's uh, arguably the best run-defending linebacker in the draft. Um, and he wasn't asked to be in pass coverage all that much, but this is a pretty good athlete, so I think he can do it. But versus the run, he's really, really good. And he's a high school quarterback. Wanted to play receiver when he went to Ohio State. They moved him to linebacker, and every single year he got better and better and better. Surprised that he's the 98th pick. I thought he'd go much higher than this, but uh, typical Ravens fashion, they let a good player fall to them, and they get him. I will say this. I just, I mean, I just gave a nice scouting report of, of Jacob Phillips. I would draft this guy ahead of Jacob Phillips. Oh, yeah. Oh, no I would, doubt. too. No, like, no question. I didn't even, uh, you know, we're so deep into this thing, I didn't even realize he was still on the board. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, this feels like a steal, which again, not a huge surprise for the Ravens. Well, and the, the thing is, is I, I brought his name up a little bit ago. I did much like Kavanaugh did, and he kind of talked about a little earlier about doing the, the cheap and kind of lazy mock draft the night or the morning of the draft. That's he was right. the one that was there at 98 uh, for my mock draft this morning. So that's why I brought his name up, kind of going along with Jacob Phillips going. It kind of sparked the conversation of linebackers. I had no idea that even the Ravens we're interested in a guy like Malik Harrison, but man, I, I love that pick for them there. And now you move on to the Giants and then the Patriots, or excuse me, the Patriots have given up their 100th comp pick as well because now Las Vegas has that selection. And so you've got the Giants and then the Raiders. Is this a spot maybe for the Giants to look at a tight end overall? Because uh, much like Brian was talking about earlier, there's a, a run of tight ends going. And I think. You, you look at the Giants, the, the, even though they have Evan Ingram, they may want to look at a tight end here. Maybe interior offensive line, because I know they've had some trouble there, too. It's been a run on tight ends that probably shouldn't have been picked yet over tight ends that are still on the board. So if you want one, hold on, go to the podium. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Matt Herring, tackle, University of Connecticut. Matthew Parrott. Is it pert Good pick. or pert? It's, it's pert. pert. It's what? Pert. 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 All right. Yeah, Roger had it right. Good job, Rog. Well done. And Why is it a, a good pick, Dane? Well, and uh, it's a little bit of local uh, flavor for him. Grew up in the Bronx. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So he goes to the Giants. And uh, a player who, has, uh, I feel like I've said this a few times, but has yet to play his best football. Uh, huge uh, size, frame, 6'6", 318. 30, 36 and 5 8 inch arms. <laughs> you watch the highlights, his arms look so long. I mean, just silly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he played left tackle and right tackle. He's still figuring out uh, how to, you know, uh, how to answer a lot of the counters that mm-hmm. rushers are going to throw at him. But he moves well. He has length. I mean, that's he's a developmental tackle. That in the third round, that's the type of guy you're looking for. Well, just to tie this back to the Cowboys, also Cam Fleming right now is listed as the right tackle, but they did take Andrew Thomas in the first round at fourth overall. So it's the second tackle that they've taken. Dane was more of a left or a right tackle during his time at UConn. He played well, right. It, I saw him on right. Well, right. it was weird because he played. He started at left tackle his first two years. Okay. Then they moved him to right tackle for his final two years. Yeah. And I asked him why, and he said, I don't know. Coaches just asked me to, just so cause. I did. And I was like, okay. There you go. So he he uh, he's shown that he can play both sides. I went back and looked at some of his sophomore film, and it's not like he was abysmal there. He did a nice job. Um, and you know, I talked to him about he was the last remaining uh, member of that recruiting class in, uh, from UConn in 2015. And uh, I asked him why why just stay? You could have transferred, grad transfer. And he said, you know, I'm a loyal guy. This is the program that believed in me, gave me a scholarship. So I want to pay that back and. Uh, just a really good uh, person, and I really enjoyed talking to him. And actually, I called his high school football coach to find out more about him, and uh, he I couldn't get him off the phone because he kept raving about how impressive a young man he is. Tanner Muse is going to be the first Clemson safety off the board, although wow. do you guys think linebacker. he's going to be a linebacker? I think he's playing okay. linebacker. That's, what, yeah. that's what I'm thinking, too. And, and this is a Raiders pick, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, here's Mike Mayock again. I mean, great guy, but he's he's going to take a guy from Clemson or <laughs> Alabama, one of those places. So, yeah. Hey, I mean, when in doubt, yeah, draft guys from the schools that go to the playoffs every year. I, the one thing that I noticed about this guy watching him on tape, he looks like he can really run. He can. Oh. He ran a four yeah. three. I mean, combine, and, and right? I was watching the four, I was four, watching four, the four, national four, yeah. championship game. Here I'm I'm with Dave Hellman live at the game, but I had to go back and watch the tape. And this kid, they put him in coverage. Either they put him like uh, Edwards Hilaire would go to the flat, and he would run with him, or he would carry Moss inside. So they did him a couple of different uh, uh, put him in a couple of different spots. Dane, this guy's a really good special teams player, isn't he? That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. He's gonna. I think he's. I don't know that he's. Where's he going to play on defense? I have my questions there. Yeah, this is a Rich Basaccia pick right here. Right. He's going to play 10 years in the league because of special teams. Okay. But I, I just I question uh, with the rare Jets and Patriots trade. Uh, but, yeah, the Tanner Muse, four four one speed at his size. He was a big-time baseball player in high school. He is going to be a special teams demon for a lot of years in this league. And you just mentioned the Jets and the Patriots trading. I thought Seattle had 101. Yeah, it looks like Seattle. It says New England's pick is in here. Are we not still on 100? Am I behind? No, we're, on 101. we're on 101, Dave. <laughs> Damn it! Come on. Where'd man. you go, Dave? I'm losing. I'm losing my mind. That's what's going on. Got a whole other day tomorrow, Dave. Yeah, pick it up. Oh. You got four more rounds left, guys. No, no, I'm up to date. Like Listen. news was the last. No, you're I don't not, know, Dave. I saw you no. drinking out of a blue cup. Tomorrow oh. is not a problem, guys. You know how to There's say this. Hey, Dane, what do you think? That's what happens on day three. <laughs> There's water in the cup. With oh, I see what I did. My. Uh, no, my spreadsheet was just off. Case of Miller Lite right behind you. <laughs> Parcells used to tell me, Dave, open. one wrong, all wrong, okay? No, just remember that. I freaking hate you, man. Dave, by the way, did you give the speech before the start of the draft yesterday? 
No, I didn't. I did. You didn't uh, go with these are the times to try men's no, souls. We, we threw out. We threw out some Thomas Paine. We didn't do. <laughs> did the, you? We didn't. We didn't do the whole. Never speech. have so many owed so much to so few. <laughs> me and me and Dane basically just made fun of how melodramatic you are. That's basically <laughs> what happened. Kyle, I'm a little disappointed in you. You didn't carry on that tradition. Is there no? Is there a speech you want to give as we head into the no, second no, hundred? I didn't know there oh. was such tradition. There, and also, Dave showed up yesterday with a tie. Oh no! I did that wear is a tie. tie. That is another. I did wear a tie for I you, wore, Brian. He I didn't tell tie. us though. We, I wore we my wore bow tie. We wore the polo. Dane I, should know. Dane, did you not wear a tie? Dane uh, asked no. me. No. Dane asked me what we should wear, and I told him to do what he wanted. It's so mm, blame oh, Hellman for the lack of tradition. I didn't say Dane's a selfish guy. Y'all are your own men. Y'all are grown ups. You can do what you want. But ever since Dane moved, Brian's right. He's really been about his family. Yeah, sorry guys. Not cool. What kind of person is that? Yeah. Oh me. The fun we have at the draft. Question is football character. I, <laughs> I question why he even came back. I feel like Brian would if he were scouting. He'd be like, "This guy's got two kids. He loves him so much. He's not really into football." Yeah. <laughs> now, Dane, I do want to apologize because it was new. It was New York that traded to New England because New England had one hundred, but they gave that to the Raiders. And now they get back up to one hundred and one. So I, I don't know. It's New England, but I was confused by the original saying. But Dane, of course, as always, was correct and one hundred percent certain that it was a rare New England New York trade between the Jets and the Patriots, and that's why the Patriots are actually on the clock here. Anthony Jennings, Devin Asiasi, two guys that they've already selected. Yeah, pick the most random guy on your board, and that's who they're going to take. Could they go tight Let's end see. again? Man, yes, mm, yes, that was such could. a problem. The, the, the Take FAU my guy Harrison kid? Bryant. Take my guy Harrison. It might be Harrison. Bryant. That's kind of what I would think. That's here. my guy. Take Troutman. Him. Yeah, Troutman would be a yeah. That would be good. I mean, I, I Troutman's my all. next best guy. Hunter. I mean, Hunter Bryant too at Washington. Washington's a good player. I do. I do kind of like Hunter Bryant. He's fun. Could this be for a quarterback? Oh man, let's find How out. About that yeah. because Jared Stidham. It's good value. Oh, wait, no. It's fake out. Fake out oh, from Raj. Kavanaugh it's got a fake, fake out from Raj. Roger's okay, like, but Roger's just talking to random players. Yeah, he's players. Just on Zoom with people or something. Fake but man. how certain are they in Jarrett Stidham and the fact that nobody's taken a quarterback in a while? It seems like that yeah. pick is kind of due here. Belichick Love. is eight steps ahead. He doesn't I really just, believe in Stidham. He believes Stidham can go one in 15, and he believes he can win eight Trevor Super Bowls Lawrence. with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Whoa. I just love that he's sitting at the, at this dining room table with his, I mean, I've got a better setup than the greatest coach of all time. That's yeah, awesome. He looks like, like he's doing homework. Did you see he had the dog? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like his GM is working, he, and the dog is at the chair like looking at the computer. Belichick? Yeah. Well, that's the difference between Belichick and Kingsbury, you know? Kingsbury gets caught up in having a fire lit in a courtyard that you're not even at, and think, Belichick believes in working. I think That looked like the lobby of a hotel more so than somebody's <laughs> oh, house. Oh, here we go. We're at the... We're at the table. Bill's waiting on a biscuits and gravy to show up or something oh, like that. that. Great if you had breakfast for dinner and it was sitting right there. You're at the Waffle uh, House hanging I'm out. I'm hungry. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, okay, we talked about quarterback here, right? Is just somebody threw that out? We just threw it we out. We mentioned the it. Out there. We mentioned it. Here's the commissioner. Tell us. Traded the 101st pick to the New England Patriots with the 101st pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. The New England Patriots select. Dalton Keene, tight end, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Another tight end. Wow. All right. Sleeper tight end. going to let wow. all the good tight ends roll on down the board. Okay. Heard a lot of people really high on him, even though he doesn't get a lot of shine. I like the number 29. 
Well, there, there wasn't lots of watch this year at Virginia Tech, but he was one of the few guys, and they just they barely used him. I mean, he was uh, – you look at his production, it doesn't get you excited, but when he had a chance, he made the most of it. So uh, and you got to love a guy whose nickname is Rambo. So, uh, did you see his picture there? He had the, he had the stringy. He looked like a Rambo. He did. There you go. Yeah, I can see it. Well, his dad was a, a former offensive lineman, so he's got that in his DNA, and uh, there, there's a lot to like about him. As and he goes to a good fit with uh, with the Patriots, who will know how to use him. Along That's, with Devin Asiasi at the same time. I was going to say it's a very Patriots thing to just draft two at the same time. Well, listen, mm-hmm. when you don't have one. Draft a bunch, especially if you're talking about the end of the third round through the end of the draft. Just pick four of them and hope that you hit on one or two. I mean, don't didn't they come into this into today with like twelve picks? Yeah, it was I, it was quite a few. I mean, they've I got they, they're they're owning this round right now. It looks like yeah. they got you know with it. You know, it's funny about the Patriots though. I mean, again, they, they're a team to draft. They don't care. They just don't. They don't care. They're just going to do what they have to do. But it's it's it makes me now think of okay what did did I miss something on Troutman did I miss something on these Bryant guys I missed something on Pinkney did I miss something on Alberto you know I mean is it are these just now all instead of third round guys are they fourth round guys are they fifth round guys yeah that's the, the thing that's the thing it's Pittsburgh Steelers picks in we haven't gone to the commissioner yet but it just makes me think now when I when I look at this guy tonight I'll sit down and look at this board again get ready for tomorrow and I'll have five tight ends that'll be you know, next available guy. Here's the, here's the Steelers pick. With the 102nd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Alex Highsmith, linebacker, Charlotte. I like that pick a lot, actually. Yep. ESPN tipped that pick. They showed Alex Highsmith. They showed his little package before, like, two minutes ago. They, and they showed cut what? Out of it. Oh. oh, stop it, Kavanaugh. Come on. <laughs> They showed his graphic. God, oh, it was graphic. Oh, okay, okay. You guys, you guys suck, man. <laughs> Alex Highsmith, uh, good player. Um, and like, hey, if Dabo Sweeney calls you the best player we've seen all year, uh, it's pretty good. And that's what Dabo Sweeney did with that after uh, they played Charlotte. And it wasn't much of a contest, but Alex Highsmith is, is a uh, really talented guy, and he really wasn't on the radar because he. He was more of an interior player, the way they the way they lined him up. But new coaching staff comes in, they put him outside, let him just pin his ears back and go. And he was one of the most productive backfield guys this year. Uh, he was top five in the FBS in tackles for loss and sacks. So you don't do that without uh, having a little bit of juice to uh, rush off the edge. Yeah, the best film to watch with him was that Clemson tape. You're right, yeah. Dane. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this guy, I mean, he is – I don't think he has that start-stop quickness – but once he does get, you know, the quickness is good, but it's not that stock. When I mean, if you kind of, if you can hold him up, Clemson were kind of bumping him around a little bit, and you know he was he was having a little bit of trouble to get going again. But I, I'll tell you what, though, I mean, he he is one of those guys that when he could work to the inside or he could play on the move, that's where you, that's where I think he does some uh, some good. He does have some pass rush moves. I think his techniques need to get a little bit better. But he, but I felt like though overall though, there's a lot to work with him when it comes to the, the type of player he is. I think the strength needs to improve a little bit, though, uh, with him. But you're right, Van, about watching that, that Clemson tape. That at least gives you an idea of some of the type of competition you'll have to play. And I like stories like that as well With whenever you talk about a, a guy who walked on at Charlotte, a, a Conference USA school, and he was a walk-on because he didn't receive any FBS offers, and he goes on day two of the NFL draft. That's a cool, cool story for 
anybody out there, and it just kind of a, a personal aspect of it. Oh, Billy Jeff. stole my guy. No. Oh, Jeff, Billy are you going to be okay? Guy. I'll be what okay because Akeem Davis Gaither is still on the board. Uh, my. Davion Taylor, the Colorado linebacker, who played a grand total of one high school football game. Give uh, us the scouting report. Six foot, 228, runs like the wind. You can tell that he hasn't played a ton of football because you can see that the keys and the reading isn't always what you would want it to be, but when he gets it right, holy cow, he can get aggressive. He can fly sideline to sideline. He's a 4-4 guy. I think Davion Taylor is my favorite developmental linebacker in this class. I love him. I love him, and he's gone. I'll tell you what, you know, this this guy, Jeff's right about him. He It's funny, they play him like wide and kind of detached. They'll play him in the slot. I was watching the Nebraska game. You know, covering the slot, he can cover some ground, though, too. He'll when destroy he's a screen. He's got legit speed. He really attacks the ball when given the opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a good tackler when he gets the chance. Bring the guy down. There, there's some. He'll put his body in some crazy positions to make tackles. And I thought he needed maybe a little bit balance, better balance and body control. But, man, I'll tell you what, though, there's... There's some times out there where he doesn't know what he's doing. He, it, it, you, you can watch him, and you're like, yep. you're like, man, he's like, he's kind of looking around, and it's like, oh, I need to get the ball, and he's running to get the ball. But yeah, there, there's a there, he's like, Muse is going to be a special teams guy initially. This this guy's the same way. I mean, check, check check the special team snaps for this cat. He ran a four four nine at the combine, then he ran a four three nine at the pro day. Pro day, yeah. So Two yeah, pro days that actually happened, yeah. Absolutely, and it, the, one of the best stories. Uh, didn't play in high school because of religious reasons. So, you know, it's just fascinating that the path that he took. Um, he practiced. He was part of the team, just never played in a game. Well, he played in uh, one game, and it's because they started early enough on a Friday, but. Uh, went the JUCO route, went the then went to Colorado. But like you said, a player where you can tell he's inexperienced with the way he plays. The instincts aren't quite there yet, but the speed sure is. I mean, he ran track mm. at Colorado, oh. so not surprised to see him go at this point in the third round. Rams at 104 take Terrell Burgess. Oh, no. It's a rough, it's a it's rough two picks for you. Utah. It's kind of crazy that he's lasted all the way to 104. We need honestly. to figure that out, yeah. boys. That's, That's all right. Weird. What we need to figure out is what's going on with Akeem Davis Gaither and hope it keeps going on for about 20 more picks, 20 to 25 more picks. When you only got two left in the round and you still got Curtis Weaver on the board, still got all the quarterbacks. Terrell except- Lewis, if you want to take an injury risk in the fourth round. I, I know we don't we haven't talked a lot of tackles at least since the first, but what about Prince Tega here? I mean, Prince Tega's been on the board for quite a while. I actually like the Charles kid from LSU a little better, and that's oh, not because okay. it's my school. Uh-huh. Him and the Kansas yeah. kid. How do you pronounce the Kansas kid's last name? Adenogy. Adenogy. Yeah, I have Charles, the Prince, and Adenogy kind of in that little pocket. The prince thing. is a real prince. He is a real prince. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I kind of got all those guys in that in that uh, fourth round pocket there, guys. Is mm-hmm. where I'm looking at those cats. I'm curious about Charles. Uh, you know, he was in. Oh and out yeah, of, you, the more you dig, the worse yeah. you got. And I, I just, I, I, I don't know this, but I wonder if we're going to be sitting here tomorrow saying, "Oh man, he's still there. He's still there." I wonder yeah. why. So. Yeah, I, 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 I don't I, think we wonder why. No, well, I, you're, no, you're right. Yeah. You're There's right. A lot we of know and stuff going. We know on why. There. Yeah, but I think. You know, every year there's a guy who is the best available for like two hours. You know, it was, I mean, it was probably just Terrell Burgess just now. And I think, you know, Sadiq Charles could be that guy tomorrow. One thing that is pretty, uh, pretty encouraging in terms of some of these, uh, these picks late in this round, 
there's a lot of interior offensive line talent that's going to be there in the fourth round if the Cowboys wanted to address that position. Is, of need. Is, I mean, before the, I mean, we got two picks left. Do we kind of want to reset our expectations for what we're looking at at pick 123? I think that's a good idea. Like to trade back into 105 or 106 it here? It's like the Saints and just, just make it in. interesting? Yeah, the Saints have got the this Saints pick now. The Saints just did that, yeah. Yeah, the Saints are back into this thing. Go get Akeem Davis-Gaither. Thank you. I don't think it would be a linebacker. I think it would be a tight end. Why, why would you not try and go get one of those guys? I don't know if it's it's uh, one of the Bryants or if it's uh, uh, an Albert Okwebenam. Uh, it doesn't matter. Who? Why would you not try and well, hang grab on just a tight second, end? Kyle, hang on just a second. The Minnesota Saints. Vikings have traded the 105th pick to the New Orleans Saints. With the 105th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Adam Troutman, tight end. Dayton. There you go, Kyle. I didn't know that. I promise. I I was just trying to bring uh-huh. up a talking point. Sure, you didn't. I didn't. It just Jeez, now popped all up on Twitter. my screen. We all have you're Twitter, cheating. bro. My Twitter's not up. I promise. Oh, you're a liar. I'm not. But <laughs> too early for the I was cheating. trying well, to bring it up. Let's go something real quick. This was Dane Burglar's number one tight end. Dane, fire him out. Uh, a guy that's a quarterback his entire life, and then he goes to Dayton, and he says. Hey, I just want to play, so let me move to tight end. Uh, first time he ever caught a pass as a redshirt freshman was the first time in his life he ever caught a pass in a football game. So uh, I'm surprised he's lasted outside the top 100 picks, but uh, the competitiveness that he offers, not a, a speed guy, but you see the route running. Uh, you see a guy that's able to attack the catch point. And what I loved most after I got done talking with him was just the competitiveness that he has. Uh, I mean, he is a guy that is driven. And so typical, you know, I mentioned this with the Ravens and with some other teams, but the Saints seem to find really good players uh, in rounds two, three, and four, and they did it again here. You see an opportunity, you go up and try and grab a guy that could help you out, and the Saints needed a tight end. Yeah, that, and that, I I just wondered. I, I thought this run would come a lot earlier with these sides. I, there's a couple that have just flat that I I didn't think were as good as the guys were you know were talking mm-hmm. about. With like I say, we mentioned Troutman, the two Bryants, Albert O. I, I just you know the Hopkins kid is another guy. You know, Parkinson from Stanford. I mean, there's just a pocket of guys there uh, that uh, that are really really good players, and it's it just it's surprising me that uh, it took this long for for Troutman to go. Hey, real quick, you know, since we were taught, did you you guys see the terms of this thing, this trade? I so we were talking about, you know, if you want to get back in there, Jeff, be careful what you wish for, because the Saints needed four picks to get this done. They gave up 130, 130, 169, 203, and 244. So I don't know the Saints' whole draft, but that's, I mean, it, it sounds like they're done picking to get this guy. So, I mean, if if you wanted to go get your linebacker, you probably have to give up everything you've got tomorrow to do it. We'll just hang out, see if he that makes was it to us, and then we'll use the quality over Stone. quantity. I think they are done. Yeah, Dave. no, yeah, I mean, that's it. I don't hate. I mean, if the Saints feel like that's their guy, I don't hate the decision because what are the odds you're going to just hit home runs with those picks? This anyway? is an organization that's done it before, right? Yeah, <laughs> just they keep do it all the time. Go. Yeah. Well, oh god, the Ricky Williams trade. And then but. getting a dress or whatever. Which one wore a dress? Was that Ricky or did yeah? It was Ricky, Ricky wore a dress. Ricky, Ricky wore, wore the, the dress. dress. Yeah, Ricky wore the dress. Okay. If you feel like he's the guy, I say do it as long as you're comfortable being done for the weekend. Well, they'll find, pretty you know, they'll, they've traded next year's one before to do stuff. You know, the Saints, they're not afraid to trade next year's well, pick to try and the get Saints, back in. 
The Saints are in a unique spot where they are really. I mean, it's 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 now should or have never been the Super Bowl the last two years. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's now or never. You got maybe two years to win a championship with Breeze, maybe. Well, so and they're operating on a different timeline than most NFL teams. You can also just throw in the the factor of who's had a better third round. They pick up Zach Bond and Adam Troutman in the third round alone, and then you add Caesar Ruiz in the first as well. I mean, that's a pretty solid draft, even if you call it quits there. So yeah, the Vikings add, have oh, 13 picks tomorrow. Good God. Yeah, that's true. So we're just going to be here and we're going to be talking about Spielman every other Well, here's the final, pick, <laughs> the, the final pick. The final pick of the round. Here we go. But here we go with the Ravens. With the 106th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Tyree Phillips, guard, Mississippi State. There he is. Tyree. Mr. Irrelevant of day two. Tyree, Tyree Phillips. Phillips. That's another guy I had in that article of guys who could potentially replace uh, a Travis Frederick late in the draft. That was another uh, offensive guard that could potentially fill that role. Yeah, anything else on him, Dane? Uh, massive dude. Uh, surprised they announced him as a guard. I thought, I mean, he played yeah, left tackle this past year for Mississippi State. Yeah. I think he can play tackle. Um, 6'5, 331. Uh, over 35 inch arms, not a guy that is going to move all that well, but, uh, he's going to, uh, he's going to, once he gets his hands on you, he's going to control you, drive you off the screen. So, uh, to me, I think he's a tackle, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens use him. Yeah. This is a guy, I, I even said this, I went back and I go in the tradition of big Mississippi state offensive lineman. And I went Robert Hicks, Gabe Jackson, pork chop Womack. You know, here's another one. This Pork guy, job. yeah, here's a guy, 300 and over 30 pounds. He he uses his mass to his advantage when it comes right. to creating holes. And once he gets that big body going, he can cause some problems. So he's a hard guy to, to, to for defenders to deal with due to his size. You know, he's the one pushing folks around. He's got some power in his hands. I think when he hits the defenders, there's some shock. But he has to be careful because he does become overextended. He's a waist bender at times. I would not call him with. I don't think he has nifty feet at all. Uh, so he's not going to impress you with that lateral slide or things that you look with those those offensive linemen. He was a, it was a JUCO kid that has put himself in position to be drafted, and and here he is. He's been drafted by uh, the Baltimore Ravens. He had bottom three numbers in the the tackle position in both the broad jump and then the shuttle as well. So it, it didn't have a great combine at five three seven forty and then uh, a twenty five inch vertical. Now I know in the third round you're still just looking for projections over the the combine numbers but uh at least there it wasn't necessarily anything to, to write home about now kind of going back to the conversation that that dave was having a little bit earlier where does this put us i mean we're at the end of the third round you're looking forward to pick 123 uh, or excuse me uh, to the fourth round pick here for the cowboys at 113 what are we thinking here Man, I'm I'm just now, you know, it kind of gets away from you when the picks mm-hmm. start flying, but you kind of reset everything. Lot of lot of names that intrigue me, and I mean, the later you go in the draft, the harder it is to know how the Cowboys feel. But both of the Bryants are still there at tight end. You got Jeff Sky, Akeem Davis, Gaither, um, Terrell Lewis, Curtis Weaver. Yeah, both still Amik there. Robertson, the corner. Well, Bryce Terrell Hall. Lewis yeah. was picked, wasn't he? Yeah, Terrell Lewis was picked. I'm well, sorry. let me take him out of the draft pool then. Brian's guy, James Lynch, is still there. Yes, he is. K.J. Hill is still there. Tyler Biotish. Surprised Meek Robertson's still around. Yeah. yeah. He tweeted about it. He's going to try really hard. Is that an injury thing, Dane? 
It's a short thing. He he had the groin injury, but uh, as far as I know, it's more size-related than anything. Shoot. How about my guy, Troy Pride Jr.? I'd yeah. be thrilled yeah. to draft him. Well, if you talk Man. about a, a corner with some link to him. <laughs> Damn you, Dane. Oh, I so agree with your meh, and I was wondering if I was alone on the Troy Pride Jr. meh. What about so you, what about you Robinson from is it from Tulsa? Yeah, is it Reggie Robinson? Reggie Robinson. Oh God, where's Kevin Turner when we need good him? good player? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying though. If you're you know the the guys we're talking about like Holmes from UCLA, uh, Robinson, those are shorter guys. You know, I mean we're kind of at that yeah, point yeah. right now, and I think there's still safeties on the board that could help the Cowboys. Yeah, but, you, but you liked yes. you liked uh, Josiah uh, Josiah Scott, Josiah right? Scott, but not. I mean, no, I mean not in the top three rounds. Okay. He's, he is one of the undersized corners that I do like, but I think it shapes up still with uh, Geno Stone, Iowa safety, Kenny Robinson, the West Virginia, and then Reed, St. Louis Battlehawk, J.R. Reed, yeah. Um, Kayvon Wallace. Wallace. I think you still got safeties that could like right now. What we're what you're looking for is a combination of things, right? A guy that could make the team. We're going into day three. We're looking for a guy that could make the team. We're looking for traits. Maybe you're looking for special teamers. So I, I yeah, I still think they've got they've got some nice players to pick from. And I mean, pick one. Sorry, Kyle, but no, I, for it. I think. There's still potential here for somebody who can help you in 2020 yeah. at pick at pick 123, depending on what you do with it. Yeah, agreed. And I, I think edge rusher is still a, a possibility. Khalid Kareem, who hasn't been mentioned yet out of Notre Dame, he's a guy that I, I kind of tabbed early as one of those midday, maybe three day three guys that he, I would he'd like. Be a steal. I think he would be a steal in the fourth round. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, I, I think you're looking at. Some receivers that are there. I know you don't necessarily need receiver, but uh, KJ Hill, a guy that I know Dave, you were really Catches high on. Everything. He makes it to day three. I would. I mean, I don't know when, when, or where he would play, but mm-hmm. I'd love to have him. Lucky Fotu still on the board. Darnay Holmes from UCLA still on the board. There's some names here, guys. Yep. A little surprised that uh, the quarterbacks, Jacob Beeson, and Jake Fromm, yeah. still only there. one taken today, and that was Hurts. Make him yeah. make it to the fifth. Something like we've always and guys, we've all been together doing this for a while, so you understand. Tomorrow, like I say, scouts and you know, front offices, they, they're not sitting in their war rooms, but they they've seen their board. And I have a feeling tomorrow when we get back, we're going to see those guys, those things, those picks. Everybody will say, "I got value here. I got value here. I got value here." And they're just going to go down that board and they're going to pick these guys. And all these names that we're talking about right now are going to be those guys that are taken early. I, I trust me. That it, it's like, wow, I got a third round grade on this guy. I got to take him now. You know, there's a lot of teams sitting around with third round grades on guys when we get to this fourth round, and they're just gonna they're gonna pick them off there uh, as we get going tomorrow, uh, first thing in the morning. Let me let me if you're if you're with us at eleven oh seven or twelve oh seven if you're in or somewhere in the zone, world other around the world. Yeah, appreciate if, if you. Thank you guys. If you're with us, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. love you to death. We're thrilled you're here. But if you're with us right now, let me give you some behind the scenes because what's gonna happen is Brian Broadus is gonna log out of here. And he's going to go home, and on the drive home, he's going to start pounding the hell out of that cell phone. Get ready. He's going to make about 30 phone calls between now and 10 a.m. tomorrow, and he's going to come in here. I mean, we're not actually going to be in the same room, but he's going to log in with just the most ridiculous curveballs about what we should be expecting at the top of the fourth. It happens every freaking year, and it's very fun. I should tune in. <laughs> I can't wait. Sometimes I'm, he comes in knowing who a certain team's going to pick, and it ruins his whole day before the draft yeah, even starts. I, oh yeah, I, I, like I, I, yeah, like last year. <laughs> yeah, it, it hurts. Uh huh. 
I take this way too seriously, like you guys do. <laughs> the minute, yeah, as the we minute all do. Brian gets gets it in his head that the pick might not be what he wants. <laughs> hey, I want to say <laughs> one thing out. though before we do close this out. I know Kyle closed us out here tonight, though. Mm. I, I love being with you guys again. I'm sorry I missed you for all those draft shows, Jeff. You guys, everybody did a great job. Dane, it's great to have you back too, man. I, I when we we signed out, I didn't know what was going to happen at the end, but. Maybe this is not goodbye because we got tomorrow. We're gonna have a lot of fun, but it, mm-hmm. it is nice to be able to work a draft with you guys again. It's it's one of the great joys of my career. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Glad we got another day. Well, and I, I'll also add to that, Brian. This is the first time I've actually gotten to work with you, you on go. air. We worked nice up job. behind the scenes back and forth. So, I mean, that's ecstatic for me. I grew up listening to you, listening oh. or going to. Uh, Maybe sound going like Vince Scully or something like that. You're kind that's of fair. Huh? That's okay. fair. I'm, well, it's the fact that I'm young is probably the, <laughs> the better. I'll, I'll, I'll throw that in there. So, uh, but yeah, I will sign us off tonight. Jeff started things off on the the 105.3 the fan side. We will be back on the fan tomorrow. Jeff, tell me 10 a.m. or no 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 10 a.m. noon. Is it noon or is it 10? I think we're, 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 going we're at 10 I think, I think Jeff we? and I got a pre pregame show, and then you guys join on with us. So I know we start at uh-huh. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. So that was where I was confused back and yeah, forth. It, yeah, it happens every year. It's a tradition like no other. The draft itself is at 11, though, isn't it? Central? True. Yeah, 11, yeah. Central. 11 Central. Yeah, yeah. 11 okay. Central. So me and Jeff are going to pregame this thing. We're going to throw all these names out there and con- confuse everybody. You guys are welcome. Yeah, feel free yeah, to jump on if you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we'll be a part of the, the 105.3, the fan draft coverage tomorrow. We'll also be on Dallas Cowboys. And when the Cowboys are picking, we will be on the social side of things, too. So that is going to do it here for day two of the 2020 NFL Draft. For Brian Bronis, for Dane Brugler, for Jeff Cavanaugh, and David Elman, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow morning for day three of the 2020 NFL Draft. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!